You are watching the vodka stream. Heyo, what is happening, everybody? Welcome to the vodka stream. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> I don't know why I went there to that. Uh, what was that, Rebecca Black? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that song, but uh, what's happening, guys? We made it through another week. Let's talk some nerdy stuff. We got Rhea coming in. Uh, Rhea's been on the, on the stream before, but, you know, just in the panel. So I was like, you know what? Let's get to know Rhea a little bit more. So we'll have a little one-on-one with her, and then, of course, get people in here, and we'll talk about all the craziness of the week. James Gunn's old <laughs> post and... And where the DCU is headed, it's funny because uh, I posted a, uh, you know, my clip for today and I posted that. It's actually, it was getting some traction on um, on Twitter. And I was like, oh boy, it's going to be a topic of discussion. So, but uh, it hasn't been too crazy, at least in my mentions. It started getting a little crazy, but then it just like, okay, now it's not as crazy. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Rebel Moon, some more Rebel Moon stuff coming out. I mean, it seems like now we're just going to be getting just little bits and pieces of Rebel Moon details, which is great. Pepper it out. You know, it's hard when everything just comes at once. Like it's just a rush of just information. I love the fact that they're kind of peppering it through. I mean, because that that Netflix event was a little while ago. So it was like, all right, Everybody now the embargo has lifted the trailers out there, and now it's like, all right, little details, just pepper it out there, pepper it out there. Anyways, okay, well, let me take my vodka shot. Got the flash, got the flash shot glass today. I don't know where my Batman one went. I also had a Green Lantern one too. I don't know what happened to him. Anyways, cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, vodka's better when it's fully cold. I had to go to the store. I had to go to the store today because I was out. So I didn't quite, didn't get quite uh, cooled off in the freezer. But, uh, and then I'm also drinking this. Cutwater. Vodka Mule. Figured, why not? It's out there. I like, uh, I like, uh, whatchamacallit, I like mules. And I figured, why not? Let's try it out. So cheers. Ah, mm. tasty, tasty, 7% alcohol, oh boy, all right, well, let's hope, uh, let's hope it, uh, it's nice to me, that's all I'm, that's all that matters, what's going on, Dan, how you doing, we got X-Fire right here, I'm begging for Anya Taylor-Joy as Poison Ivy in the DCU, that would be something, that would definitely be something, Okay, what else we got? Who else we got right here? Yes, yeah, so yeah, let's go, let's go. Um, we got Tiz, Tiz, right here. Good to see you. We got Missy Metropolis. Hello, hello, hello. Good to see you. What's going on, Phil? Always great to see you. Phil will be joining later. Probably and uh, Mr. Droga too. Um, what's going on, man? We got. Game City Savior, I've always heard about Rhea, but never even seen her avatar. She's always in the chat. She's usually in the chat. She roams around the chats, and she has her own YouTube channel, too. So, yeah, talk about uh, all of that. So, of course, there she is right there, uh, the, gl- the Glimmering Harpy. That's right. See, that's one of the things 
anytime I have somebody on here, I'm like, what, what, how did you decide the name? It's always, it's always fun. What's going on, Eleanor? Happy uh, Friday, Saturday. That's right. Dan is saying, hey, Ray, do you remember? We got Jacob here. What's going on, man? Good to see you. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Reply to your stream tweet with a theory. I want uh, to know your thoughts. I'm going to get drunk for the stream. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, uh, when we get talking about it, we'll talk about that. It has to do with um, the recent reveal, the recent little details when it comes to Rebel Moon is the fact that there's going to be an army of the dead Easter egg in there, or a planet of the dead Easter egg, we should say. But yeah, we'll bring that up when we start talking about that. What's going on, Tony Movie Chappy D9, Neil Blomkamp fan? What is happening? Hey, Dave, who do you really, who do you really created Batman, Bill Finger or Bob Kame, or do you think it was both that did it? Uh, it was mainly Bill Finger. Uh, Bob Kane, you know, he had the idea, but have you seen what Bob Kane? Did you see like what his design looked like? I mean, I think maybe Bob Kane had the initial like idea of a of of a dude that was going to have like some kind of wings and something like that, and 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 be have like a bat inspired uh, costume. But if you look at what his design, like what it, what Bill Finger came in and just was like, no, let's you know, let me let me tweak this up a little bit. Let me let's do all this. So. Let's see what else we have. All right, we got Fire Mutt. How's it? It's going pretty good so far. Not too shabby. Can't complain. What's going on, Jacob R? What's happening? Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, that's cool. So hopefully you guys are doing good. All right. I think that's pretty much up. We got Azteca. What's up? Everyone in the chat, going to make myself a michelada. There you go. That's something right there. Got to like that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not really big on the tomato juice michelada. I'm not really big on those, but I know there are people who are big on those. So, And uh, I just, I don't know. Anytime I would have something with tomato juice, that would be more like a breakfast drink. I think, you know, I would think that would be more like a breakfast drink. Yeah. I, I've had like Bloody Marys before, but that just feels like a breakfast drink. What's going on, Mr. Everts? Good to see you, buddy. All right. But yeah, more of, the, more of that. More of a, like a breakfast drink. I think the, I don't, can't even remember the last time I even had like a Bloody Mary. I think the last time I did was, I think I was traveling for my job a few years ago. I was traveling for my job. And I was at the airport over here. I was traveling up to Portland and I think I had one because I was like, you know, I was waiting for my flight. I had like an hour or so. So I was like, I was like, screw it. It was early in the morning and I was like, all right. And I was like, all right, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, get, get, get a little breakfast drink right here. So nothing wrong with that. So how is it uh, a way, how, how is it? is a way people say it in Hawaii. I figured there was like something like that. Makes sense. I thought you guys said aloha, mahalo. <laughs> How is it? Is is Z part of the Hawaiian alphabet? Because I know the Hawaiian alphabet's a little, it's a little strange. Bill Finger largely responsible for a lot of the concepts that went into Batman idea that, but yeah, there you go. 
that's why it was great because you know it was great that they finally i think what batman vs superman was the first time live action that they gave credit they gave credit to to finger to uh to bill finger for the first time that was the first live action that they actually did both uh, that was pretty cool sticko media what's happening hey yo how you doing we got jose here yes. happy friday Good to see you, buddy. Can you tell your Dodgers to stop winning? <laughs> as long as the Giants sweep the Padres, that's all that matters. Need the Giants to sweep the Padres. Padres suck right now, so hopefully that'll be the case. They won last night. It's going to be, what, a four-game series, I think? Yeah, so let's hopefully – I'm hoping for that. Keep that wild card. There's no way we're catching – there's no way the Giants are going to be catching uh, – Gonna be catching the Dodgers when it comes to at least the division. No way, no way, no way, no way. Uh, we got Stephanie T right here. Good to see you. Good evening. See, I, I heard that in the voice of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. What watch you been watching late, lately? Like a show? I don't know. I don't really have like. So, I mean, I'm. I'm I got to catch up on things. Got to catch up on uh, my adventures with Superman and everything. So, oh, just drop that. Um, let's see. You're talking about your game? Yeah. I didn't see it, but I was talking to my neighbor about it. Apparently, it was like they, something happened where it was like they almost came back from like a seven to one deficit, something like that, right? I can't stand IPAs. My go-to is beers or white ale blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever you could do. Like I said, I mean, you know, uh, I, I try to uh, now, I try to get something that's a little more hydrating, you know, so I'm not waking up tomorrow like, eh, you know, because there's been times where I've woken up and I had like a really gnarly hangover like a month ago and I was like, all right, I need to not, there's certain things it's like, all right. Certain things, certain certain steps. So that's why I'm like, all right, this is, it's got a lot of water in it. <laughs> it's got a lot of water in it. So I want to hydrate my booze, hydrate the booze. So that is pretty tasty. I just wish it was colder. What could he do? Once he didn't make an error, they tied. Oh, is that what happened? Well, it's okay. They got like, they're winning like crazy. And Mookie is just uh, going crazy. He's on a tear. He's on a freaking tear when it comes to uh, what's going on. But uh, good on Mookie. I like Mookie. Even if I don't like the team he's on, I still like Mookie. All right. Let me go ahead and uh, set up the tweet and get the, the guest in here. Mm. Find the stream. Okay. My up, oh, oh, Don't do that. All right. There we go. Sorry. The setup already, but we're good. Okay, boop, 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 boop. Here we go. Got that, got that, got that. Put the names up. All right, all right. You've seen her in the chat. Now let's uh, let's get to know her in person. What's going on, Rhea? You're muted. <laughs> oh man how embarrassing yo. yo what's up oh hey i do i do it all the time don't even worry about it 
yeah dude i was like right in the midst of uh, retweeting and then i'm like oh shit he's clicking me in right now <laughs> no problem no problem thank you for joining yeah definitely um i i feel like i've been um out of the loop a little bit uh just some uh -huh. irl stuff but i've been you know kind of at a distance trying to keep in touch with folks you know um i love watching everyone's shows and just you know even if i have no clue what the topic is i'm just like yeah what's up y'all like you hey, know, i know you yeah, show up in the yeah. chat i love it that's what it's I love. just the kinship i'm like y'all are the homies i'm like i have no i have no clue what y'all talking about i haven't seen movies in like two months but hey what's up <laughs> <laughs> like i'm here smash that like thumbs up blah, blah, blah. hi everybody yes get it get it <laughs> yeah exactly well that's what that's what's so great about you is like you know you you have your own channel, but I know, yeah, real life stuff gets in the way. So sometimes content that, you know, isn't flowing as much. Sometimes you'll have a bunch and then, you know, there'll be like a break. But you always manage to like show up in people's chats to try to just like root the other, you know, other people on, which is always great. So nothing wrong. Yeah, with that. yeah, totally. And I was just, you know, like clapping you up the other day about like how like the hell do do you get this content out consistently like even with like a whole ass like you know family career everything that is just like i that's that's what's you know like fuck yeah i want this guy to like you know like make it big so he doesn't have to like you know like work a nine to five and just you know do this like if he's doing all this with like you know the limited bandwidth he has then mm -hmm. imagine what he could do like full time you know so that's that's why i like you know hanging out over here yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, it's it can be difficult. But luckily, my job's not like the standard nine to five. It is very much I make my own hours kind of thing. So that does help. And I work from home. So that just immediately just that that helps it big time. Like and I hopefully it stays that way until maybe I could just do this full time. But because yeah, uh, I can't even imagine going back to an office. I'm like, Ugh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, yeah, like, no, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm a hard pass on uh, ever going back to an office as well. Um, yeah. And like, even like still when I uh, was going hard in the paint on making content, like, mm -hmm. you know, last year, like, yeah, I was doing streams. I was like experimenting with shorts. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, uh, I was just one of those unfortunate people who kind of got that burnout. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've just been taking a break ever since, but I've been gradually trying to shift my, um, I guess, challenge myself more to make edited content. And I found mm. that that, even though it takes longer um, than, you know, turning on a stream or making a short, I actually enjoy it a lot more because I give myself time to just, you know, whittle away at it yes. and i noticed that like the more time i spend on something the more like i find things to edit so i kind of get compulsive about that too which i'm trying to break out of but it's been um a learning process as far as like getting my editing techniques down trying not to rely too much on jump cuts trying to actually like you know read scripts in a non-robotic way like it's hard you know it's it is hard. some people have like honed over the years that i'm just trying to emulate yeah, no, no, I feel you because I uh, uh, editing is fun. I love editing. And then especially when you spend time on something and especially when it comes to shorts. I mean, shorts, shorts are a unique challenge because, I mean, when, when it comes to YouTube, they have to be a minute or less. So to try to condense something, 
down to a minute. That's always a challenge. And I love, I actually like doing that. Even like the clip I did today, I had like a three and a half minute, just spiel on the, the, you know, all the stuff that the DCU stuff and whatever the hell. And I was like, all right, I got to condense this down to a minute. So I took like an hour, an hour and a half and just condensed it down into a minute and just like repeat it. And it was, it's just fun. It's just fun. And it's something that, I mean, at before, before I wasn't really doing that uh, much, but then now when I do my clips or shorts or whatever the heck shots, whatever I, I do actually like, go like, all right, how can I make this, you know, be a little bit more flowy and add some things to it and not, not be where I'm, you know, obviously you want to, like you said, it's hard to be, to just talk perfectly the whole time. You know, you got ums, you got little foul ups. I mean, when I'm reading something live, Jesus Christ, there's sometimes I'm like, I can't say that word. Uh, you know, it happens a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> another thing too, that I've noticed, or I'm trying to, you know, appreciate more and give people uh, props for that is so sometimes, you know, overlooked is when someone is able to have their audio on point, it's mm. just, you know, that is just gravy, like, you know, just buttery, smooth syrup all over the pancakes. Like, you know, you're there for the substance of like, you know, the pancake, right? But it's the yeah. syrup and the butter that really sets it off. And like, that's the audio quality. And then like the, uh, the presentation of the content as well. Yeah. If you're able to get your branding like unified using the same fonts everywhere, like high resolution, like, like logos and your thumbnails are looking tight. Like, oh man, that buttery syrup. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Delicious. I know you're right. I mean, oh, give me so more. Many, yeah, I know. And there's like so many, there's so many videos you could watch out there that say like they, they basically will say the same things over and over again. But then it'll be like something like, oh yeah, well, just use it. I mean, I see it all the time. I even saw it recently. Um, uh, sorry, I thought that thing was falling down. I have a like little sticky thing on there. I got to get new ones. Uh, so I occasionally hear a little, and I'm like, uh oh, it's falling down. Gravity's taking over. No, but um. You know, and I even like when I was looking at my YouTube homepage, it was like Mr. Beast gives his tips to do this. I'm like, okay, I've watched those. I've heard what he talks about when it comes to how he created his channel and how he went viral and, and how what how the approach that it takes to the to, to crack the algorithm and all that stuff. But it's like, well, that works for his content though. It's not everybody's doing exactly what he's doing. You know, it's like when you're doing like live streaming, like I do a lot. You know, it's kind of hard to be like, all right, what can I do to try to, you know, get some more views on this? And I mean, one of the recent things I started doing was doing like an opening is like, you know, just have an opening as opposed to just like the a little splash screen of like, hey, it's about to start kind of thing. I actually have like me just like saying, talking about what's happening, what's what I'm going to be talking about on the stream. So it's just it's always funny because you can like you could dive down that rabbit hole. And yeah, there, you'll you could find certain things to uh, take from there, but it's always, it's not going to work for everyone, essentially. So the one feature I did notice, um, I don't know if it's rolled out for everyone, maybe you're more mm -hmm. knowledgeable on it. So you, you schedule your live stream and then you're able to play a little trailer or something uh, while uh, people are waiting. And I'm just like, why the F are not more people using this? This is so lit. <laughs> there is something about that. Yeah, I haven't even, I, I remember seeing something about that, but I haven't tried it out yet. But yeah, you're right. Maybe there should be something and, you know, maybe my little opening thing could be something like that or I'll just come up with some. But then again, that's a lot of that's that's extra time, time I sometimes don't have to do because there's some times where I make those openings like sometimes 20 minutes before I go live. And then I got to edit it real quick. 
and then get it up uploaded and make sure everything else is good. And then, of course, recently I just had problems with my OBS software where I can't use it right now. So I've been using StreamYard again. And it's like, you know, going back to what you said about the the crisp audio. I mean, it's I notice a difference now. I'm like, ah, it's, it's not the same because I had my audio a little more dialed in when it came to the OBS software, because obviously it's a little more technical than this. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I know I miss it. And I'm just like, hopefully I can get that whatever bug that's in there is out of there so I could use it again. But yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, because um, I, I live, breathe and die by um, OBS, too. And when you're yeah. mentioning um, YouTubers who give out, you know, growth tips or, you know, yeah. content tips or whatever, um, I personally like uh, for me as like not even just like a content creator, just someone who supports other content creators. Pro that's probably what I'm most known for other than like, you know, my little gaming streams here and there. But I try to put people onto game as far as like, OK, yeah, like don't focus so much on growing your audience. Cater to the people who are actually here, like consistently, like, yep. you know, the five, six people maybe who, you know, comment or come through to say hi, like, you know, Figure out how to make your your content uh, better presented for them and show your gratitude uh, towards them by, you know, putting in that extra effort. Don't be defeated just because you wish you had more people. Celebrate the people who are here for you. And what yeah. I, d I would do with uh, Mike, with like, you know, how I'm trying to like level up my presentation other than trying to, you know, increase my reach was watching a lot of like this. YouTuber, a lot of OBS folks probably know Michael uh, Ferrier Jr. Oh my gosh, like, um, yeah, like I would definitely, you know, shout him out. I know that William okay. is like, you know, trying to move over to OBS as well, and he's familiar with his tutorials. But anyway, yeah, this dude is just all about optimizing OBS. And I'm sorry to hear that OBS isn't like, you know, being your friend right now, but I know. Um, I know. yeah, like I, I love that software so much. I can't so believe what? that it's free. So. Uh, I would use it all the time for my streams. It gives you so much more freedom as far as like changing your layout. Calling in people is a little more like finagly, at least like for me, I would have to use Discord and then I don't, it's not as seamless as someone popping on the screen as StreamYard. Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's give and take, but I see that's, that, that's you know, other- StreamYard is good because yeah. I was like trying to figure out how to use OBS with the, with, with this. And I was like, Ah, it's too much. There's like so much. And I was watching videos and I'm like, way too much. Let's just use StreamYard. Screw it. You know, you're going to need like a beast mode uh, computer. Like my yep. computer is like pretty good for like, you know, uh, being able to stream as what from multiple platforms and have high resolution um, output. Yeah, but too. but like good. as far as like making StreamYard, like, you know, sync it, or like having that feed into OBS and then feed OBS to like YouTube, that is another, you know, whole other ball game. I haven't jumped into that <laughs> yeah no it's 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 such a weird thing because i don't know what it is just like for some reason the playback on my screen in uh in software it's just it's all super choppy and it's all messed up and it's all lagging so badly and i've like looked up videos looked up everything like you know and everybody's all these videos that I've seen where it's like, all right, I did, I just did this. So then I do it. Nothing happens. So I'm like, something happened maybe with my computer that updated and something got screwed up. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's frustrating, but hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to fix it soon because I really do miss that. But I did want to ask you, like, uh, obviously I, I wanted to, uh, you, you know, you've been on the stream before, but never like a one-on-one. -on -one, so I wanted to get your origin story, you know, when it comes to joining YouTube and, Essentially, just like, I mean, yeah, I mean, first, let's just talk about just joining YouTube. And some people are wondering what a uh, a glimmering harpy actually is. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, 
I, I've been watching YouTube on and off uh, for the past, maybe like, you know, uh, yeah, like more consistently over the last, like maybe seven, eight years, I got into more of the, um, uh, retro video game reviewing yeah. space, uh, originally. So I would watch a lot of like, um, uh, John Hancock, Mad Little Pixel, um, Metal Jesus Rocks, all those folks who are just sort of like pillars in that community of like retro great gaming. And then um, I started to look more into movie, you know, uh, discussion, uh, long form content. And that's sort of where I started to get more, um, what is the word, recommendations on my feed for live streams. And I'm just like, oh, what's this? Like, I see, you know, someone talking in real time about, you know, this topic. And that's kind of like where I learned about like what live streams are uh, was through, you know, YouTube recommending this content to me. Uh, I would be watching film discussion essays on like superhero content. And mm. it was right in that intersection of like right before Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. Uh, so like a lot of recommended content was coming to me and I was just like, what is this? Like what's going on here? So that's kind of like where it snowballed into me learning about this saga. So I, I was definitely here like right when, you know, the takeoff, you know, like uh, everyone was already here. And then I yeah. just sort of like showed up. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? And then they were just like, you don't know. Like, and I was just like, no, I don't. I remember seeing like, you know, um, uh, the 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 uh, the original movie like in theaters. They're like, oh, no, no. Like, you know, F that movie. Like, we're not the about new, that. The, the real one's coming out. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, shit really like i didn't even yeah. imagine that was a thing so i was just gradually like inducted into like this whole saga by learning through just these live streams and it became so addicting to like you know be uh to just sort of like witness it and witness news and history happening in real time and then having that engagement and that like camaraderie aspect of seeing the same people in the chat all the time and um yeah it was just the community vibes for me i just enjoyed spending time with everyone that i was in the chat with and i, I noticed that i was one of the few people who um was willing to you know just be like transparent about you know their identity like i didn't hide behind an avatar well like i did have i do have an avatar but i was transparent about like hi like you know yeah. my name's Rhea. like you know i'm a real human being i'm more than happy to chat with whoever um i'm kind of an open book in that way so uh i got like you know invitations to uh be on shows more and i was just like wait what really you don't really know me too well but then uh i guess like once people started to see like oh yeah she's a real person and she stands like you know on all 10 toes on everything that she says. So I was just like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, I feel like I'm not really that interesting to talk to, but yeah, more uh, more and more people just, you know, were more and more receptive to me once they saw my presence and realized, you know, I'm a like real human being. And I think yeah. that really helps a lot. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, how I got here. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I mean, that's what's cool about it. It's like, I mean, you're very, uh, like I said, I mean, when you show up in the chat and you, you know, you're telling everybody, you know, and, and again, I mean, obviously there's always, there's, there could be some dramas that happen too between stuff, but you're not, you don't, you, you're, you're not taking sides with all that, which I really respect as well. You're, you stay out of that and you're just like, Hey, let's just talk nerdy stuff, which I'm all about too. You know, I don't, I try not to get into that stuff as well, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, there's nothing, there, nothing wrong with that but so what is a glimmering harpy <laughs> oh yeah so um i was in the um the fan merch um industry for a little bit so i was making okay. um fan art of like video games anime um different like you know 
nerdy geeky stuff and i would design it and draw it all myself like on illustrator or other digital apps and i would send it to be manufactured into like enamel pins keychains stickers um uh, acrylic goods prints all that stuff and i would go to different conventions and sell it so that was my brand name but how i got inspired to come up with that brand name was i really love lord of the, the lord of the rings films and uh, there's this bar or tavern uh, in the first film called The Prancing Pony. Mm. And I always loved that bar name. I was like, I'm sure there's a bar out there somewhere that I need to find before I die that is called oh, The Prancing right. Pony. So I was like, I just, that name resonates with me somehow. Like for some reason, it's such a good brand name. And I'm like, I want my brand to be just as like, you know, iconic in my mind. It's iconic as that as that name. And I was like, well, I don't want to fully like, you know, rip off the prancing pony because I it's so iconic to Lord of the Rings that I'm like, I don't I'm, I'm not going to be making all Lord of the Rings stuff. So I don't want to, you know, totally co-op it that way. But I do want to kind of take the format and uh, with an adjective and a noun and see what I can do there. So yeah. as far as like geeky stuff that I'm into, like, uh glimmering that just uh that was added after i decided to go with harpy because i'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan and harpy is this myth mythical greek uh or greek mythology you know figure that's kind of an antagonist kind of you know not really the, mm -hmm. the like a heroic sort of figure but it is iconic and has like this sort of like you know uh femme fatale you know sort of like uh okay. aesthetic to it that a lot of people can imagine in their mind so i liked that it was like an iconic sort of figure and uh, glimmering was, you know, the adjective that I wanted it to uh, be associated with because uh, with prancing, it was just such a, you know, like or overly ornate sort of like, you know, kind of like um, uh, not really used in common tongue word that just mm -hmm. sort of like it lingered in your brain as far as it being attached to the noun, the, the prancing pony. So I was like, okay, the glimmering harpy, no one really says glimmering, but yeah. if I attach it to this noun that people have an image of in their mind, then that makes the whole sentence more memorable, the glimmering harpy. I was just like, yes, branding 101, got it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just sort of took the ball and ran with it from there. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, you know, when you're trying to start off, like to try to come up with a name for your brand. I mean, I mean, it's always hard to be like, OK, you could use your just your normal name or you could like, yeah, to come up with something. I mean, Film Junkie was just something I came up with like 20 years ago when I created an email. I was like, oh, I have to create a new email for whatever the heck. And I was like, well, I love films. I'm a film junkie. There it is. Ha, ah, you know, and then of course you tweak it just a little bit. Hey, I put two E's at the end. It's different. Ah, you know, but, uh, so that was just like, it just stuck with me. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep it that when I started the YouTube channel. But yeah, I was just kind of wondering like, how did, you know, how did you get to, to, to that name? And that's, that's what's so cool. Like I always like to get what, how, how did you figure, you know, figure that out? Because obviously, you know, when you start this thing, there, there could be times where you go, I mean, one of, for instance, it's kind of funny because like my my all time favorite band is the Foo Fighters, okay. And Dave Grohl says numerous times that he just came up with the name because he got obsessed with UFOs. You know, if anybody knows what a Foo Fighter is, it was like a, a term that was coined like way back when when they saw these unidentified flying objects, and that apparently they just called them Foo Fighters. And 
I mean, even on the end of their doc, he even says like, you know, it's like if I knew this thing was going to take off, I would have named it something different because the worst fucking name I could ever come up with. And it's like, yeah, but it wasn't because it works. And now, you know, but it's just funny how it's like he immediately went to that and then it just stuck with it. And you just never know. Like, oh, yeah. And it's funny because when I've been like, obviously, I wanted to, you know, we'll talk about full circle because we both attended it. But, you know, just when I'm you know, just walking through and people are like film junkie, film junkie, film junkie. And it's like, they know me more as film junkie than, than Dave, than my actual name. So it's kind of cool. No, that's awesome. And I kind of get thrown off when people say, Oh, Hey Harpy. Or like they say, Oh, Hey, hey? glimmering. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's all right. Like I would prefer that other than the uh, kind of shoehorned nicknames that I get for my my real name, Raya, like other people are like, oh, hey, Ray, Ray. And I'm just like, oh, God, oh, just like blow no. my brains out immediately <laughs> instead of calling me that like dead ass. No. Like I hard pass on that one, bro. <laughs> Ray, Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cringe. Yeah, don't do that. Don't call it Ray, Ray. I don't even like that. That made me cringe. I was like, no, no, because because I've always known you as Raya. It's like, no, it's like I would never even think about uh ugh, i'll even take raya like i i've i've gotten to the I'm point sure in my life where <laughs> yes like i'm just like f it just call me raya i don't care like i it's better than all the other options <laughs> it's better than ray ray for sure <laughs> no but yeah it is interesting like yeah when people call you by your you know because that's what's it's funny because and then you know even at like full circle and uh it's just the fact that it's like you know, you almost know these people from their usernames. It's, it's kind of interesting, like, especially when somebody has a username and not their own name. Um, you know, there's, there was even times at full circle when somebody was like coming up to me, like, Hey man, you know, love your stuff. And I'm like, I've been in your chats. I'm like, and what was your, what was your name? And then they say the name I'm like, Oh, there it is. Uh, you know, pretty fly for a Filipino guy. That's what you, you know, you got, you know, um, because you don't know them by, I mean, obviously, if they introduce themselves with their actual name, you're like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you, Fred, or something, but you don't know who it is. And then all of a sudden, they say their username. You're like, oh, that's what it is. It is kind of interesting when you actually meet people that have usernames and you read them in real life. Because, yeah, I, I, I did that so many times. I'm like, what was your username? Okay, I remember you now because that's what sticks. It's kind of interesting. We're all turning into robots. Oh, I mean, like for me, I kind of read it as other people are just like not as comfortable being um, yeah. with their online presence as as much as I might be like, you know, mine is a one to one, like what you see is what you get. And then other people may feel more um, comfortable, you know, on their own terms as far as like how they present themselves online versus like what they're comfortable with as far as like, you know, IRL connections and stuff, which I totally get, you know, like that's, you know, their own personal bandwidth and decisions and stuff. But um, yeah, like for me, I tend to, I tend to treat people who I, you know, have a little bit more of like, you know, a face-to-face -face interaction with like you, for example, or Phil or other folks that I've gotten to meet. I try, I try to teach, uh, not teach, but like, <laughs> um connect with people the same way like i don't want to you know discredit my connection with people who aren't comfortable with you know showing their face as much as other people you know all yeah. those all those folks are valid in my opinion yeah no no yeah it's a it's an interesting thing this whole social media thing and meeting people in real life um and you know some people yeah would prefer it that way and i and i totally get that because sometimes i'm just like you know like like i i like I've been, you know, talk about feeling the burnout. There's been times where I felt the burnout 
when it came to, you know, like what you were saying and just like, keep going, keep going, you know, not only am I doing the live streams, but of course doing like, you know, cutting it up and editing a video out of whatever I talked about and then shorts and whatever the hell. I mean, yeah, you, you, it's a, it's like, you just want to just, okay. I almost wish that it like people didn't know who my, you know, face was like, especially when you go to an event, like where everyone's, it's a little overwhelming, I think. And I, I felt like that when it came to SnyderCon in 2019, where it was just like, I've never felt that before. It was like, oh shit, there's like people who know who I am here. That's weird. And even when it came to full circle, it was like the same way. And I know I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn, but I'm just saying like from my perspective, it was just kind of like, man, I kind of wish like, yeah, let's just, uh, I just want to like be here for the event and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, but at the same time, it's cool to connect with people at the same time when it comes to that. But I, I can see why people are like, yeah, keep just keep uh keep keep an avatar or keep like a, a a username out there and then you have your you separate the two i guess you could say separating the real world and the the fake world or in the matrix i guess you could say no i totally agree and um like for what you're saying as far as like feeling a little overwhelmed and having yeah. that you know online persona sort of follow you when you're just trying to enjoy events like irl as like you know a fan um or attendant or whatever I kind of experienced that a little bit too, not saying that, you know, my, you know, footprint touches anything that you, anything that you have going on, but when I do seldomly get like, you know, recognized out there in the world, it is, uh, it, it, it does leave me kind of shook, you know, cause then I start to feel like a little threatened, maybe just like, as far as like, um, how I present myself online, what is the perception that other people have as far as like, yeah. is, is that going to ripple effect into like my um, IRL, you know, situations and stuff, but I'm just someone who tends to overthink things like that. It has little to no bearing on anything else other than this like microcosm of like an internet presence that I have. So, yeah. I think we all do that overthinking thing though. We, I mean, I do it too. I do it too. Like, you know, leading up to like full circle, I was like, oh, okay. So, and then you're just like thinking like, okay, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just going to get like, you know, hey, hey, and it gets swarmed. Obviously not. But it's just, it's one of those things where you go like, all right, there's going to be a lot of people out here that do know who I am. And, and then, you know, there's going to be other things too, where it's just like, okay. And then, you know, obviously, you know, the, one of the things that you and I, had the you know the privilege of doing too was the fact that we got to sit down with Zack Snyder you know and talk about his movies with him and uh that was that was pretty crazy because I mean um I did it the first night Man of Steel you did BVS right you did BVS or did you Man of Steel I can't I'm like totally drawing a blank you did man you did BVS right no no you didn't you did Man of Steel after me Right? Oh, um, uh, no, it was, um, I did, um, uh, the beginning of, uh, BVS with, right. um, our friend right. Jacob in the chat. That's right. Sorry. I was like, because I was like, total. I was like totally thinking, I'm like, wait, there was two, three, I was like two and two. I was totally, totally messed up that. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, you did BVS. Cause I remember, I remember when we got into the theater and you were sitting there and I was like, and I, I came up to you and I was like, how you feeling that, you know, cause I saw you looking at your phone and like kind of like going through maybe some notes or something like that yeah i was um a little um sort of i was kind of in a dissociative state to be totally honest i had tried to um focus on the the present by just trying to isolate um the noise and focus on like some notes on my phone i had just done a stream for um what is it the 
the event prior to that. So like, I think like the same day or I was preparing for uh, that stream and then getting ready for the um, the interview or uh, with Zach. So I was yeah. under kind of like, you know, I was a little exasperated. So I was like a little like, you know, not super plugged into my surroundings as much. So yeah, that's just to like give you context. Like when you walked up to me, I was like, you know, totally like, near, like- You were like, get away, get away. And I just- I was like- <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, no. I saw you sitting there and I was like, you know, and, and this was before BBS started. And I just was like, I was just, yeah, I just wanted to see like, hey, how you feeling? Because I mean, obviously it's, it's nerve wracking. Every one of us that participate in that were like, whoa. Like, cause it was such a last minute thing too when it came to the whole uh, doing the commentary with Zach and then uh, him giving us time to, you know, ask questions and do whatever the heck for our, uh, for our YouTube channel. I mean, it was, it was like, we knew something was going to happen, but we didn't know exactly what it was. It was because it was such a last minute thing. And I remember that Friday was, yeah, that Friday we were at target, you know, me and some of the guys were at target and we were just, uh, I think you were actually, you showed up to the house that day. I did. Y'all went to, um, yeah. I think, uh, we went to go get donuts. You had just gotten, um, Scott yeah. from the airport, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. We just got, yeah, that's right. So it was, it's kind of a funny story because we got an Airbnb, a, a bunch of us. Um, and, I think, yeah, we got there on Thursday. Everybody pretty much got there on Thursday. And then the next day, that was when, of course, the event was starting. And um, you, we were messaging and you were like, hey, you know, let's 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 meet up or, you know, or show up or whatever. And we're like, yeah, just come over to the house. And then my my freaking dumbass was like decided like, OK, well, we got to go to Target because we needed stuff. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'm, I have one of the cars, so let's let's go. And then you showed up and there's a gate, a locked gate. And I totally was like, oh, shit, Ray was coming. Damn it, Ray and Jacob. And you were out there for what, like 10 minutes before somebody got there? <laughs> yeah, I totally thought, yeah, they're probably laughing at their actual Airbnb. <laughs> I was like, I felt so bad because like I got the message right when we were in Target and we we're trying to find things. We had uh, Fear Jason needed a brace because he twisted his ankle pretty badly. And we were trying to find like an air match. I don't know. We were trying to find things. And I went, ah, shit, I felt so bad. But luckily, I think Joey uh saw you out there finally <laughs> it's just like it's like oh yeah there's a locked gate she can't get in ah so that was yeah apologize for that but yeah, it no happened. it's all good i'm yeah. stoked that i got to you know come to y'all's crib hang out a little bit um yeah. i was surprised how many of y'all were um were there like at the same time i was just like i wasn't expecting to meet everyone uh you know at the event i oh, thought yeah. folks would be so busy you know attending the event and doing their own stuff that i wouldn't probably not get a chance to really talk or sit down with anyone but i actually did which is cool yeah no it's yeah we uh i mean it was just one of those things where we were trying to you know especially for the people that are out of town you know plane tickets and all that stuff we we're trying to keep the cost low as possible so that's why it was like a few of us were just like hey let's all get in together and let's get an airbnb and the more people the less it'll be of course, that Airbnb was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, because, you know, it wasn't exactly what was posted on Airbnb. They kind of fudged a little bit of that. And, you know, people saw some of my, you know, videos, uh, the, the the bathroom that was out 
like towards the backyard that had a shower like completely in it like literally a shower head right there toilet right here very strange very strange layout and uh, i even talked about the story that there's a back house that apparently the the child like the young kid who we saw there when we first showed up apparently maybe it was like a parents owned the thing like he was just chilling back there did not even realize such a weird thing did i tell you about that yes yeah, yeah. um i love these anecdotes about this the house like i i caught a little bit of it when i came to visit y'all yeah. and um yeah i i love how the story evolved every time i hear it <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty crazy like but you know like i said you're trying to cut costs and do all that stuff so um and you live up north right you live up north northern california yeah, I'm in the Bay Area, so I'm. Yeah. I, it was um, a no big deal to just you know make it down to Burbank and stay there. And yeah, uh, yeah I got to you know um, get an Airbnb with Jacob, and we just you know we're vibing the whole time, having a great you know tour of Pasadena. And yeah, uh, it was awesome to spend time with him. I've gotten to know him because of your show. Um, yeah. I met him on the um, on one of the member streams, and I didn't really. Um, uh, know too much about him and uh then like he started visiting me on my streams and it re i realized oh you have this like similar taste in music we both love mortal Kombat. um <laughs> yeah like uh he's just a super awesome dude and when i found out he was going to full circle i was like dude we gotta like meet up like you're one of the main people i talk to like um in streams and stuff so yeah um super cool guy um i would definitely you know say you know if, if you ever seen the chat definitely you know even though he doesn't talk that much, he has a lot to say about, you know, film. He's actually very like articulate and mindful and thoughtful about everything that, you know, he's very intentional when he talks. He's he's not just like a blabbermouth who feels like they need to, you know, fill air with their voice like me. He's very just like targeted as far as like what he does say. So I, no, I got that, that sense from Jacob and I know he's in the chat right now. And uh, yeah, he could be fairly. Uh, yeah, he could be fairly quiet. I mean, the times that he's been on uh, those streams. He could be fairly quiet, so sometimes I'd be like, what do you think, Jacob? I have to, like, throw it to him to get him to talk a little bit more. And he's got great hair, of course. We love we love that big curly. He has great eyebrows as well. Great eyebrows. <laughs> That's right. Didn't you guys, like, you got you got his eyebrows done for him, didn't you? Yes, I had, I had treated him to getting his eyebrows done. Nice. And uh, they came out amazing, like, way better than mine. Like, yes, like, it's, it's amazing how, like, a little threading can just, you know, like, lighten up someone's face. But, exactly. yeah. Um, I, I also wanted to uh, shout him out for being uh, willing to do the interview with me as well, or um, like the the live commentary, because um, I was like telling him like uh, up until the actual moment we were going backstage, like, I'm really just very stressed. I feel like, why am I why am I here? Why did they pick me? I just had a big, you know, like, you know, mountain of like just like this weight of like imposter Out. syndrome like yeah. why me oh like, yeah uh, there's there's millions of other people who would probably love to like and are probably way more deserving to have this opportunity so i was like kind of you know at the point of like crying about it because i was so stressed and i felt so unworthy but um Ooh. everyone was just you know so supportive including you um other people yeah. just like that like you're like they they asked you to do this you know like um that's why you're here and you deserve that to do this as much as anyone else and i'm just like i'm like it was just so hard for me to like believe that you know so uh yeah, even no, now no. like it's yeah. even now like you know i i still think back and i'm like i'm very grateful for the opportunity i know i would have like regret it not you know doing it if i had said no but 
at the same time, I, I do think of the other folks who um, I know deep down in my heart, you know, uh, would have been amazing to have that opportunity too. But I'm trying not to dwell too much on like what yeah, could have been. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Because it was just kind of one of those things because I remember when it was all being worked out, we knew that something was going to uh that he was going to do something he he just didn't want to do like zach didn't want to do like oh let me just do commentary on these movies that i've done commentary before so they wanted to do something different that we just didn't know exactly what it was and i remember when when the thing was getting organized and talking to people that were that were organizing and they were like well okay we want people that are like you know that have like a you know personality within the the community or like have a voice or whatever or have youtube channels or whatever um so they were like you know so it was just kind of like taking like some names and i think it just that's where like you know the picks came in when it came to that but i remember yeah like i said i was at target and i was like wait oh am i going on first and i was like oh shit so yeah i mean i get it i mean it's that imposter syndrome it's that whole thing totally feel the same way i think we all we all did we all did i mean you know uh, Scott, Stephen, Rebecca, um, we all felt like that way, like when it came to that, because it's like, why, why us? But then, you know, it, it, even like when I went on, I was just, I was just glad that it was, um, that it was Friday where they had alcohol. <laughs> let's, let's face it, that helped a little bit because I remember when I first got in there, you know, Zach walks in, you know, he says, hi, you know, we do early, you know, bump them, you know, we, we just like, Hey, what's up, man. And stuff like that. And then he's, he's got a, he's got one of the drinks in his hand. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, um, you know, I mean, I already had like a couple before because I was like, Oh boy. But I was like, Hey, can I get one of those? If he's drinking one, can I get one too? So that like helped lighten it up a little bit, I guess, you know, for me a little bit. I know, I know like, uh, talking to Scott, he, he was like, man, it felt like he was more relaxed with that. I'm like, well, we had booze. You know, it does help. You know, sad, sadly, when it came to the second night, there wasn't that. But uh, but at the same time, it was like, oh, OK, this is what it's going to be. We're going to be on. And then it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, shit, we're going to be talking about the movie. And, uh, you know, I'm glad anyway, I'm, you know, you had Jacob with you, too, who, you know, helped out. I mean, it's always kind of nice to have like somebody there that, you know, too, that is like right there. I'm sure that helped a little bit. It did. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was really awesome that, you know, I had someone who just sort of like be really transparent about, you know, yeah. some of like my insecurities and lack of, you know, uh, confidence in that moment, because I really did feel like, you know, uh, not only do I have this opportunity that I'm sure a lot of people would, you know, I, in my opinion, probably be more uh, better, better fits for it. But also like, I, I don't want to like waste um, time as far as like the small window that I have uh, to, uh, to talk about, you know, that's that segment of the film that I was in, uh, yeah. or that I, I was doing commentary with Zach and Jacob with. So they, I do have some, you know, recurring, you know, uh, thoughts in my head of things that I could have done better, but ultimately we I'm glad that. that I just, I'm just glad that I didn't you say did no. a great job. <laughs> you did a great job. I, I watched every, every, everyone's, uh, segment with them, you know, and, Everybody did a great job. I think we I think they did a good job of like the mixture of voices, the 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 different personalities, I think was great because we all have our own individual personalities, you know. We're all not the same. And uh I think you did a great job. You had some great questions and things that you said and uh doing some commentary. 
And, uh, you know, Jacob, not so much. I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Jacob. Love you. Um, no, but yeah. like, yeah, yeah um, but he, just saying, yeah. I think we all had our own individual and in everybody did great, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and again, just like big shout out again to Jacob for asking some really insightful questions around the um, uh, the score and some of like the intention around like the sound design as well, especially in the um, the Bruce Ascension um, uh, scene that also sort of yes, like, overlapped with the, the funeral. So, yeah, just, you know, like. Jacob knows is, is a kinophile for sure. Like, you know, it could have been like a whole ass, like one-on-one -on -one with him and, and Zach for sure. Um, because he was able to speak to, um, a lot of, a lot more of like the nuance than I was. I was, um, someone who looking back, I was more interested in like, you know, the intention of like the character design and the themes that may not that, that were subtext as far as like how I read the film, as far as like, you know, the presentation of like mental health and coping with trauma. And um, yeah, like those are things that I'm personally like very invested in that I got to talk to Zach a little bit about and uh, try to, you know, kind of decipher his films along with him. <laughs> like, you know, did you mean to like, you know, present this character this way, yeah. like things like that? <laughs> I know there's so many things and I I even have things too, where I'm like, ah, I wish I would have asked this or said that or blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it was, uh, you know, you know, I, but like I said, everybody got a real kick out of everyone's, you know, time with Zach and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I've talked to Zach numerous times on here. So it was a little bit more like, okay, but I mean, it was different that he's like right there. And it was funny too, because one of the, right before we went live, I, I looked at it and I'm like, who's going to talk more on this, me or you? <laughs> like, because we both like to talk. So, but it was just, and then he laughed and he goes, I guess we'll see, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, so I think just having the different personalities really, you know, really helped out but yeah i think you did a uh, a great job you have like that you have a bubbly personality let's face it and and i think uh i think it really added to everything that was happening i i saw people on the timeline cheering you on and stuff like that and i was like yep yeah, good job good job rat you're good don't worry we're all you know we all have that imposter syndrome but when it when it comes to the end of the day hey it was a great experience right yeah yeah like i mean i'm i i'm trying not to just you know dwell on any sort of like perceived yeah. mistakes or anything like that or inferiority yeah. syndrome that i have like i'm trying to keep in mind that there are people that are genuinely like you know jazzed on the things that i did talk about and i feel like for what it's worth the things that i wanted to talk about were a little different from what other folks were covering which um may or may not have resonated with other people but um yeah i'm just glad that i got to you know um uh, talk about things that were significant to me and how I connected to, um, to the, to those films. So, uh, yeah, like if, if there was like any sort of like silver lining, I can clap myself up for, it's like, at least I got to share that with the creator directly, you know? I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole thing is like, I mean, when I posted that picture on various social media, I was like, I can't believe like, like, you know, Zack Snyder's one of my all time favorite directors. And I was sitting with him talking about his Superman film. That's what you got to take in is like you're sitting with a great director and you're talking about his film with him. And he's like he's op he's open up the, a door for you to do that, which is great. And um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to satisfy. I mean, I, I let's face it. Any, the times that Zach has been on the vodka stream for different reasons, like I don't know. The next day, the, I'll have there'll, there'll be a, a certain, you know 
part of the community that's like, why didn't you ask him this? Why didn't you ask him that? It's like, hey, you know, if you want to you want to ask him that you create your own thing and you get them on your stream or something like that. It's like one of those things where it's like when people aren't happy about what you discussed or talked about, you just kind of got to brush it off because it's like, hey, you know, this was my time with him. I think it went well. Everything went well. So, you know, take it or leave it. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But most of the time, it's always like a small, you know, minority as opposed to the majority is always more positive, way more positive. And I think sometimes we being in this space, we kind of will take like the negative more over the positive. Sometimes we'll see that and we'll be like, ah, but then we don't realize, ah, look at all this over here. Everybody's just got their, you know, their hands up and they're like, yay, and they're praising. But sometimes we just focus on like, ah, that, that one comment, ah, that one got me, it cut me, you know, kind of thing. And that's one of those things that, you know, as being in this space, you just got to like, try to be like, eh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's mostly me, <laughs> um, you know, saying like, you suck. Like, you could have done this a lot better yeah. while everyone else is like, the, yeah, the the 99% of folks um, like doing their best, you know, um, to lift me up and, you know, celebrate what uh, what work I do. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't really see this as, you know, worthwhile, but I appreciate it. And it kind of puts me in this position where like, I am usually like a community, you know, member along with other folks supporting other people's content. So when I'm in the spotlight, like other people, it's, um, yeah, like I said, that inferiority in, um, yep. uh, imposter syndromes just sort of kicks in. And um, now all of a sudden, I'm not just someone in the chat, I'm actually someone who's engaging in the discussion. Um, like, uh and being held accountable to, and in real time like i it's not just me thinking out what i want to say in a sentence and then hitting send it's all in i'm getting that real-time feedback from people which uh was a big challenge for me when i went into Ooh, uh, creating rough. content and yeah. i didn't expect people to even like you know come through or even enjoy what i was doing <laughs> so yeah all of this you know uh support that i've gotten from other folks like it's it still feels unreal like you know and um okay. i'm someone who is very like uh i i make fun of myself a lot <laughs> um what do I? i'm very i'm very like self-deprecating in my sense of humor and um it's it it's also just like yeah i don't know why y'all are here right now but hey what's up <laughs> good to see you <laughs> now i think a lot of us get like that we definitely do and we have to remind ourselves because i mean i every live stream i do they'll be like when i when i click out i'll be like eh i cheesed up this i cheesed up that i'm like i start picking it apart like right away and you know you know I, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, messaging Steph and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I did this. I did that. And she's all stop it. You did great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, she's always, you know, the hype. You know, she's always my she's always has to turn around and be like, shut up. Stop saying that. But I'm always like, yeah, but I fucked up this. I did this and that. So like I always do that. And she's like <laughs> she's like. I feel sorry for Steph because then, you know, sometimes I'm just like going eh, and I'm like complaining that I did this and did that. And and then she's just like, shut up. You're it's all in your head. Stop it. And blah, blah, blah. So but that's just the way we get, you know, but I think um, I think if nothing else, um, just having that, you know, sense of like humility and knowing yeah. that, you know, there's still room to improve, trying to find the silver lining Always. here. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying my best. I'm grasp, grasping at straws. I'm like, okay, what, what's something positive I can pull? But like, yes, like at least I know that 
there is still room to grow and at least i'm uh cognizant enough of like my areas of improvement that i can target in the future so there that's you know something that i that's really meaningful to me is when i see other folks in a similar mindset where they have this like you know growth mentality where they don't just rest on their laurels of where they're at and i mentioned earlier like not so much like focusing on growing your numbers so much as like growing uh, uh your content quality that's something that I love when I see other people do and they little by little I see like you know improvements in their thumbnails improvements um maybe in their audio in their intros um how they structure their show little little wins like that um that I also you know hold myself accountable to that I see other people doing as well who are like smaller creators too that I network with or you know support whatever like that's really inspiring to me uh so yeah like I love I love seeing that you know people who uh e even if they don't have these like huge goals that they just jump all the way over to but who are more realistic in like how they like make those baby steps like it's it, it makes me feel good it gen generates the good brain chemicals for sure <laughs> it really does because and you know i i wanted to comment when you were talking about like the fact that it's like it's not all about you know yeah i mean obviously you want to grow your numbers and views and whatnot sure because that's what you're you know that's it's built into what this is but i like what you said about you know just you have your community and i remember a little while ago i mean i was talking to stephen colbert and i was you know he's a numbers dude and i was like kind of just sharing numbers sharing analytics with him because he's very much that guy and i wanted to get his opinion on stuff and one of the things that he told me he goes you know what you have though dude you have a built-in you have a fan base you have a very good base a foundation of a fan base and i'm like you're right because I do have people out there that I see all the time and they're here, they're always showing up. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I do love the fact that I see, you know, that I see Jose, that I see Stephanie T, that I see uh, these people out there, darkness under the wind, Azteca. They're always here. They're showing up for this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? That is cool. There is like a per there's a personal thing there where it's like I have these people that are always there and and they're there from start to finish. They're watching the whole thing. You know, obviously you're going to have the people that come in and out and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, there's going to be people that are there for a bit and then they check out. I've had those too. But, uh, and then of course there's always new people that are showing up, but it is nice to have that core little group. And I, I, I and I think I, every time I do a members only stream every Wednesday after my normal stream, I get definitely reminded of that because those guys, those people are the people that are there all the time. And then, of course, when we do the members only. It's more personal. And I talk to them directly and I'm like, all right, this is cool. The fact that I've built this right here and I have like these people. So but it was good on like I remember just like Stephen being the, the the numbers man. He was like, yeah, but think about this, dude. You do have this. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for actually saying that to me. No, I love that you mentioned that about Steven because I had no idea that that was something that he would like, you know, gas you up about and like remind you because I feel like I'm that with like a lot of my friends, especially in the last like three years, like way back when I joined the community and I was just like in the chat supporting folks and typing essays and stuff. I still do that. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, I still um, uh, find it baffling when creators are like, no, I don't want to ask for donations. I don't want to monetize my content. You know, this isn't a job. And like, I, I've fought for years to make my good friends that I interact with on a daily basis realize 
this is labor. You're producing, like you're, you're doing this longer than you're actually at your job and you're foregoing time with your family and like self-care and all this other stuff in order to produce free entertainment for like, you know, the dozens, if not hundreds of people who watch your shows once they go to VOD. So you absolutely deserve to get paid for your labor. So I had to just, I bashed them over the head with that concept. This oh. is labor. This is labor. Labor is valid of pay. Oh, until I they were just like, too. fine, I'm going to monetize. Fine, I'll do memberships. And I'm just like, thank God. Like, you know, even oh, if it's just pennies, <laughs> even if it's just too. pennies, yeah. you, you, I, those are your pennies. It's your yeah, money. Exactly. Use it when you need it. <laughs> no, I felt that too. Like there's sometimes where I'm like, I'm like, I feel bad because I'm like, uh, like when I do the Patreon stream, I thought that was like, oh, that's something where, you know, people who, you know, pay for the content, they can come on and talk. But I, then in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm charging them to talk to me. It's like one of those things where I was like, uh, and then again, Mr. Colbert was like, well, but it's their choice. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's their choice that they're choosing to do that because they like my content. So they're choosing to, you know, donate. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, I, I don't want to be one of those guys like, hey, guys, can you can you please write a super chat or, you know, or something like that? It's like but at the same time, I mean, I've listened to other podcasts, too, with other, you know, way time bigger creators. And I remember I was listening to one where he was just basically saying, like, it's like, well, I mean, it's just that whole thing. It's an, an exchange of like if you do appreciate what I do, you know, throwing a little bit. It's not like it's not a big thing. It's like they want to do that as long as you're like giving them like the content that they like, they're going to be willing to just be like, yeah, hey, here's a couple bucks, you know, here's whatever, you know? So, so it's like, but at the same time, yeah, you're in the back of my head. I was like, yeah, but I don't like that. I feel like I'm being like, you know, Hey, give me some, Hey, I'm holding out a little, you know, cup or something like that. That's, but it's not that I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's weird. The, like the things I, I feel like I feel compelled to apologize for like being cringy and, you know, awkward. I have to have to, have to apologize for that, but I'm not going to apologize for asking you to get paid for my work. And no. I don't want anyone else to apologize for that either. Whether you do dedicated member streams or, um, after hours or after show, you know, um, chats with folks, which I feel like is a, a lot bigger value than what you you charge honestly but yeah. like even if other creator friends of mine have those uh, has monetized monetized content patreons memberships even if they don't um offer those incentives i still feel that's worthwhile because like you said we're really making is. the decision to um to to dono you know and oftentimes i do that because i can't be in every chat in super chat like so this is actually just some uh back of my, it doesn't like I don't have to remember to, you know, have this recurring, you know, support to my friends, basically. So that's why I like memberships and Patreon, because I don't have to just always manually, you know, super chat or or things like that. It's always something that is uh, consistent that, you know, I that's already there. So that's that's why I personally appreciate those things. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's nice that there's something built into the fact that, like, Obviously, when we do the normal stuff like this live stream right now and in videos, it's we monetize it with ads and we don't like ads. Who who likes ads? I mean, every now and again, maybe you'll see something you're like, hey, maybe I actually would like that or something. But most of the time we don't like ads. We don't like. So just to have something like a Patreon or something or even a member's only thing it's where you don't you could turn off the ads and everything and it's just like oh yeah two bucks three bucks for this it's like and you'll have or extra content or you know ad free content i mean i think we all would actually prefer that and i think people that you know that support 
a creator will gladly be like, yeah, I'll gladly pay three bucks a month to just be like for your extra content or to not have a stupid ad for another mobile video game that I'm not going to download flash up in front of my face where I'm waiting to skip it, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, and they, they like, like you enough where they'll be like, yeah, I'm perfectly okay with like, you know, doing this. Um, but yeah, as creators, we have to realize like, Hey, you know, it's okay to be, Hey, do this, do that. I mean, I try to put as much on my Patreon as possible, you know? Um, and it's, it could be hard to figure out like, what else can I do that I'm not doing over here? That's the challenge I think too, especially in this space. I'm like, what else can I do? That's why I like, you know, every, like every other week I'll do just like a, a random podcast just by myself. And I, you know, I'm a little more raw with it. Like last night I was doing my fantasy football draft while I was talking and I had a Giants game on. So it it was just me just talking about certain things. And then I would go off on a tangent because I'm like, oh, I got to pick so-and-so. Maybe I'll pick so-and-so. Oh, my God. How dare you fucking take him out of the game right there? He's pitching a no-hitter, you dumbasses. So I was like totally just raw, 30 minutes of me just cussing up a storm, going off on tangents as I was telling things. And I'm like, all right, that's what I like for, okay, for the people who support that, you get that, as opposed to me just trying to be like, all right, I got to be a robot right now and do this whole thing, so. Yeah, it's just like this ongoing conversation that I love having with folks like on panels and in the chat about like, you know, qualifying labor. Like, in yeah. terms, like everyone can agree that, you know, labor deserves to be paid for. And I'm going to uh, just a heads up. I'm going to segue this into, you know, the strikes. But like anyway, like it's yeah, yeah. This, like back and forth uh, that I've been having with folks about like the the spectrum of of labor, not so much that, you know, this blanket statement that we're all uh, on the same page about like all labor being valid and deserving of pay. Yes, we get get that. But let's actually like, you know, kind of target, you know, where on that spectrum does our our labor land and its impact on the world and where we see it on the compensation scale or how do we assign value to it? And for me, um, I do subscribe to the idea that, um, you know, put your own perceived value on your artwork, like with like, you know, getting art commissions or like getting other like, you know, type of editing services commission from from folks, whatever they're charging, that's what they feel they're, they're worth and that's what they feel they deserve. So I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, fight them on that. Um, it may, like, I, I can make the decision to um, patronize them with, you know, my, with my, you know, order or I can go somewhere else, you know, that's, that's basically how it works. And I feel like when it comes Great. to, um, uh other types of labor that um let's say like in in the film industry for folks who are impacted by this by um not being able to work right now because of you know the workers rights in the entertainment industry being like a huge focus right now there is this um this uh, again like this difficult conversation around like you know um the uh, where does your form of labor land on the spectrum of how impactful it is for uh, for it to uh, go under any type of, you know, major uh, table shaking, you know, uh, changes as far as like, what is the power that you have as a as um, in the workforce that you're in right now in order to impact change versus like someone who works for like, you know, a trucking company or a grocery store or in healthcare versus like what kind of impact do they have when they, you know, depart from their, from their labor. 
Uh, so for us as like content creators, like, yeah, if we wanted to strike against YouTube, it's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> you know, we have, we have, uh, we, uh, you know, like the, the strikes in the entertainment industry have way more, you know, of a chance of like, you know, shaking the table and impacting change than we do. You know, we're, yeah. we're taking an L on that one. So like, that's what I'm saying about the spectrum. It's like YouTube entertainers uh, going up against a big YouTube and, you know, probably not making, making too much of an impact because of the abundance of, of talent that YouTube has to, to bless with the algorithm and continue to, you know, prioritize versus like, okay, folks in the, in, in the entertainment industry, yes, they are, you know, they create a lot of, uh, forms of content that generate a lot of revenue. And, uh, a lot of that revenue is also connected to the cities in which that they produce the content. And that ripples out into the, um, the outer rims of like, you know, the regions around it. So there are like actual like livelihoods of not just the entertainment workers themselves, but other industries that are relying on those, you know, um, those workers in the entertainment industry to continue to produce work in those regions. And yeah. I, I'm totally like cognizant of that, but then I'm also challenging that, you know, uh, that narrative that a lot of us are, are, you know, constantly, you know, dissecting and talking about it. I'm like, okay, the urgency, like, uh, I think that's something that should definitely be uh, talked about as well, as far as like, how, 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 um, because of the abundance in the labor pool for uh, entertainment work in general, and how film, film companies can like take advantage of that abundance of labor in order to just sort of like, you know, like outsource talent, uh, if they don't, if they don't feel like paying for it, or how they're able to take advantage of really murky um unfair contracts on their talent in order to you know continue to use their likeness or you know underpay them and overwork them just because they feel like they can do that because they're there's a line of people out the door who are more than willing to accept those terms and conditions yeah. that's kind of what i'm meaning about urgency around like how how impactful is this this movement as valid as it is as you know admirable as i can agree with other people that it is um having that discussion has been just sort of like really challenging for for me to you know get that critical thinking around as far as like do we really want to you know compare um entertainment work to like being a youtube creator or being like you know a healthcare worker or someone who works in the food mm -hmm. industry or like a trucker for example i don't necessarily think that they can compare but they're definitely on the same spectrum because they're all all forms of labor that deserve to be paid so yeah, sorry to go on this like long rant, no, no. but like that's no, like it. that is it. kind of like in my mind that it's it's been so hard to just communicate in a chat like with so many characters, but that's kind of like where I've been coming from in this discussion as far as like when I engage with other people in the chat. I'm like, yes, like we we need to actually sit down and talk about, you know, like how this uh like yes this this labor is valid and it deserves to be paid for just like i said how artists you know can put a price tag on their labor and you can choose to pay for it or not but it again it like i said for me commissioning people if it's um it's my decision at the end of the day to to patronize them and it's also um the decision of the powers that be whether it be like youtube for content creators or the film studios who take advantage of you know their labor pool to you know actually choose to um to make those changes so so yeah, that's that's where the the difficult conversation goes because it's not solution oriented. It's acknowledging the reality of the situation. Whereas a lot of like 
points that I've seen uh, from other people are more just like, no, they need to do this. They need to do that. Like, okay, let's actually like hone in on what's happening right now in the grander scheme of, you know, uh, what's going on in the labor rights, you know, situation that we're in at this very moment, September 1st, 2023, you know, like how is this yeah. impacting right now versus like where we would like to see it go, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's an iffy, it, it, it's an interesting thing because, um, because I always, when, when it comes to something like this, I always try to be like, all right, I want to put my brain into both sides of this whole thing. So obviously I'm like, I'm supportive of like, Hey, people should be paid for what they put out there. And I mean, obviously when it came to streaming, these companies totally took advantage of a loophole that they were like, oh, hey, look what we could do now. We don't have to pay like certain residuals like we did before when it came to um, when it came to showing like reruns and showing things on TV, all all that. I mean, now it's a it's a different kind of beast, which, of course, the pandemic just shoved right. I mean, it pulled it. I mean, I think we were we were definitely headed into. And I remember even talking about it before the pandemic came out was like before the pandemic happened was I was like, oh, yeah, streaming's the future, but it's it's not going to be the full future for a few years. But then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and every company was like, we got to everybody's home. We got to load it up. We got to load it up. And then now it's like that was the thing. And then they realized, oh, shit. This wasn't going to be as profitable as possible. And then, of course, and then the actors and writers and everybody was like, wait, we're getting screwed out of a lot of things. It, the past, I mean, it's crazy how like the the past three years with the pandemic really just fucked so many things up, like and just just different. It was just it's crazy that how much how much people like how much things just like got just flipped upside down where you're like wait a minute this is okay so we thought this was going to be the way of the future but turns out it's not and then all of a sudden we're hearing about oh yeah they're going to try to put things back on cable and they need to find a fig they need to figure it's all it's it's such a weird thing and so when it comes to you know obviously when it comes to these people getting paid, it's like, okay, I understand. But then I'll, I look over at Bob Iger, which, you know, disagree with mostly what he says. But then when he's going like, yeah, but some of this is just unreasonable. And I'm like, all right, so if I'm going to put my brain into where he's saying, I can maybe see that, yeah, okay, there's some times where it's like, yeah, you might have a writer or something in there and the, and they produce something and it's not good. So it's like, okay, you you're, you don't want to pay them as much, but then at the same time, you still, I don't know. It's such a weird, there's such a, yeah, like you said, there's like a spectrum of kind of just like, and it's, it, I don't know, to me, it's like, it's when I talk to people in that business and talk to people, it's all just kind of like, man, I'm just to the point where I'm like, can there actually be a solution? that happens in this current state that we're at because of streaming or not of streaming. Yeah. Of streaming. But uh, I'm like, can we actually come up with something where they can actually negotiate something where it's all going to work? And maybe some of these CEOs would be like, yeah, I'm going to have to take a pay cut. But then at the same time, the part, part of like being a CEO is like, you have to produce these numbers. And then I'm like, what is happening? Who is, who are in the chairs above the CEO that are, going like no you have to produce and i'm like who are those people and and then who do they answer to god <laughs> and like what is like where where it's just such a 
it, it's what's, overwhelming. What's a god to a non-believer? Exactly. It's like it's so <laughs> it's so overwhelming because I'm like, who? Are, what are we trying to do here, folks? Like, I mean, it's just like I, I mean, I get it. Like the you got the CEO that is like, all right, yes, obviously he's the head cheese. He's gonna, or, you know, he's gonna be making the most money. I get it, but it's but. But and but at the same time, it's like if he doesn't have the people below him, how is he going to do that? And then who is he answering to? And the fact that it's like when we see these CEOs making like millions and millions, tens of millions, and you just kind of go like, all right, do you really need Bob Iger? Do you need to make twenty five million a year? I mean, can you cut that in half? You're old. You've made a bunch of money in your life. I'm sure you're you're good, and your family for generations are good. So like, it's just Dave, Dave, that that's not how capitalism works. I know. I know. That's the thing. I mean, um, like as much as I like, like I get it. Capitalism is, can be great, but then it's just, but then it gets to this point and I'm like, Oh, like, good God. Like how? Well, like, I, I, I do want to kind of chime in like on a serious yeah, yeah. note. Like, um, yeah. so again, like what I'm saying is, uh, although we, we can acknowledge that, you know, that yes, it's unfair that, uh, these, execs like who are getting paid and not just you know um like high salaries but also in stocks that accumulate value over time that you know once like let's say that they're you know cut like they can just cash them in and you know they have like you know that um uh, i forget what it's called like a golden parachute or something like that yeah, like they yeah. they have that but i guess like again what i was saying about like focusing on the here and now as far as like what is going to impact the present and i'm seeing that well for one these folks who are on strike they are that that small you know um generator of income is they they forfeit it for you know the greater you know uh commitment to this mission statement of going on strike i totally acknowledge that so what would be some uh, in my mind i'm thinking well what are some concessions like if we're saying like you know these these big bag bad execs are like you know penny pinching uh to the point where like they're not willing to you know sign a check uh to increase like you know residuals or you know labor or things like that what can be done in order to potentially even benefit the companies that are that are making these concessions in favor of the workers and i'm like well it would be nice to you know have some job security not just have it be you know gig you know based or contract based uh and then they go without labor for an x amount of time until they get another you know project it would be nice to have you know um some solid healthcare, you know that doesn't suck <laughs> um that you know can actually like cover vision and dental as well oh my god healthcare that covers vision and dental i did not realize how uncommon that is for a lot of people that so is I'm, crazy to think yeah about. so yeah. uh i'm just thinking like realistically like you know if uh if and these benefits are actually things that the companies can can write off i know we talk about you know like this perception of being able to write off losses and stuff but there are actual yeah. like you know incentives for you know giving your employees these benefits and the only thing that would um potentially hold these companies back like what compare like you know lyft to uber for example uber mm. treats their you know workers as contractors so they don't have to give them benefits versus lyft which offers you know uh full employment uh status to their drivers so there's a, a higher quality of life although both are sort of like a rat race of like you know you have to constantly you know be working in order to you know sustain this livelihood but um at least one you're able to like invest into like a 401k like improve your health care things like that so i feel like going towards 
a lift model, although it's not ideal because you are sort of like on this, you know, hamster wheel perpetual like work in order to sustain your employment. There's at least what? like some some room to like, you know, meet the worker at a place where uh, although they may be, you know, getting the same amount of pay, they're able to actually have a consistent em uh, employment status and build up, you know, um, equity as well as uh, have access to healthcare. So that's something that I'm like, like I was saying earlier, you know, like these like gradual steps of like improvement. Um, me as someone who like, I have a lot of personal beliefs about, you know, uh, the improvement of the, like the working class, et cetera, et cetera. But I've like being more realistic. I think that that might be something that um, could also be, you know, I'm sure, you know, friend Drescher and other folks are negotiating hard on what can be done, but uh, yeah. I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't already, you know, put on the table as well. Yeah, I know you bring up a good point uh, when it came like I like what, what you said when it came to Uber and Lyft, because I, you know, a buddy of mine was like up in the higher rankings of Lyft. And I remember him telling me about that kind of stuff when it came to how different they were to Uber. And, you know, and going back to like my day job, it's it's funny because, you know, I'm not hourly. It's all it's more production like, hey, you work more, you produce more, you make more. But I also have health insurance. I also have, you know, all the, you know, the benefit, they still provide me with the benefits that I need as opposed to just like, they're not just looking at me like a contractor, like, oh yeah, you got to get your own shit. We're just paying you for this. But, you know, I still have, I have a, I can, ha I have a 401k, all that stuff. So no, like I'm, I, yeah, like, yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such a crazy thing. <laughs> Like it, it is. And, yeah. um, like I'm, I feel like sometimes I can like, you know, kind of like go off on these, like, you know, random tangents no, no, and, good. um, I apologize for folks in the chat who are just like bored AF. Um, no. but this is kind of like, <laughs> I, I enjoy like these, these different, uh, approaches to topics that are, that I don't often see, like, especially I love how like you when I was use like letters, like you say IRL and AF. I always have to like, <laughs> be like, what does she mean? Oh yeah. In real life as fuck. Okay. Because you know, I'm a little older. I I'm bad with acronyms. And when people like send acronyms, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And then they say it. I'm like, oh, OK, but yeah, so like, yeah, like, yeah, when it comes to acronyms, I'm like, uh, what are you reading an eye chart when uh, you cover one eye and you're reading, you know, IRL, it's, what is going on with that? Dude, it's it's all about like how. I'm just so used to that character limit and maximizing yeah. what little, you know, amount of characters no, I have. Good. So I have to be strategic. <laughs> that's good. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, there's many times where when I'm doing live streams or whatever, I feel like an old fart because I'm like, what, what are you saying? Like, what's going on? I'm not like, you know, in it or something like that. But I did want to bring up this. Uh, I, we did get a super chat from Bright Burns 1985 right here. Thank you for the $10 super chat. How do you feel about both Zack Snyder's Justice League and the theatrical cut, Rhea? And I actually think the theatrical is not that bad. It needs more story meat on its bones and more time to breathe. That's an interesting question. Yeah. So what I touched on earlier was um, I had no clue that, you know, the Zack Snyder's Justice League movement was a thing until YouTube started to um, recommend me streams that covered, you know, comic book movie news because I was watching film discussions on, you know, film on YouTube. So from that, from that pre getting to realize that this movement existed, 
Mm-hmm. I had just, you know, I I watched the theatrical version. I kind of, you know, was like, eh, it was okay. You know, um, I didn't realize that, you know, there could be something better or greater on the horizon. Uh, so yeah, I uh, kind of just took the product as what it was, but it didn't feel, I didn't have like this resonant connection with it. Uh, I don't know if other folks in the chat or you, Dave, have seen um, the Avatar The Last Airbender movie by uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, yeah. But that was another one where it's like, I, it's not that like I was, necessarily disappointed i just kind of walked away feeling like eh, you know like yeah. um i i don't know how i would have made a better product but the one i got just you know kind of came and left like i remember watching it in theaters paying to see get my ticket and w- sitting down and watching it but i don't feel like i walked away from it um with uh feelings that you know i revisit and when i became aware of Zack Snyder's Justice League and got to watch it uh, upon release with everyone in the community, uh, that was something that actually left an imprint on me. Like I carry that, you know, experience and that, that, you know, um, uh, those three films in my heart dearly because of the, the story arc that I was able to witness, uh, summate yeah. it in, or not, not summate it, but, you know, brought to uh, some sort of uh, position in the arc of uh, the story being told that uh, made me want more. And I was excited about it. I continue to talk about it with other folks and um, like not just other people's enthusiasm fueling mine, but also like my own personal connection to those stories as well, coming from being able to see like the intended versions of these, co- of these um, uh, films. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when it came to that movie, I mean, <laughs> when it came to theatrical justice, as we call it, um, it is interesting because if you watch my first reaction, I mean, I was trying to be as positive as possible because I spent the past year trying to fight against every all the rumors that were coming out that ended up being true. So it was like one of those things. And I remember like um, watching that. I watched it on the Warner Brothers lot, too, which was funny. And I remember just when, when we see Cavill's face, it was just like, I was like, it was one of those things where it just, it felt like I got punched right in the chest and went, they were all right. The mustache thing was right. And it was like, oh shit. And then I was going, what do I say? Because I remember I was building it up. I'm like, I'm going to Warner Brothers. I'm watching Justice League. You were doing this. And everybody was like, can't wait to hear what your first reaction is going to be. And it was just kind of like, oh, and I remember sitting in my car. I've said this many times. I sit, sat in my car for like 10 minutes. I'm like, how? what, what am I going to say about this? Because it's like it was not Zack Snyder's movie, but I'm not saying it was like full on terrible. It was still watchable, but it was just one of those things. And and then I had to go over to the premiere. I got invited to the premiere too. Didn't get into the premiere, but I'm actually glad I didn't. Um, but I saw everybody like walk in, but it, it was like, it was a weird night because I remember seeing everybody walk in, but I didn't see Zach. And I went, all right, something is very fucked up here. Something. And I was trying to be as optimistic as possible. I even saw it again that weekend. Uh, or that following weekend with friends. And I did a second reaction where I said, like, if you want to treat it like a DCAU, an animated movie brought to life, watch it like that. So I was trying to like take that approach. And then finally, like a week later, I was like, all right, it's time for me to not even talk anything 
positive about this movie because something is up. And and I think like a week later, that was like when I started going off about this is not Zack Snyder's Justice. I even said Zack Snyder's Justice League. Coin it, Zack. I helped you with that. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so, it, but yeah, Last Airbender, I see I'm not, when it came to, well, they're making it, aren't they making a series about that now on Netflix? Yeah, you're right. Um, they are also making more animated content um, where the main characters from the first series are a little bit older. Mm, so I am looking okay. forward to that because the original, you know, series runners are returning. So there's this like line of continuity, uh, continuity and I'm hoping quality continuity as well. But uh, we'll see. Um, Netflix is kind of sus as far as like, um, I think I, I, I think I read somewhere, maybe like I'm inaccurate. You can correct me. Um, once Netflix reaches a third season of a show, they've basically made back their money put forward to, um, I don't to, know. to finance it or like it becomes to the, it comes to the point where, um, it's no longer profitable for them, I think. And then mm, they cut it because they need, they need to allocate, uh, resources to new content in order to continue to grow their subscriber base. So a lot of sh great shows, uh, mm. often end, end up getting cut because, they don't see the amount of growth that they anticipated um, from their subscribers oh, wow. or in subscriber growth from that content, which sucks I mean, because sense. that's a, that's a, that's a, like you said, streaming, like that's a whole new, you know, metric that, you know, is um, that comes down to uh, like, you know, how, how content reaches the consumer. And so, sometimes it like impacts the streaming services that are made into the, these tent poles for these studios like disney plus is like a primary revenue driver for disney now for example or even like you know max being a primary um revenue driver uh for for wb like because yeah. they put so many resources into the content that they put on these platforms uh and they see that they're not getting like immediate um uh profitable feedback off of it they just you know axe it right away um so it it does suck because i think back uh, when there wasn't too much emphasis placed on streaming there was still like a chance for other shows to get picked up by other platforms and to an extent there is like you know there is like you know availability for uh licensing and things like that but oftentimes uh these shows aren't lucky enough to get that well, there's sometimes that shows just need a, a little bit of marination before they get into like Breaking Bad was one of like the biggest shows ever. And everybody loves and everybody's seen Breaking Bad pretty much. And I remember like people I, I didn't watch it right away. I had to binge watch it before the series finale because I got really into it like the last season. I got really into it. And I and I, I'm, I spent two week two weeks binge watching like up till three o'clock in the morning because this damn show just kept on making me go ah i gotta watch the next episode but apparently it took about two seasons for it to really get to into that zeitgeist of wow everybody's gotta watch this show it just it took a little bit and it's like now when it comes to streaming it's like you have to have an instant hit or else they're gonna drop you right away and i i don't like that i don't like that it's like you know i mean it's it's crazy where we've come you know this in like what 20 30 years it's like you could have a show you, you had a show on on a, on, a, on a channel on tv and you know back in the day i mean jesus christ there was like limited channels so then that show got 24 million views now it's like they're just happy to get a million views now it's just because there's so much content out there but yeah when it comes to streaming man it's hard to even gauge like what's happening with that because 
because we just don't know. I mean, and then they, of course, put out numbers and they're like, oh, yeah, it's doing great. Ahsoka got 14 million in the premiere. I'm like, what? 14 million? Did it really? I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad show, but did it really get 14 million? How are we measuring this? And they kind of like break it down how they measured it. And it was like very interesting. So can you can you educate me on like how they shared that information on it how they measure? Because that's like, obscured by a lot it, of shows. It, big time. It was like basically it was they they took like the Netflix metric of like if you watched it for at least a minute, that's counting as a view kind of thing. Kind and of like YouTube like, rules, I guess. Yes, a little <laughs> bit of YouTube rules. And I think that's what's what they kind of applied to it. So then when they accumulated, I mean, like, I, I wish I saw the article like pulled up because I talked about it on uh, on Wednesday stream. But it was just kind of like, yeah, it was not like the fact that it, like people just sat and watched the whole first episode, 14 million people. It was like there was just they took a, a bunch of different kind of uh metrics and one of them was like the you know if you watched it for at least a certain amount of time which i think was 59 seconds or something like that where that's what they counted it as that and then they also added a little bit to it because they're assuming that a household is not just one individual person watching it so then they were like well we can you know account for like two or maybe three people were watching it or something like it's it's a it's a weird thing now because i mean before when it came to just watching cable TV or whatever the hell, they really couldn't do anything. They just, I mean, I think they just kind of just broke it down. I mean, obviously it's all, all about mathematics and everything. We want to but... talk about how like certain, you know, segments of like how audience engagement is measured, like Samba TV, for example. I feel yeah. like Nielsen ratings were like the Samba TV back in the day. They were. Like I, and no one really disputes those numbers as well. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's the one data point that's actually like surfaced. But then again, it's proprietary data that's per, that's given to us from the people who took it. So take it with a grain of salt on top of like, you know, um, another grain of salt because these, it really it's the company giving us that's that data, good. by the way. <laughs> yeah, grain of salt on a grain of salt. You, you know, you're absolutely, I like what you said right there because even back then i remember i was a cable guy before i mean right when like digital and hd were were just booming and i remember going to houses that had the nielsen rating box so it wasn't like it was in every box it wasn't in every household but there was people that you know that that had those boxes in their houses and i saw them which was very interesting but it was like so that it's it's like it's basically it was like taking a poll you know, where you just kind of like you have a group of people and then you just expand on like, oh, yeah, so this percentage of people of this group of people. So that means this applies to the entire country or something like that, which I always find weird, too. But now when it comes to streaming, it's like they literally have those numbers like they they see because it's all digital now. But at the same time, it's like they can fluff those numbers. Uh, Samba TV doesn't even like they only like. I think they could only see like smart TVs. I don't know if maybe. Th I think it was changed. Sony devices or something like that. Yeah. I definitely think that there should be third party audits on yeah. a lot of, a lot of this data. Like, I don't know how accountable, like, you know, uh, that, uh, this data is to being, you know, used as like marketing because it's not really used as like, you know, false advertising necessarily. It's just saying, it's like if a business is like, oh, we have the greatest burger on the planet. Like, oh, is that false advertising? Who's going to hold them accountable to that? You know? Nobody. 
and you see those signs everywhere you know that's jerky you know this side of the fucking prime meridian you know they say all this stuff like i mean you could say that and you could say like you know the cold i always find it funny when like i see a sign that says the coldest beer in town i'm like how cold can it be uh you know before it freezes uh but you know i mean that's the thing it's like but yeah so like when it comes to streaming you just never and i think like when it comes to uh original shows or movies you know they're gonna be like oh yeah it's this and then they're just gonna forget about it but when it comes to an ip like a star wars or marvel or something or these they're gonna try to fluff it as much as possible to be like hey we have to keep this strong because this is our bread and butter right here yeah like uh what you're saying about like you know fluffing up the appearance of engagement on a new product i hate that i have to call these these shows products but you know we kind of you know it's, it's a word to describe them basically the the output you know that they're coming out on like it, what feels like a conveyor belt in my mind makes them products mm, anyway yeah. um so there's like the numbers argument about you know how valid and um marketable this this uh show is ahsoka for example not i haven't watched it yet so i can't speak on it necessarily <laughs> but on the uh i'll i'll watch it like when it wraps up but um let's say andor like i adore that show i know it's uh, not show. everyone's everyone's cup of tea i get that but as far as like the marketing approach to that show it wasn't necessarily numbers driven as much as it was like critically acclaimed and i'm just like oh yeah this is another best burger in the world situation but at the same time <laughs> i'm a patron of that burger so i can like that so in my mind i'm like this is totally valid but uh again like um i have to like think of it in terms of like okay general audience appeal like maybe uh it being backed by um uh this appearance of high engagement through numbers is what's going to drive people to go watch ahsoka whereas with andor because it's a little bit more um esoteric as far as it being connected to rogue one as popular and financially you know successful as that was it still came out you know years and years ago like in a different decade we're in a much different yeah. place with star wars now as consumers so i think that was sort of like where the argument of the validity of andor being worthwhile for someone to watch came from because not only is the story a little bit more like on the outer rim of star wars but maybe the target audience is not so much driven by you know um how popular a show is so much as like how it engages with the themes of existing material kind of like a blade runner situation like if blade yep. runner had like you know a prequel something like that um yeah i and i know that there is like supplemental material outside of you know 2049 that you know or that has come out for it as well so that's kind of yeah, the situation okay. that i see Andor versus like ahsoka or mandalorian are in it's weird because i mean when it comes to these uh, existing ip it's like there's an audience for the the flashy like hey you know this is what you like right here but then there's also like a yeah, there's an andor like right there too like yeah like a lot of normal star wars fans might be like it's so boring there's no lightsabers there's you know or something like they'll just like not enough light, you know they'll just say like certain things but at the same time there are people like yeah but the acting and the story and the everything is so i mean and it's just like it's not just like special effects crazy in your face it's like it's a fucking story it's a character driven story and it's like and it's just got these good actors in it and it's like you need that too yes we want the flashy popcorny stuff but we need some of this over here too and it's like and i love I the know. flashy popcorn like yes. i'm a big i'm a big time apologist you know i um i 
seeing that shows is, that shows praises while also acknowledging its flaws. Like I love actually talking about content that I love and the flaws. I feel like that's where the yes. interesting conversations happen. And I'm happy to, you know, acknowledge that, yeah, Obi-Wan uh, as a show was less about Obi-Wan than it was about the other characters. But let's uh, talk about those other characters and how they may or may not have, you know, supplemented the narrative or supported the main character. Like, yeah, I want to hear what other people have to say other than like, oh, it sucks, you know, like, uh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's get into the nitty gritty around like what your problem is right. uh, with with uh, certain characters. And I don't want to make assumptions on why you don't like certain characters. So I'm going to let you explain it to me. <laughs> exactly. Discussion. That's what it's all about. And we're going to discuss some more stuff because we got Axel joining in who's looks like he's asleep. Oh, boy. There no, you I'm are, not buddy. asleep. I've been. Hey, and then hey, we got Andy Ryan. right here, who's gonna do his Doctor Evil. Yes. And then Phil, um, what is hey, happening? Hey, why did you ask that about Blue Beetle? I got, I got to get my um my Blue Beetle merch as well. I was actually Ooh. gonna like ask Dave um before what? everyone jo uh joined in. Not that like I don't want to hear everyone else's takes on uh Blue Beetle, but yeah. but, but yeah, it's great to see all y'all. Nice to meet you. Yeah, but yeah, oh, why well, didn't you? But... Why didn't you ask Zack Snyder about Blue Beetle, huh? Why did you ask him? Why, why was Blue Beetle not endorsing? <laughs> well, apparently he's uh, he was endorsing. Well, not endorsing <laughs> yeah, he, it, but he was excited to see it. Uh, before I it came oh, out. that tweet! I cried when I saw that tweet. And then Angel's uh, response: I'm like, I need those two in the room. Well, what people to have to realize about Zach is like he's a family man. He's got a big family, and I've said it time and time again. He is a fan of the Shazam movies. They like, the, you know, and so Blue Beetle is like right up there because I know a lot of people when it came to the review of Blue Beetle, they were like, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds you of the first Shazam movie, which the first Shazam movie is great. The second one I, I still enjoyed, but at the same I time, still I haven't like, seen that second one yet. Yeah, it's, it it's, it's worth a watch on on mass, yeah. I would say. That's how I watched it. Yeah, but he's in Australia. So is it even? Yeah, we don't have yet? that. Oh, we have binge, <laughs> but we don't. Uh, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, I was one of those people who was gassing up this film like way before it, it yeah. came out. And I was just like, I'm going to watch this just as a film, not even as like, you know, a DC film, because like, you know, I'm not familiar with this character at all. There are no like pre baked in um, notions about what to expect from from it. So I was just like clean slate, you know, I'm ready to, you know, have this character resonate with me. And I have an open heart and open mind to what I'm about to see. So I tried to avoid like synopsis, synopsi, <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes, all that other stuff that like, it's fun to talk about and, you know, speculate on. But for this movie, I was just like hard pass. I want to go in like, you know, as as alone as possible. And I'm glad I did. Um, so although like, you know, I was kind of already setting myself up to uh, be wowed by what I saw because I was so enthusiastic, I actually did uh, see some of like, you know, the critical feedback around like some of the issues that it that it does, you know, kind of create or like that it presents in the film or maybe like some plot holes and things like that. Like I said, I love talking about like some of the negative Nothing aspects that some people that. have with that, but I also love, you know, celebrating it for what it does do, you know, successfully. And for me, I'm a big time, you know, like uh, thematic sort of like analytical sort of person where I'm just like, yeah, like folks who want to celebrate the actual execution and visual design of the film. Totally. That's incredibly valid. For me, I tend to well. kind of get into like, you know, the writing, uh, the architecture 
structure and you know some of like the intention on how the characters were you know presented on film like the editing like that's also kind of like it plays into like you know the visual design where those two worlds can you know actually have discourse you know on a little bit more overlapping so yeah i just like you know love the full scale of it but i tend to lean more towards like you know dissecting you know the character design and uh some of the intention around how they were presented no, it's great. No, that's the way it should be. I mean, like like I said, when people just go straight up to either it's the greatest thing ever or it sucks, the worst thing I've ever seen. I hate it when, when I get that hyperbole on both sides. I'm like, come on. I mean, we can discuss it. I mean, as much as I love, you know, the dark night, you could still rip some things apart. BVS is, you know, you could still, you know, I could still rip some things apart. You can do that. Uh, you know, Batman 89, we could still rip some things apart. Right, James Gunn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great segue. Right. I had, uh, I had to throw that in there. You know, eventually a, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Jimmy Gunn's, um, that was you a know, funny Jimmy Pistol. Yeah. We'll talk about like, some Axel, of that are you too. in your kitchen because you're about to eat something? No, oh, I'm shit. In my... here we go again. No, I'm More not bacon. eating anything. <laughs> More no, bacon. No, I'm not no. I'm not gonna eat anything. By the way, am I echoing? Yeah, does no, it sound it, like an echo? No. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. You're fine. Fuck you, Phil. Is my mic um, I, I've been like talking this whole time. I have no idea what my audio quality is like. No, 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 I've been muted this whole time while I'm yeah, just like yeah, spurging exactly. for two hours. I've been reading your lips this whole time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. damn good but, lip reader, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm very mm. good lip reader. So, no, hey, but, Dave, uh, what I am I saying? <laughs> I just, I just mute you. I like, to, I like to eat my bacon with a knife and fork. It's what you said. <laughs> yeah, that whole time. I love you. I'm sorry, but I like to pretend I'm a chef as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, sometimes you post some of your like uh like keto-y healthy stuff that you put out there. I'm like Oh yeah, like oh, that's that's like a big thing for me for sure. Um but uh yeah, like kind of like going back to what I wanted to ask you about Dave as far as mm -hmm. like um yeah, like what was your general take on um Blue Beetle as a film? I'm sorry if I missed um you speaking about it so much on your show though. Oh no, no. It's it's fine, but uh I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think I went in like maybe with a, I was, ho I, I wanted to enjoy it more. Like what I what, what one of the things that I really enjoyed about it is it felt like an eighties adventure movie. Like there was just the vibe, the aesthetic and the, the score. I really enjoyed. I mean, I was very, very much focusing on like, yeah, this does feel like, like when I was a kid and watching like these old eighties adventure movies, it feels like that, that had to do with a family or something like that. And and um, so I really, really enjoyed that part. And I, and I think I was like, I don't know. I think part of me was going like, ah, I just want something to just kind of, you know, because I thought Susan Sarandon was a little, eh, you know, I was like the villain, which is always what suffers when it comes to some of these CBMs. So I'm like, yeah, she just kind of phoned it in just like, you know, Helen Mirren felt like she phoned in her performance in uh, Shazam, but Lucy Liu was like going for it. Um, so I was just kind of like, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I, I have a feeling like when I watch it again, I'm like, all right, this is just a very, it's when I watch it again, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is going to be just one of those that maybe like in my initial watch, I was kind of going like, yeah, I was hoping for just a little bit, something a little bit different that I didn't quite get. I don't know. And I can't even explain exactly what that is. But I think when I watch it the second time, now that I know, I'm like, you know what? 
this uh, no there doesn't need to be anything that needs to be changed here i think they did a good job and i did you know enjoy the movie but i just felt like i i don't know there was something that was missing and i don't know quite what that was so that's what i kind of initially thought about they when were i missing came your best day it was, it was missing, missing My- Michael Keaton, I guess. Uh, that. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh, it was missing Ben Affleck. So yeah, apparently that was a scoop. Uh, no, but uh, you know, I didn't need any. I, I'm glad it didn't really expand on the universe. I'm like, well, you know, the opening, of course, had Green Lantern in it, which was like, wow, I missed that. Wait, what? Me too. Didn't I that? didn't know that until someone no, shared I didn't it. Know that. Yeah, uh, the opening. Oh yeah, you haven't even seen the movie, Drew. Yeah, because it doesn't come. It doesn't come out for me until fucking. the film reels are on a boat. They're on a boat. Yeah, they're on a boat on the right now. Yeah, yeah headed Russell towards on... Australia right now. That's come on, Taka. Yeah, <laughs> the kangaroos have already seen it at this point. Okay, so when you watch the opening credits, Droga, you're gonna see something green hit the scarab as it's flying through space. That's all. Yeah, because like I know that the Green Lanterns have a connection to the yeah. Blue Beetle scarab, like because uh, yeah, I know that. It's all from the yeah, no, and all, yeah, that was yeah. revealed, and I was like, yeah, that's cool, but I'm glad it just it wasn't trying to expand on anything it was just very much like okay this is just a small superhero movie and yeah that's what's um, so great about intergalactic I guess, like, planetary <laughs> intergalactic. I, uh, I guess like going back to what i'm very interested in hearing folks talk about again like with the themes and how the characters are presented on screen um as far as like the present presentation of of the culture of uh, yeah. Palmyra City, or I know it's a fictional city, but it's very much impacted by real world events. Like, not saying that that is necessarily like the strongest aspect of the film, nor the intention of it, but I just kind of wanted to get your feedback on it. No, I think they did a a, a good job when it comes to the family. I, I was worried that I was going to get annoyed by George Lopez when I saw the trailer. I'm like, ah, is he going to be annoying? But he actually, I, I liked. I like that. And the family aspect of it, I mean, there is, I got choked up, you know, when it came to stuff with the dad, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially since the dad looked like, kind of like my dad <laughs> and no. and my uncle. So I was like, uh, like immediately when I saw the dad, I like turned the stuff. I'm like, doesn't that? And she was like, yeah, that looks like it could be your dad or like one of your uncles. <coughs> they all have a no, you know, the real time. Yeah. So they all have a mustache, and you know. So when it came to that stuff, I was like, ah, yeah, that that hit pretty hard. And but I do like the fact that the family was in there, and then you know the Nana is a badass, you know. Yes, my Nana is a pretty badass. Not as much as you know, shooting a gun like what that Nana shot. Well, ask her what her maybe ask her. Maybe like never know. You know what? Last last Nana uh, film junkie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nana. I mean she turned she turned 90 last November and oh god know, bless. She, yeah and she we still danced and she danced with everybody and danced and I was like Jesus Christ this woman 90 years old you know she's like this big and she was still out there just dancing and doing all this stuff still still doing that so you know there was still like the well like um uh in my mind there while i was watching it i'm like there's still this sense of like optimism and joy and you know uh zest for life and uh willingness to not even willingness but like uh 
optimism to carry on even when faced with you know all of these like immense challenges and uh factors uh perceivably outside of their control at least like throughout the most of the most of the story i felt like that was really inspiring it kept me engaged and in my opinion it made the you know the blue beetle character a lot stronger because he is strongly supported by not just his um you know newfound powers and abilities like he's still very much you know learning how to wield those so a lot of his uh self-determination and ability to uh win at the end of the the movie comes from his family so it ends up being uh more of like a family driven story in my mind with you know ele- with more of like the fantasy adventure elements uh sort of like supplementing it to make it into like this you know film that has this successful story arc to introduce this character that is in pre-existing media like you know they're from a comic book but also yeah. in terms of like how they translate into a film making it making the family aspect um and the optimism and love for one another and like you know the vulnerability and the willingness to you know show um masculine characters in a you know kind of a a very like you know um humbling sort of like uh like I said, vulnerable state and just like emotionally open and unapologetic about how they express love for one another. Like that's something that was revolutionary for me to see on film because I don't often see um, uh, male characters, especially like men of color, like, you know, expressing uh, unapologetically, you know, love for one another explicitly saying like, I love you. And, you know, even like kissing each other the you know like the father kissing his son's hand like that's where i like you know lost it i was just like the level of affection like just so like you know out there and just like so proud to do that and not have any sort of like insecurity about how they're doing it or any like sort of like diminishment of their masculinity at the same time that yeah. was like such a revolutionary like concept for me to walk away from the film celebrating although like you know at the end of the day it's a comic book movie you know like uh some people might you know see it as more like a yeah it was more of like a family driven movie as opposed to like you know a superhero movie but better like, than fast am i right vin diesel Sorry. i i <laughs> yes i know like uh the whole oh. family aspect but yeah, um, in so many words, you know, I kind of walked away with it, celebrating it for those reasons. No, I mean, like one moment, uh, the moment where uh, his Nana basically just, obviously this is, I mean, we've already talked about spoilers, so don't even worry about it. But after the father dies, she just kind of goes like, hey, we, we're not going to mourn right now. We're not going to grieve right now. We got to rescue There's a time Jaime. for crying. There's a time no for time crying. for that. We not- can do, there's a time and a place. We got to do this. And I love that part. I was like, okay, yeah. See, Nana is like, no, it's like you have something that you have to do. And I like this aspect of the story is like this. The hero is incapable of like, you know, he's got captured. He's, you know, he he's going to die. And the fact that the family was like, we got to go get him. Yeah. We just lost one of our, you know, the, uh, the, a family member. And we're all sad, but it's like, fuck that. And we lost the house. And, you know, a lot of things, bad things happen. But she was like, she just like a, a fucking, you know, a Latino 
grandmother would do just like no like me it was a resilience for me i was just like this this um this family suffered generational trauma like we're visually like shown how it's impacted a lot of these characters even like you know the antagonist um uh you know seeing at the very end you know the suffering that he has gone through and like being manipulated in order to have like the a perceived second life or second chance, but it being, you know, ultimately the reason why he, you know, resents his existence to begin with. So he feels yeah. like the only escape is to just, you know, sacrifice himself uh, for the yeah. greater good. Yeah. I think I wish they would have like really hit that harder. Like it felt like that was like, we didn't know too much at the beginning. And then it towards the, like towards like the final act, they were just like, Oh yeah, by the way, this guy has a backstory. And I was like, ah, oh, I wish that was already like, in there more you know there's some hints. there's some good there's a, hints yeah but i just like, like, there's a lot of, lo- there's like there's a lot of longing looks in the film where i'm just like yeah but at the same time i was like yeah I, I don't know at the same time i was like i wish they, it's kind of the same way movie. i felt about it's kind of the same way i felt about like starro and the suicide squad where they said oh i was just a squid or something in space and i wanted to be left oh. alone that's yeah something like that comparing how dare you axel <laughs> the suicide squad wishes it was as good as um well the suicide squad wishes it was a good movie to begin with but it wishes it could oh be yeah i don't think movie. it's a good movie oh, i, I hate the suicide squad with a pack. i've only watched it once i refuse to watch it again I apologize for the Suicide Squad as well. <laughs> I, you apologize for it? I it's funny because Scott... James Gunn, James, Gunn sh- James Gunn should be apologizing for it. You know, <laughs> well, you I know, also he- apologize a lot for The Flash too. But like I said, I love the discourse and dissecting the flaws of it. But yeah. I remember seeing it in Sacramento with Phil and, um, oh, and right. Nicotina and the Ryan Flash, yeah. um, uh, Zebrafet. So I saw it with um with all y'all, and um I respect y'all's opinion immensely. Like if I if that's not clear enough already, and yeah. I love what y'all had to say about it. Like God, I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> but very... but they didn't they didn't make me feel bad about you know um having a great experience right. with it, and I totally appreciate it what they had to say about um you know some of the criticisms that they had for it. I'm just like yeah, I did I didn't think of it that way, but that's I totally see it now that you pointed it out. So. That's what I love is that like when people can point out, you know, some of their criticisms with actual like, you know, evidence and, you know, sub uh, supplement their opinions with that type of cognitive co- cognitive, you know, uh, references to the to the material as well as like they're not their, you know, knowledge of like the actual source material as well. I have a, a huge amount of respect for that. Well, my larger issue with the Suicide Squad is that first one with the political themes that he does uh, and also but just because i mean i look at when it comes to suicide Squad, i don't look at it as something you make into a comedy story this is, you know suicide Squad is very much a commentary on corrupted government officials you know you d- deciding we make the law on that we're gonna use these um prisoners for our own good deeds and it's like that you know like amanda Waller is like that's why i think you know we love you know you have a love-hate relationship with amanda because like yeah, she's trying to save the world, but she's using prisoners as like her own soldiers. You know, what right. gives what gives the government the right to do that? And then also, of course, the massive brown genocide in the film where, you know, Peacemaker and Bloodsport and all those people like they start, you know, they think they're shooting um, you know, enemies, and then we find out, oh, these these were freedom fighters, and they're just basically LOL, whoops. And I'm just like, oh, that's you know, that's Yeah, they that's don't wonderful. do anything. They don't really like address that later on. 
Yeah, so because again, because yeah, because I because James Gunn treated Suicide Squad as a comedy, and I don't. That's not what it's it is at all. Like the, you know, so that's why like I I connected more with David Ayer's Suicide Squad because I'm like, yeah, this is this is a better commentary on the fact that this is kind of fucked up that Amanda Waller well, and the government can do this. But but again, it was just like uh, it's funny because it's when it comes to the reactions to. Both Suicide Squads, because they're both, you know, tonally different, of course. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's some people, mm-hmm. you know, Scott, of course, is one of them who's a big Suicide Squad fan. He actually liked, he really liked the Suicide Squad. And I could see why people did. And um, I just, you know, hopefully we can get that fucking air cut out because I want to see what mm-hmm. David Ayer was trying to do. And just to have the, the, the tonal differences, which is great because you can really do that with a um an ip like suicide squad because you can have a darker you can have a dark drama with those characters and um as much as we didn't see like fully what he wanted to do i mean i i still say that that fucking bar scene before they fucking go and you know take on incubus and uh and uh uh, um enchantress enchantress i was like what's her name but uh, I think that's like the best scene in the fucking movie. And you better believe that that's, that wasn't a reshoot. Oh, yeah. There was nothing, anything. That was the best scene. And I was like, damn, that's that's it right there. That's what he was going for right there, that camaraderie right there. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, and I thought the Suicide Squad was eh. I've watched it a couple of times. And I'm like, yeah, it's enjoyable. It's fine. And I get it. But, you know, I do want to see fully what uh, David Ayer um wanted to put out there and uh yeah and hopefully maybe we will i still have not heard listened to the entire um john bernthal podcast it's like a two-hour podcast and i'm like i was trying to catch up on other podcasts that i was stuff and i'm like damn it i still gotta listen to it i mean obviously we got the He's not going to talk about. Oh yeah, it wasn't just one hundred percent Suicide Squad. It was. It was. A, it was life. everything. Yeah, it was about his life and stuff like. Yeah. I mean, the dudes lived a fucking life. Like yeah. when people gave him shit for the collector and making Shia, Shia LaBeouf, like you know, obviously he's a white dude, but he's talking like you know, what's up, Holmes? What's doing? Then? You know, it's like that's what David Ayer lived in. David Ayer is a white boy that lived in a Chicano culture. It happens. Yeah. I was like so pissed off because I've seen that shit. I've I've talked to people like that. I've had friends like that where it's like, yeah, just because they don't have the ethnicity, just the fact that they grew up in that culture. Yeah. You just adapt to it. And sometimes people end up talking like that or, you know, being a part of that. It, it stop focusing on just the skin color, you know, just if they focus on where they grew up and the fact that they grew up in that culture and David Ayer grew up in that fucking culture. So it's like, get off his back. But, uh, speaking Fun. of, uh, there he is. Jesus Speak God. of the devil and he shall appear. Just saying. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no camera again, Scott. We don't see your pretty face. <laughs> yeah, all, all you'd see is me with like with cookie icing and a Corona. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's, it's been a long ass day, guys. It's been yeah, a long I know. Ass it's day. Wait, wait, are you what? No, he's not at work. He got no. no, 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 no oh. Is he sick? Oh no no no! Oh. No, I I've been at work since one, so th- I just got off work. Okay, 
setting up setting up everything but it's okay because even like you know i mean you know we'll have somebody else that doesn't have a a a camera on as well that is the sexiest thing i have ever seen hey hey Hey, i haven't i've been so how you guys doing happy belated birthday oh yeah happy birthday yay happy belated Happy yeah, birthday. it was Thank last you. week. That's why, like, it was funny because I, I hit him up, and I was like, and then he was like, uh, "I'm drunk. I'm gonna go to sleep or something like that." I don't know. You said something, and then I—that's never I realized, stopped the vodka stream before. Come on, exactly. I'm like, you should be drunk on this thing, Casey. But then it was like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. But uh, happy belated birthday, Casey. Thank and you so much. Ray. Yeah, it was it was not like I was in the middle of drinking. It was I drank the entire night and it was morning when the vodka stream is going on. Yeah. So that's the time when I have to crash. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can imagine that you were like probably just like uh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's time. Hopefully you slept well and didn't wake up with a hangover so much. Well, yeah, I usually don't get hangovers much. I don't know why. Yeah. That's good. Lucky. Mm-hmm. sometimes i've had some wicked ones but thank you How guys it going for, it's going pretty good you know um ray is here we've been having a great conversation about all kinds of things and um and and then i love everyone every, every time she talks because oh, so intellectual yeah no no she yeah yeah no i'm like sitting here just going like why am i hosting this you know? <laughs> hey it's better, go, it's better than the first time ray and i actually met because all, all the first words out of my mouth was, "I heard a girl." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was at the house. Yeah. It was yeah. at the house. Uh, the house. And I woke up from my nap, and I came yeah. downstairs. I was like, "I hear a girl." <laughs> I'm like, no, I felt I'm so scared. bad. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you seemed like you were like you know resting from your like your exhausting trip, and I knew like little bits about like you know your your odyssey from um uh what was it like georgia are you from georgia over to I'm from like, alabama LA? but sorry I, but, but no but i got stuck in georgia yes that was where i got stuck so yeah no it didn't sound like you had a good time and plus you had a huge layover like yeah you slept in the uh the atlanta airport right oh i didn't i didn't sleep i was awake all yeah. night yeah you tried to sleep i should say no, I didn't. That was the problem. Oh. I, <laughs> that's I right. tried to sleep with a plane. Yeah. Well, that, well, that, well, that's impo- well, that's usually impossible, even for me. Like, but like, are, like, are you allowed to sleep at airports? Though? Like, oh, yeah. I've, oh, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard so many life. different stories about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were people. There were people say I just didn't trust. You know, sleeping in the airport. The one time I slept in the airport was in Manchester, England, because. <laughs> I just, you know, I had I had no money left to stay someplace and somebody dropped me off at the airport and I was flying back home after a month in England. And you better believe I snoozed in Manchester, but, you know, Atlanta. No, I was I was like it was a good thing, too, because that was the thing with like two hours before my flight took off. They switched gates on me and I literally had to go to the other side of the airport. So, yeah, that was quite an adventure. But, yeah, you you like when we got you back home. Or got you to the house, you know, our adventure to, you know, through LAX, which is always a pain in the ass. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Phil was there. So it was uh, Fear Jason. And, and then we went to, um, where'd we go? Duncan. Duncan. That's right. We had to get some food food into uh, ourselves. But Scott was like running on like what? You're running on like almonds and (laughs) it was yogurt. 
Yogurt, yeah. that's right. Yogurt and water. You had a parfait yeah. or something. Yes, a parfait. Yeah. <laughs> Only thing I could find at the Atlanta airport. And yeah. then and then you know, and then I wake up to to Rhea and I'm just like, Hi, I've never met you before. <laughs> and I'm exhausted. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> and I'm like laying on the couch, like just like what like I, I get like a two hour nap and I'm just laying on the couch. And I'm just like yeah, this is not the way to meet somebody, but it's the way I'm gonna have to do <laughs> it. I'm just picturing Scott is like passed out, like that scene in uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle where Raphael is in the bathtub. Just that would be pretty gosh darn accurate. I'm not yeah. gonna, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Which, Close. by the way, Rhea, I wanted to take this opportunity to say I loved your video breakdown of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games. That was a fabulous video. I agreed 100%. It was such a great video. No, thank you. Um, I was shocked that I was able to get it out right when uh, the general release of the film what uh, came out as well. I, w- n- I was not anticipating that, but the feedback has been amazing. The one thing that uh, really like, you know, real retro fans who have just been, who remember these games coming out, the general feedback from them was like, yeah, this is a great video, but you used um, Super Nintendo footage where it should have been the Genesis version. And I, oh, I apologize. I apologize profusely for that. I'm just like, please forgive me. Like, you know, I that was an egregious error on my part. And um, I, I genuinely felt bad about it. Not that like enough to go and edit it and re-upload it. But <laughs> I did acknowledge that, you know, I'll take the L on that one. <laughs> but I, uh, but I, I will say I applaud you for acknowledging that the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time is actually superior to the arcade version. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, totally. I um, I loved being able to research those uh, types of games and being able to make this long, uh, a little bit more structured content around a topic uh, because I then have to like challenge myself to not only the research, but also uh, condense it into a script and then also challenge myself to look at the camera long enough to... Um, communicate the script in a way that uh isn't obvious that i'm reading it so yes there's a lot of different cascading things that i'm trying to do all at once that is completely different from uh when i was streaming because yeah like uh it was a lot less you know structured for sure but yeah like i i'm enjoying it a ton thank you well, well thank well my kids my, my boys because you know i took them to go see mutant mayhem and they one of them of course was they were recognizing the games because I got them the Cowabunga collection. Mm-hmm. So all the games you were talking about, they were like, oh, we've played that one. <laughs> it was it was really it was really fun. Did you see yeah. me? Him, Rhea? I did. Yeah, I love the movie. I uh, sang its praises around how it took risks around how it presented the characters. And honestly, like if we look back on the history of Turtles, I, in my mind, I'm like, didn't we already see them, you know, um, reboot the series like a few times, like in the last few years, like, you know, there's maybe like a cycle of like how often Paramount slash Nickelodeon um, does this in order to, I guess, retain rights to the IP, similar to how oh, yeah. Sony kind of has to continue to make content out of uh, Spider-Man because yep. they need to retain uh, ownership of it or licensing for it, whatever, whichever that. it is. Yeah. So yeah, like, I think the same thing is happening with Turtles where they're like, we need an excuse to, you know, reboot it. Like, so we're going to launch it with a movie, even though we know we're going to probably lose money off of it because we're going to recoup it with toys. And this movie is going to regenerate, you know, interest in the toys. But it because like Turtles not only has like, you know, intergenerational appeal, 
it also has like you know year-round appeal as well you don't have to just buy the toys around the holiday times there are people who buy them you know at all seasons so not just collectors as well like you know actual like you know like yeah like children teens like you know the t-shirts you know the um uh like the hats uh the socks um all this like hot topic and spencer's you know gear and um fye and all these other you know geek merch stores like that is a brand that people will continue to buy merchandise for i always tell people to watch the uh on netflix the toys that made us and the turtles episode how how in i mean that's what set off the whole franchise is like i mean it just launched that franchise into like a whole other, you know, realm of course. And just, I remember getting those toys, watching the cartoons, collecting the comic books. And then of course, when the movie came out, it was like, Oh, you know, it was, it was insane. I, and I don't care what anybody says. Secret of the Ooze is, you know, it's a great follow-up. I know it's totally different, but Hey, I, I I'm the one who has the hot take that. that I think that the third one's actually better than Secret of the Ooze. I the just, only uh, thing I like, the only thing I like about Secret of the Ooze is go ninja, go ninja, go. That's no the only thing I did like. You, Super Shredder is awesome. The, the Super yeah. Shredder is awesome. <laughs> That's why I'm glad that he got incorporated into the Super. And that Nintendo toy was dangerous. Turtles. If you had that toy, that toy, oh, you yes. throw it at somebody yeah. and probably like kill them. Yep. <laughs> hey, Raya, did you see the video I posted of my seven-year-old? completely memorizing the trailer narration to super to the third ninja turtles movie <laughs> see this is the content that i miss out on like because the algorithm favors you yeah, know tour. like so many other things than like the people who i actually follow so i apologize i did miss that one. Oh, you need to you need to watch it i mean i think some of these these guys saw it and it's like he was just started doing it in the back seat of the car one morning on the way to school and I was like, you are fucking kidding me. And <laughs> like, then I just, Michael. and then as we're sitting in the carpool line, I just, I just said, buddy, can I record you doing that? And it took him, it took him a little bit, but then he decided, to, and then he just launched into it. But the funny thing, this is what you need to look for. He, he's looking at the camera. He does the entire thing. And as soon as he gets done with the narration, he slowly hides behind one of the seats in the car. to basically be like, I'm done. <laughs> that's his ticket to internet stardom <laughs> oh no De- Declan I mean Declan Declan's the only one he, when we when we saw Super Pet he actually did a review on DC Squadcast I, that. <laughs> I recorded oh, I him too. doing his own little movie review because my oldest my oldest is so like scared of like screwing up or this or that while you know Declan's the one that's just like sure I'll do it <laughs> and it's so much fun to be able to like involve him, especially since Callum has basically grown up on the vodka stream. Yeah. It's nice to get the other boys involved when I can. I know Callum. Yeah, he's uh, he he had the infamous uh, spilling of the beer. Right. He wasn't drinking the beer, by the way. Disclaimer: He wasn't <laughs> oh, drinking the beer. I don't think. But uh, no, 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 he wasn't. But he did decide to kill <laughs> a laptop. <laughs> so that yeah. was nice. Yeah. No, but yeah, that was funny. I mean, it was it was hilarious when it was just like he was because you know, every now and again, Callum, yeah, would have to, you know, Scott would have to like he woke up and he was fussy. So we'd have him on his lap right there. And then just one time, you know, Scott had his beer. You had it on the laptop. No, it was it was on the it was on the it was on this table. Yeah. In and then front of just, the laptop. Yeah. And then he just knocked it right. And you could just see Scott's face go. Uh, <laughs> he just saw yep. 
you saw it happen and it was but yeah you got a new laptop out of it i did get a new laptop out of it so you know yeah all good it's all good there's nothing wrong with that but uh um what do uh okay so let's talk about some of the things that uh you know happened this week i mean let's i mean it's nothing it, happened this week everything was fine everything was fine <laughs> everything oh, was fine everything's fine uh we got Whoa. a drawing of uh wait can we full screen that? this is uh diana and hippolyta reuniting on themiscara cool. wait dave can you full screen like because my eyes are getting old and i Oh, okay, because far away, it almost looked like she was hugging a butt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't mean that to be rude. I'm Axel, just that saying, was, like, Axel, from, that is, Axel, that is beautiful. Away, Axel, that is beautiful. Yeah, it's great up close. I'm just Thank saying, you. like, from far away, I... it looked like she was hugging a butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phil's like, wait, uh, wait, wait, do you take on your screen, Phil? Do you take requests, Google. Axel? Just Google. Uh, no, I do not take requests. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> No, that's cool. No, uh, that yeah. reminds that reminds me of that episode of season two of I, the summer I turned pretty, where they literally have a sign at the DJ station says "fuck your requests." <laughs> I was going to ask him to draw Tom Welling and Superman and Grand Gustin's Flash together. That's all I was going to ask. There you oh, go. that would have been well, nice. I could. Well, I'm thinking of doing like Michael Keaton's Batman with John Wesley Ship's Flash because. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I would love that too. I really yeah, want Tom and Grant that. together because yeah. you know. Yeah, sure. I could think of something like that. Yeah, uh, I get to it. So, what did you think? What did, what did you think I was going to request? Like you know, like I don't oh, know. Draw every animated DC universe that the Crisis movie is going to use. As yes, do it. Do it all. Okay. Anyway. I remember talking with Axel about like potentially commissioning him for for work and he was just oh like, yeah i think oh, i yeah. remember you asking me yeah yeah, yeah. and was i was just like yeah like how much should i pay you for um a commission like maybe as like hawk girl like yeah that would be so like rad and he was oh, just like yeah no girl. i'll do it and i was just like yeah but like how much uh are you asking for it because it's oh um... like, i don't i don't ask for like you don't have to pay me no no see this is where like i was just talking to dave about it i'm like no like put a price on your labor bro but like yeah. i understand maybe Nothing like um it. you're not Nothing in that mindset but i want you to be in that mindset <laughs> where you put value <laughs> oh, on your I, work <laughs> I, I know it's so easy if i were to draw you as hawk uh, girl what's that I was gonna say you, I know you may think that now as as being so young, but like, trust me, in ten years from now, you're gonna be like, I need, I should be charging for everything I do. Like you know, like you deserve to be paid. So yeah, and people, yeah. people who do this are willing to pay. Like like uh, the animations for like like DC Fanimated that uh, I got Alessandro Mask of Shy. I paid him to to do those, you know, because he oh, I like his work. So you know, I was like, you know what? I was like, how much you want? And he has a price tag and it's you know reasonable and i'm like all right cool let's see what you got did, and he's created some cool animations for that did he yes. do the new um uh illustrations of you and scott for your uh superman streams on oh yeah yeah he did even i, I recognize uh, even them yeah as his style yeah oh yeah no no he does, and, uh, he does Raya, if um right if i were to draw you as hawk girl would you want the helmet on or <laughs> I want to look dead ass like Hawkman, like, but like with you know, um, you know, some chest plate action and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you, I think okay. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can. Yes. Um, uh, I I love like these super dynamic uh, poses for my illustrations that I commission because I I'm a big stickler on um, having 
a, a very identifiable silhouette. Like if I were just to see like, you know, the shape of this character blacked out, I want to be able to tell what they're doing. And I'm a big like time, like, you know, celebrator of like being able to have that talent of like communicating character design through just, you know, simple shapes that are like condensed into, you know, just like, you know, squares, if not like cylinders, circles, things like that. Um, I studied that a lot in college as an animation major, just being able to uh, simplify your character design as much as possible while still communicating their personality and sense of motion and uh, on screen and things like that. So yeah, uh, for what it's worth, Axel, I do see that a lot in your work. And yeah, yeah that, I that's remember why... you had this, um, yeah. this older uh, profile picture. It was like a, it had like a blue, uh, blue background and sort of something like that and it had like more blonder hair yeah like i think that was originally the uh first commission i got from mask of shy and uh, mm, I, he yeah. he totally killed it there and um yeah like he has a like really good talent as far as like being able to reference live action poses while still communicating yeah, it in his in his you know iconic style and he said he He's able to simplify the the character to the point where it's still identifiable as like either you, my original character, if not like you know, some other identifiable traits to how he designs his characters. Like he has a way to design um, his eyes like on characters. They're very much like I can tell like it's his work based off of you know how his his line work, his colors, and um, his facial designs are across his characters. And they're very uh, feel... water, and they kind of look like water paint or something sometimes. Yes, yeah, he's very good at, like, you know, the nuances in uh, his shading as well, even if it's, like, digitally presented. So I was just like, yes, I love when animators, illustrators, um, designers, they have, like, that signature that, you know, transcends across all of their work. And I'm just like, yes, love to see it. Because I've been rewatching, oh, not rewatching, but I I watched this show on Netflix called Blood of Zeus, and like my art style lately has, well, most for these past like three years or something, has been like the new Fifty Two animated movies, and like after watching this series Blood of Zeus, it's like on Netflix. It's, I think it's an anime sort of. I don't know, no, but it like is. you're right, it is okay. I've yeah, it. it's, yeah, it's great. I like it. It's a great, it's amazing. I and I fell in love with that art style immediately because, like, I've been just trying to draw, like, I don't know, there's just something about it just looks more alive than than this later season of Young Justice. Like, I love, I love it, but like the animation kind of looked a bit stiff, and mm. if you know what I mean, like, a it little, just a looked little a bit. bit, yeah, like. You know, it it, no, it, like it, they lost a bit of budget. No, they definitely yeah. lost a budget, and because it, it was the difference, though, is when you watch. Okay, spoiler alert for the season four finale of Young Justice, but when you watch the fight in, like, basically, um, Times Square of Metropolis, mm -hmm. when the team is fighting Zod and the Kryptonians. This is this is what Dave gets from me whenever I talk on Fanimate. It's like I can suddenly tell, oh, that's where the budget went. Because <laughs> yeah. suddenly yep. you see the fluidity of motion, you see the cell shading, and suddenly it's like, oh, this feels like season one. Like yeah. the the action has that has that that motion and movement that I was used to seeing in season one. And but you're right, but then the rest of it is very sort of like 
flat and stiff and good up and down. And like you can notice like in the ending of that episode, like where they're at the wedding and stuff, some of their eyes don't like just I don't know, what like look move? a bit really flat. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's that just... wedding felt so rushed, just like like uh, animation and so I was kinda like I'm not feeling much here. Um uh, by the way, Blood of Zeus, Phil, was that a show you were asking me earlier this week if I had watched it? Uh, Ragnarok is a different show. Ragnarok, okay, never mind. Um, oh, Dave, speaking of oh. stuff, you know what I've been sp- uh, busy watching the huh. last couple of days? Cobra Kai. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Liking it? I started season one on Monday. I finished season three tonight. That's good. Yeah. Good stuff, huh? Yeah. yeah no, yeah, like me, talk I, about me a series doing... that should not work that really worked. Right. Uh, yeah, me yeah. and Jordan, we um, Jordan, aka Chainsaw, react. We were, because uh, um, I was asking him, like, what if we reacted? Like, I know you've already reacted to these episodes already, but like, what if you, you know, you watch me react to like some of the bigger episodes? I'm like, what's some of the bigger episodes? He's like, well, the season three finale is pretty big. So, and uh, damn, he was not kidding. Um, it's like every season finale. I'm like, okay, so how or what are they gonna do next time? I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I no mercy like, was the hardest for me. No mercy yeah. was. I was no so. I thought. I thought they yeah. blew. I thought they blew their entire load when it came to like the first season. I'm like, what else could you do with this? And here we are, going into what five, six, 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 six. The sixth like, final season. Yeah, and I'm like um, thinking. I mean, I remember seeing that first trailer when it was on YouTube Red. It was supposed to be premiering on YouTube Red, and I'm going, this is what are they doing? They really did this. And I was like, I, I thought like, I'm going to watch this, but I'm like, they really, this is going to be cheesy as all hell. And then, I, you know, it is, like it everybody is, else it I fell in love with it. It's um, so much gold. Uh, so I, Miguel, Miguel is like, I like, I like, I listen, I already love him as blue beetle, but like, I, but listen, Miguel is like, I'm like, I need to protect him at all costs. Um, <laughs> I now understand Barney syndrome, how much mother uh, for his love when it comes to Johnny. Cause I'm like, I was not really connecting with Daniel uh, that much in the first season. That's I was what like, going for. I'm more, I'm team Johnny all the way. Uh, if, if, William was just, if William was just 20 years younger, he, <laughs> he should be boosted gold in James Gunn's DC universe. Like I, oh, yeah. um, Hey Tori, hey Robbie. Uh, I'm just like these two. These these two nuts are driving me absolutely insane. Like there's times when in the reaction video that I, I don't know when Jordan's gonna release it, but like I literally go like, "Fuck you, Tori! Shut up, Tori! Stop the <laughs> Robbie! Stay, go away!" Um. So, uh, but I also love the callbacks. You know, they had so many good cameos from the movies. Um, but yeah, but I, again, I'm still like kind of you know because it, it's only been. <laughs> Again, I didn't know how I forgot how short those episodes are. So that's why I'm like, I'm already done with season one. What the fuck? But like the season two finale, it's like it's still fresh in my mind, you know. Because when Miguel falls, I'm like, oh, they did oh. not. And that's why I'm like, Robbie, you better run. And I don't want to see like when he went when he gets into juvie. I was like, good, stay there. Um, so um, I, I I I do love yeah. the show. I did not think they were going to go that like that route. I was like, man, when he fell off that, you know, the second story, I was like, what? They're that's attempted like, murder. Like, oh I'm like, that's Jesus. They went dark. They like went for it here. I was like, damn. But the final story, oh, so that's all those fights. They they don't keep they don't cut them like like they, it's like one shot almost all the time like we go through the school oh, they, and they then do a good job. Yeah. and then in tonight's episode I watched with Jordan like you know he's like they're like they're fighting in the house. Because again, he was like, "There's something oh, in the yeah. finale, Andy. Yeah. You're gonna lose your shit over." And it's the fin- it's the fight in the house. I'm like, 
oh, how are you going to explain this to insurance? Like, so there were <laughs> these kids uh, who came in here and, and, and they all know how to do karate. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, well, where, do you, right. where were the adults? Well, like, well, we were at a party getting drunk. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah so i'm i'm gonna start season four tomorrow uh, but also texting jordan intensely Ooh, like, where, where harry silver comes back hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no no, no, no no he was calling him in the finale so yeah, yeah. I, uh, he already saw um that. but uh yeah i had to text with jordan tomorrow and be like so where do i stop before we react to the next episode um because like again like i burned through these episodes because again like on wednesday i was he i was like so where are you now i'm like i'm about to start season three <laughs> No, that's good. I'm glad you're uh, enjoying it and everything. Um, I mean, like I said, it was one of those things that I, nobody, nobody was like. Everybody was just like, "This isn't gonna work," and it and it's freaking working. And they just, and I guess this is gonna be the last season, which I'm like, good. Don't don't overstay your welcome, you know, because there's only so much you could do. But well, Zola's yeah. gonna soon be busy with uh, DC, so you know, it's Ooh, uh... we'll see, but. I don't, know, again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the. I don't know if Blue Beetle two will happen, but like he's no. obviously going to appear in other DC projects. That so. uh, they should. They should. I mean, that, I think that's what James Gunn was trying to articulate when it was like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of confusing. It's like, uh, yeah, he's the first DCU character, but it's not the first DCU movie, which was like, well, that doesn't yeah, make sense. <laughs> I, think this is how, I think this is how he should have phrased that. Yeah, he didn't he phrase it. He should, have, he should have phrased uh, Blue Beetle. Phrasing. Uh, but, but, then again, but then again, he didn't like Batman 89 and Batman Begins, right? <laughs> I was, I was going to have phrased Blue Beetle. See, I, didn't, I didn't know where the context of that came from because okay. then um, I think uh, Daniel Martin, who's in the chat right now, what's up, Daniel? Um, he mentioned something that I had no clue about either. Um, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there was a reference to what is going to happen if, like, someone dug up, you know, Zack Snyder's old tweets about, you know, bashing a lot of, like, you know, the old Batman content. Well, I'm he just like, hey, that's that, a, though. like, I see, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm just sort of going off of, like, people who've been plugged in a lot longer than me. But, like, I'm not someone who, like, digs up old content or things like that. But I was just like, yeah, no, that's a really interesting. I wonder what, uh, you know, caused that, you know, conversation to happen or that sentiment to be shared. But, yeah. I no, I mean, I, this This is what it is. This is what it is right here is, you know, back in the, the 2000s, when it comes to James Gunn, he was a bit of a firecracker. He definitely was. I remember watching his, remember when Periscope was a thing? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I, remember that. I love yeah. Periscope. Is, I remember that, a, watching, is that a platform? It was, yeah, it was kind of like a live streaming platform that that twitter utilized mainly it was like i i think it was more built in with it was like a twitter thing um but it was its very own app and it was very much just like a thing that you just mainly do live streams on and i remember james gunn used to go on live streams this is when he would like he was like medicated like pills and shit like that and he was <laughs> you like should be medicated yeah and he, he would like high, yeah. he was high basically he was basically high and he would go on these periscopes and just talk and i remember just thinking like somebody take his phone from him it's like he's just i don't know it, it you know and i'm just kind of going like so when i when stuff like this happened and i, I was even questioning 
um whether they were real or not it just didn't seem like it i was like are they real is this that's like that's not a cut it doesn't exist yeah yeah i was like yeah exactly it was like it was like does this actually are we talking about the facebook posts that were servicing yeah because i remember from 11 years ago from 11 years ago and yeah he just kind of like went off on all that and i'm like all right james gunn back in what this is 11 years ago i'm like yeah i could see him being like this because obviously we've seen that he's that he's he was a firecracker big time and a lot of people of course will just be like this is who he is now and i'm like i don't think that's who he is now like yeah does no, does he have an ego sure who doesn't in hollywood essentially um i mean obviously there's going to be always like those nice nicer type people and those people that keep uh, when you see them, you kind of go like, oh, yeah, when you when you see Christopher Nolan in an interview, you go like, this guy's just chill and laid back. You you talk to Zack Snyder, nicest guy in the world. You have like those guys. But you also got your Tarantinos where it's like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> like, did he just say that? You know, it's like there's stuff you like James that. Cameron. <laughs> James Cameron says some shit, too. James like, Cameron has no filter. And I love he has no too. filter. And 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 Gunn didn't, and probably you know he's like trying to be like this hot shot you know director guy. Oh, we lost Casey. Okay. Um, I but, kind of um, I I tend to look for like you know the grander you know yeah um, context of like the in which that statement was said. Like I'm I'm sure like a lot of us have seen where there are um, there. Are are clips of you know the full circle event and some of it may or may not have been contextualized into the the panel discussion and how it was you know referenced yeah. and right you mean uh, the internet took things out of context to do whatever they i know maybe that, that just I'm reflects shocked. how ignorant i am to how the internet works Girl, that's but, crazy. <laughs> how could you think that but i remember you're right because um the mic drop moment like i literally someone had uploaded as like a quick short and like without any you know leading up to it it's just a mic drop i'm like yeah of course it's gonna be taken out of context you know this yeah. could be you know used for anything uh but i mean i remember i used when i because that facebook page i remember i followed it was like since like when he got first hired for guardian and i remember like because his public facebook page that you know you can add him as a friend you can also follow it and then eventually he made it into like a separate page where like you can only follow me i don't want all these friend requests but like yeah he would always be yeah, i mean he was always I mean, he's always been a pr- pretty brutally honest guy. I think, like, yeah. now, obviously, he, like, you know, <laughs> I still don't get how he got away with, like, cussing and, you know, the way he did during the the the, the press the, pri- the press event where they announced Chapter 1. He was like, like, there was no fucking direction of Warner Brothers. I'm like, which is true, which is true. <laughs> but it's like, obviously, you know, like, I think that he's, he continues being brutally honest. Like, even if you look at them, because the things that he say on, that he said on, that the, these posts are coming up. It's not that different from what he said on inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Um, just, you know, it, you know, it was just a little shorter, but it's pretty much the same thing. So he, he, at least he stand, at least he sticks to his stance, which I, you know, it's, you, well, that's it's why rare. I even said, like, when I talked about it, I was like, I wonder what, how he feels about that now. Is has there been a change? Does he still feel that way? I mean, that's, what's going to be interesting to, because obviously, you know, when he could start really talking about things again, he's going to have to answer about like, oh, did you really hate Batman 89 like this? Did you really think that, <laughs> you know, you didn't like uh, Nicholson's Joker and stuff like that? And I hope he sticks to it. Don't 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 fall back. And, you know, if he still sticks to it, I'll be like, you know what? I respect. If you still shit on it. Fine. That's perfectly fine, because I've I've talked to people in real life and even online that do not like Batman 89. 
and don't like Keaton's Batman. I've talked to these people. I mean, they're out there. I mean, uh, I, I I don't share that. I think, you know, Batman 89 is iconic. It's great. But I could sit there and rip it apart, just like I could rip yeah. anything apart. Sure. And there's things where, like, even what Gunn was saying when it came to certain things, I was like, yeah, and there's things, okay, yeah, I could see your point, but I still don't Like, don't um, agree. when I first saw that, like, trending, like, when I first saw a post like that, you know, I was thinking, I don't think <laughs> I don't think this is going to go viral or anything. Like, I, I don't think people are going <laughs> to yeah, notice. Right. And then, and then, yeah, it, it did. When it comes to Gunn, it, it goes viral, let's just say. <laughs> I mean, for me, I tend to uh, respect folks that are, you know, unapologetic around how they feel and they don't, whether or not they feel like they have to, you know, explain their their feelings, you know, that's that's on them, you know, they can pick and choose what they respond to. And, you know, some part of that is like, yeah, like, um, I respect what you have to say as far as like your feelings, like, you know, they exist as much as mine do. And I, because it's subjective, like, I don't know if it always needs to provoke a conversation around it, because my connection to the same topic that that person may have, it's not going to move the needle as far as like my, you know, perception of it or my connection to it. I'd love to, you know, hear more about what that person has to say. But I think in terms of like, Let's, since we're talking about Gunn, for example, I feel like a lot of his uh, uh, presentation of his his work and his opinions and, you know, what he has to say, you know, I tend to see it as like, yeah, this is, a, you know, how he's keeping himself in the conversation and he's picking and choosing what he is, you know, he is saying. I feel like there is intention there. It's not just, you know, uh, you know, shock value for the sake of that. There is, you know, some strategy around it, in my opinion. So, for me, I can respect that, you know, he kind of like throws a grenade into like, you know, uh, the bomb shelter and walks away uh, low key or <laughs> low key, high key. But it's, at the he same did. time, like, you know, he um, they're like the intention of it, whether or not, you know, I'm being cynical saying like, oh, it's all marketing. Like, you know, he is, you know, not apologizing for it. And I tend to have a, a lot more respect for people who don't apologize for how they feel, nor feel the need that they have to um, respond to every sort of, you know, argument against how they feel. So, and yeah, I, I just, and I really hope that if he gets asked about it, that he sticks to it and be like, yeah, I wasn't a fan, you know, big deal. Like that wasn't a fan. And like, that's why, like when I talked about, it, I'm like, this is someone's opinion that was 11 years ago. Who knows if it's the same. And I'm like, I mean, who cares? Okay. So we thought about that. I mean, to be honest, like the, the thing that I thought, that I, I could be like, yeah, I could see his point right there was the fact that he, when he talked about how uh, the Joker killed Batman's parents, I could see for being the first cinematic Batman, I'm sure Batman fans back then were like, what the fuck? Did they really just make the Joker kill his parents? It's not Joe Chill. What the fuck? Like they were all you know, probably got like freaked out about it. And he obviously did. And I can understand like, you know, people who are diehard Batman fans probably were like, how dare he do that? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, let's, I guess like when it comes I thought to it was clever, as a, it was even a kid, different, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. It's an Elseworld. It's an Elseworld. That's the thing. Like these movies are not beholden. These movies are not beholden to follow like, a specific continuity. That's why, like again, like you can look at like some of this, you know, Zach's work. You know, again, they're they're you know, in this in that universe, for example. 
Lex Luthor is the one who creates Doomsday, you know, whereas in other iterations, he's created by Cronin. Yeah, Grayson got killed by the Joker, not Jason Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's like one of my few uh, issues. Jason Todd is again, the Joker. Like, <laughs> remember, remember that. Remember theory, those? I yeah, I remember that. that was, as long as like, at one yeah. point, I was on board with that theory. But oh, I, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I hated it. I hated it. I don't like that theory. What were we gonna say, Rhea? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I again loving like the actual discourse around the content and the films and shows and things like that. That's what I'm here for. I tend to kind of, you know, recoil a bit when it comes to folks disparaging the opinions of others. Like that's where I'm just like, I unplug and um, I, I have to step away because it's not, in my opinion, a productive conversation to focus on uh, the trying to invalidate someone else's opinion when we have our own subjective opinions as well, whether or not we agree with them or not, like it's deterring the preferred path, at least like my preferred path of being able to, you know, steer it more towards like our own, you know, discussion around dissecting the, this, you know, this content. So I feel like more, there's more value in those discussions than it is around talking about, you know, the fandom surrounding it. Well, somebody, well, Rhea, I think it also comes down to the fact that, you know, uh, it's similar to your to your modus operandi is my idea that I don't like talking about things that I don't like. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't understand the obsession, the, over the obsession over the, the idea of hate watching or or I'm yeah. going to rant on and on. I'm, I'm I mean, the shortest episode of DC Squadcast that Tim and I ever did was a movie review where we both hated the movie. It was like 23 minutes long. We've never done oh, an man. episode that short, but we said what we had to say and we moved on. Like it was literally like, and that movie was Jonah Hex. So. No, it was not Jonah Hex. <laughs> we haven't reviewed that one yet. That will come later with Squawkers. Oh, that'll be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one over at patreon.com slash Squawkers Media. But uh, <laughs> thank you. But no, it was it was The Kitchen. Welcome. I remember we, we mm. both hated that That's movie. right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And and the and the review yeah. only lasts for about 23 minutes because we, we weren't going to belabor the point of we didn't like it. How many different ways can we say we didn't like it, so we I just liked it. I hated it. I despised it. I well, reluctantly... it's, it's a little challenging because, like, in this space, like we're um, we're very much interested in talking around the greater, you know, scope in which this um, uh, this content is produced. Like, you know, the film industry and some of like you know the nuance of like the uh the recurring personalities or identities of folks that are influencing the decisions being made around how this content is produced and that's a very fascinating topic to talk about as well and yeah like you know it can be contentious and there can be reoccurring feelings of frustration that are again very valid too and those can be very engaging conversations as well since you know there's not that much you know dc content to really dissect other than you know things that already exist for years and years and years so it kind of pivots back into you know um some you know current events that i actually really find fascinating and i learn a lot from these streams because of it so it's kind of like yeah like you know i i don't believe in like forcing oneself to find the silver lining necessarily in anything like the frustration and you know sadness and 
um, and criticism are all are also valid to give yourself space to experience. Like you don't always have to have optimism if uh, yeah. you're presented with um, information that is, you know, telling you otherwise. Like, yeah, this situation's very dire. Like, let's experience the these these feelings and talk about them. You know. Yeah, no, and, and a lot of people even they made it seem like he said this like yesterday. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's like it's, it's just 11, 12 years ago. It's like it's whatever. You can disagree. It's ugh. but you know that, something? The fact that he that those posts had, the, the, because you were talking about. It, I hope he actually like sticks to his opinions when he actually talk about these things. But like, the, if you think about it, because those posts, as far as, as far as I know, those posts are still available on his Facebook page. That means that because he obviously sees headlines. So if he wanted, he could have gone and deleted them by now. But like, as far as I know, they're still up there, which pretty much says, yeah, I still stand by these. By these opinions, he may he, he might he might elaborate, but again, it's like you know if he you know again it's like, are we surprised that someone in Hollywood has like, you know, different film opinions? Like it's like again, he's not saying like you know fuck Tim Burton, fuck Christopher Nolan. He's like this was just not for me. I think yeah. for for my perception of how um, how I'm interpreting the presentation of like what people like yeah or creators like gun and other you know film directors how they spend their their bandwidth and how, what's going to move the needle as far as like growing their footprint in the grander current events conversation i don't feel like personally there's a lot of value in gun revisiting a lot of you know past um you know occurrences of uh, uh opinions i think Part of it is like, you know, if a press junket, for example, you know, has X amount of time and a small window of time to, you know, ask him some questions, it may be just, you know, focusing on pre-approved current event situations and not so much revisiting, you know, a lot of like the more maybe like, you know, not contentious, but like some of like, you know, the the nitty gritty, you know, questions that we're all that we'd love to, you know, have like him, you know, uh, explain more of like you know like his opinions on you know older films and things like that i think like with his his bandwidth with what he is uh giving these you know public uh statements it's going to focus on other things that we may or may that may you know drive even more frustration towards him so hmm. again i i feel like that's all strategy i feel like you know there is intention around what he does and does not say uh, and it's all per it's all timed in order it's all timed in order to get a you know um a desired response so i think like you know how we're discussing him on a daily basis basically or like you know how we engage uh, a lot of us engage with him and and what he has to say it's it's all like that's the goal you know like yeah. to get that you know uh that's engagement <clears throat> totally casey you've been quiet what are your thoughts uh firstly i think that um uh -oh. he was a very edgy person at that time anyway because yeah. of his other tweets at that time so i feel like he was the type of person who would not you know get on the hype train if everyone likes something yeah. right so if everyone likes the dark knight stuff uh you know the trilogy he would probably find ways of you know thinking that that is not for him because he was that type of person back then so those types of opinions about comic uh, comic book movies don't really surprise me because uh, of the kind of person he was but also I kind of agree with some of them. Um, oh, you know, I, knew, like, I knew you were. That's why I was like, ah. Yeah, it's like uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker is good, 
but it's not like the typical joker for me either and the you know the canon breaking event also is a problem for me but i like the tim burton movies and it's like it's not something for me it's like if i get one definitive version that is my preference in live action which is ben affleck's batman then i'm okay with everything else like you can have different interpretations and all of that the people that get mad about you know not getting what they want are mad because they never got it so even the you know the new battenson uh, movie a lot of people finally oh, yeah, got yeah. what they yeah a lot of people finally got what they actually think batman should be like right and for me it was ben affleck's batman not anyone else but i still enjoy all the other movies so for me it's not like that and i'm still waiting for my you know version the definitive version of joker i have still not uh found that in any of the live action interpretations i like the mark hamill version that's from the animated series so i need exactly like that for me to be satisfied so all of them are great in their own ways but they're not the joker to me and like like going off what casey is saying like like i love tim drake he's my favorite robin does he exist in the snyderverse no like and do i care Eh, maybe but like it doesn't bother me that much because I'm able to be that flexible with it when it comes to like different else worlds and stuff. Right. And like, you know, I, I, I still get, don't get, yeah, sure. Nightwing fans. Yeah. Are having, you know, the worst time with the Harley Quinn show and <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, and, um, I don't get what it, yeah. why are you, what are you so mad about? No, no, don't uh, no spoil it. I haven't watched season four. Yeah, I, have, I haven't watched okay, yeah, no it. Spoiler. No spoiler. It's just really unfunny is what it is. But like, you know, some people were like pissed yeah. off when it was revealed to be Dick Grayson to be the dead Robin. And I was like, and at first I was like, uh, yeah, I was a bit annoyed at that. But then I, you know, I ain't going to, it ain't going to have change. And, you know, I got used to it. So, yeah. I think that's where um, I appreciate these longer, you know, discussion streams, because if um, Instead of at a, least a, like 280 characters for, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was literally going to like lean on that as far as like, if we actually listen to one another, like there's actually more nuance uh, in how people, you know, feel about like what Casey was saying about like, he listening has this to preference. Each other? Girl, what are you, what are you dreaming over there? Like you can't be I, listening. To I know I'm, uh, I'm shooting nuance. for the moon on that one. <laughs> um, but wow. yeah, it's rebel it's, moon. Like, you know, I'm not asking folks to like sit through, you know, four hour streams in order to get the nuance of, you know, how other people feel. But I'm just saying, that, you know, having like that bandwidth <laughs> to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, like, you know, maybe there is, you know, some some area where this person is not just committed to um, a very straight and narrow perception of this character and only wants one specific thing. Like if um, in in my experience, uh, listening more to uh, out like outside of, you know, the character limit of a tweet and actually going to like, you know, visit this person and hearing more of what they had to say. Like, I actually see that, you know, they are more than happy to, you know, have like fans like me and everyone else, you know, get what they want, have our cake and eat it too type of situation, but still stand by, you know, what um, they believe in as far as like uh, putting putting their, you know, uh, optimism and support for other, you know, uh, interpretations of these characters to live on. And I find that to be very inspiring. If nothing else, like, you know, I don't want to argue about the plausibility so much as, you know, celebrating someone who has like this commitment to uh, having all aspects of fandom exist, uh, coexist 
while still, you know, uh, exploring other options for exploring all, you know, nooks and crannies and options and, you know, possibilities for, you know, uh, possibly getting their preference, you know, fulfilled as well. Yeah, I feel like wow. even even if you ask him today about those opinions, I feel like he will probably answer it differently. He was yeah. more raw back then because he wasn't that popular and, you know, he was a new director and stuff like that. So right now, I think he will give a more professional answer. He would even probably be like, he'd probably, he'd probably be like more like he'd appreciate like right. what, what Burton went for. And, and like, I'm one of those that I'm, you know, I like Batman forever more than Batman returns. And I will stay, I will I die on that fucking movies. hill. I, I will movies. die on that hill. I know I see, I see Andy, you know, holding onto his chest. I, I see now hold on to your blue beetle. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm one of those where I'm like, because Batman 89 was iconic. It was like, holy shit. I remember going to see it as a kid and being obsessed with that movie. But as an adult, when you watch that, I'm like, okay, so they were, it was kind of like, okay, Burton came in, you know, and did some things and they worked to like, oh, hey, we're going to make this dark, you know, gothic kind of Gotham City and, you know, everything. And then when that, that made a bunch of money, they're like, Burton, do whatever you want. And he did when it came to Batman Returns. And it's very Tim Burton. And I'm like, uh, uh, that's also one of me. my problems. That's yes. that's also one of my problems with James Gunn uh, in this regard, because for me, it's like I obviously appreciate the newer versions of the Batman. And yeah. I like the older versions, but they're not my absolute favorite. Right. Yeah. But the Superman movie, the Chris Reeve one, I, I just, it's for me, it's unwatchable. I uh, could not finish yeah. that movie at all. And it's yes, one of his all time favorite movies. The young bucks, the young bucks. Yeah. And it's one of his all time favorite movies. And I'm like, he loves that movie, but he does not like Batman 89 for me. It's the opposite. <laughs> so. It's it's, um, uh, oh, I was just going to mention, like, I don't want to, um, discredit the validity of this conversation but i'm also thinking maybe like in the here and now like let's say uh we had james gunn on the panel right now uh what is the wait he's backstage what, Shit. What, the what is what is the um the goal yeah, james of getting funny. getting him to answer this question as opposed to like current events you know conversations if you only had 30 minutes and maybe you even had you know some prep time to create your list of questions are you going to add this you know this question to clarify his feelings from an 11 year old tweet, or are you going to use that bandwidth that he is giving you to ask uh, more current event questions? I just want to, you know, get, get an honest answer, you know, the sec, the second option, because it's like, again, him, I mean, having a film opinion is like, I don't see the controversy in that again. I mean, can, I mean, heck it goes, I have an example for myself because I, you know, I have made it very clear that I am one of the biggest haters of Superman Returns. I despise that film on every level. Like the, the only two things I like about that film is I like Brandon Routh, but I, I I like yeah the air the airplane scene exactly. Everybody always I, says like the airplane, <laughs> yeah. but everything else like I I I like you would have to pay me to watch that movie again. Like I hate it with a passion, <laughs> and then. I, I remember I when we did our big uh, big podcast called Super for Christ on Infinite Earths, uh, which includes the Flash podcast. Uh, I remember I said, you know, oh, you know, I appreciate Brandon Ralph as the Kingdom Come Superman. And I had a viewer who, a listener, emailed the Flash podcast and was like, well, I remember you said in season two of the Flash podcast that you hated Superman Returns. I'm like, 
yeah, and I still stand by it. But I, I've always made it clear I have no problem with Banner Ralph. I have problems with the fact that he didn't get to play his own Superman. But I yeah. hate everything else with Superman. But why is what I said during the podcast crossover? I really liked seeing him playing a Superman that is not just another Christopher Reeve, whatever. So even I know that Superman is supposed to be Christopher Reeve version, but it still felt like it was something. Some, Ralph got to go bring something yeah. different this time, and you know. So it's, again, I respect when people can stick. You know, if they stick to their opinions that they said. Again, I'm sure he will formulate it differently, but I'm sure like, he will still say, you know, yeah, I don't love Batman '89. I don't love Batman Begins. And mm. for me, I just you know, I rather ask yeah. you know if he was here now. I the thing is like those movies are in the past. Like, let's look forward to the future now of what's coming. You know, like, yes. let's see, like, what is his vision for Batman through Batman, the Brave and the Bold? Yeah. The, that's, well, that's, right that, yes, yeah. like, I'm just, like, thinking, like, I don't care uh, what his, you know, fav- <laughs> yes. favorite movies are, how he feels about, you know, um, 30, 40-year-old movies. I want to know exactly, like, Andy, to your point, like, can you give us, like, more context around the immediate future of films that are coming out this year can you speak to you know how those are going to be interwoven or uh, connected to your future of how you see you know the dcu and i i just want to understand more around like the intention as where as well as like what's informing these decisions from him i think those those questions are really going to move the needle as opposed to you know regressing into you know uh you know uh, where we're at now, where we have these perceptions of of Gunn as a creator based off of you know past actions, as opposed to what he's doing currently. You know what my number one question for him is? I want is your Batman story is going to have more fantastical elements that we've never oh, seen sure in the other Batman movies? Well, see, thing people are just like you know, like people are just assuming that it's going to be League of Shadows or League of Assassins, depending on which version yeah. you follow, because we have Damien and so on. I'm like, but I want to see like I I want I want to see a Bane. I want to see I want to see a Bane with Venom. I want to see a clay-faced mud monster. No, he's marble. I, <laughs> I said Venom. That's marble. Uh, no, Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, but uh, no. What I was gonna say, what I, what I, what I hope when it comes to, um, like, if when he gets, because he will get asked the question about it. I hope he goes like he's like, yeah, I, I, I stand by it somewhat. But then all of a sudden he goes, but you know what I did like about it, and then he brings up things that he likes about it. That'd be the smart way to do it. It's like, don't, don't backpedal. Don't like backpedal. No. And be like, no, no, I was doing this, I was doing that. Just be like, you know what? I, I, you know, I somewhat stand by it, but there's things I do like about it, and it's this, this, and this. And then what you were saying, Andy, and 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 Rayo was like, the fact is like, all right, so now we're gonna be looking at, all right, since you said this about that, it's like, all right, then show us what you're gonna do. What what's gonna happen in the future? That's what I'm about. And I even said that on, on film junkie live. I was like, I was like, all right, James, then you got to show it. You're okay. You say this about this. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with what he had to say about Batman 89 or Batman begins. So now like, you know, you are handling this thing. So let's see what you got. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you got. And the fact that you may, you made the decision to have this Batman that's going to be this type of Batman. It's not going to be a, a fresh face Batman, obviously. And it's going to have a Thank Batman God. that's going to have a Damian Wayne. Yeah. Again, I mean, and then I even said this too, it's like, he's, he is somewhat, somewhat taking a page out of Zack Snyder's book. It's like, Hey, we've already seen these characters. Yeah. 
that 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 had these origin stories that had these solo movies that didn't have uh, an extended universe i'm gonna just totally approach this whole thing as there's an extended universe right from the get-go and we have established superman established batman okay so and they could cross over they could be a part of the story and Zach took that approach, too, because that's not what the Marvel machine was doing. He was like, you know what? Um, we have the Superman. I had the origin story. Now, when we're going into, like, the sequel, guess what? We're going to have established Batman big time. We're going to have established Wonder Woman, kind of, you know, and and then we're going to have get these other characters. Story. We're going to have these other characters that are already there. So I respect the fact that that and that's what I keep on trying to tell people is the fact that. You know, and I and I still get that. I I saw it on my channel Wednesday, where it's like we want a Superman solo film. I'm like, you got him, you so got him already. You already game. have those. And you're getting I another like the one. fact that he's going to interact with some kind. He's going <clears> to <throat> interact with Guy Gardner. What the? That fuck? is going to be so funny. Like I, Guy Gardner is the last character I would ever again. I mean, yeah. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion is I, my Hal Jordan. But then when he got guys, this guy, I'm like, but Nathan is so nice. Why are we playing Captain Give Us Asshole? But I'm like, excited to see that dynamic because it's different. I have to I have to push back on uh, uh -oh. Dave and Andy, unfortunately. Like, so where I'm coming from is um how I'm interpreting your feedback around how you approach the conversation around gun is uh I don't uh, I'm not picking up a lot of sense of goodwill. I'm uh picking up more uh backhanded com uh, compliments and cynicism. So how do you oh, feel I, like I Gunn will, is going to respond to that and not be, if you're being catty to him, he's going to be catty in return and choose oh, a yeah. uh, pick and choose what to respond to. I feel like there does need to be some sense of concessions. And uh, as far as like, yes, like I love how Dave presented, you know, what he had to say around, like, I want to, I'm excited. I want to see what you have to say, but I don't feel like the bandwidth that Gunn would give to this conversation as far as like being compared to past uh content i don't feel like that is contributing value to moving the needle in the conversation we I need agree. to focus on what is what is going forward and what we are I being agree. given right now i need to hear from him what he is going to do with without any reference to what we perceive as like pre-established and incomplete because he has made it clear he has a, a goal and a vision and as little as we know about it right now i want him to elaborate on what those things are i don't want to focus on what we didn't get and you know what we already what we have from you know a previous interpretation i need to hear from his own mouth uh in terms that we are not, you know, given to, uh, just, you know, per perceiving from cryptic social media behavior, his, you know, uh, you know, intention around what he's doing. That's just me. No, no I, I agree. That. I, I just want I, yeah. I, I just want him to have Batman punch Guy Gardner in the face. That's that's all I want. <laughs> that's literally the only thing. One I want. punch, Phil. Yep. One, one punch. One yeah. punch. One yep. That's right. Punch. It might happen. You never know. But and then uh, you, if you if you could just pull it off and get Jason Sudeikis in that blue beetle suit going, why punch? Oh, no. <laughs> I want to see how he and um, Bruna's Jenny how like like what that dynamic would look like on screen. Because like when I, you know, now that Angel has like basically like yeah, I want Jason to be my Ted Cora. I'm like yeah. 
oh my god, what would that dynamic look like? Um, no, but just uh, to add a point to um, what Ray was saying is that, like, yeah, like I'm excited for his DC universe. That's why, like, one of the things that I like have massive respect for him is the fact that, you know, he's not saying that oh, all these shows and movies will be based on these comics, but they will be inspired by these comics. You guys could go check them out, and that's why you know we're seeing. And that works. The 40 sold out. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow sold out. Uh, All-Star Superman. Wonder Woman Historia Histori- has now gone from, what, like 63 on the Amazon ranking now to the top, a top one seller? Like, that yeah. I have a massive respect for. Like, so, you know, yeah, I... And that's what Marvel's not doing that shit. Yeah. Marvel Comics is a mess. No, I, you know what Marvel <laughs> Comics decided to do, apparently? They decided to make Peter Parker the new Green Goblin. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. I saw I saw a picture floating around from I think Philly, one of the comics. Uh, yeah. I mean, are you, are you, are you trolling us right now, Phil? Like this cannot I, be real. That sounds I, like a troll. It does, but I, I drop the receipt that. in the private chat, Phil. <laughs> 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 yes, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, I'm, I'm sure. No, I'm sure you're you're not joking. If there's a picture, yeah, send it. If there's a picture, I want to see that. Let's react to it together. Yeah, that's freaking hilarious. But no, I mean. But yeah, when it comes to all this, it's like, all right, I'm, I, I'm, I, the past, I'm sick and tired of all that. I want to know like future stuff. That's what we're all. Yes. But yes. I mean, obviously, and, yeah. being the like what I do, I'm obviously going to have to talk about it. I have to do that. I have to comment on it. And, you know, my initial whole thing when it came to this whole thing, and I know it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I even have it in the title of this where it says James Gunn hates Batman. And somebody's like, he didn't. I was like, yeah, I know. It's a, it's, more facetious of like the fact that it's like people are out there saying that he does hate Batman. And it's funny too, because when it comes to even like, I mean, obviously everybody always compares everything to the dark Knight, right? The dark Knight oh, is, I'm so, uh, so sick of that. I know. So am I, because anytime, because they even said it with blue beetle, but you know, every, every DC film that comes out, they have to compare it to the dark Knight, and it's the best one since the dark Knight, or whatever the fuck. I hate that shit. But at the same time, it's like, man, even sometimes I feel like hey, Batman begins is, can be it's i feel like it's better today i love that night yeah that's yeah. great yes yeah it's like, one comic book movies of all time it's like it's basically how i feel about captain america first adventure like people like just don't look back on captain america first Avenger because super underrated yeah yeah uh, because um, winter soldier was so good but like yeah Batman begins like it's like you know i'm really i lost my shit as a kid just seeing that on the big screen i'm like we're seeing his origin story. I'm like, we're actually seeing the legal sh- shadow. Oh no! Are we, yeah, are we about it, to are we about to throw it up? Oh, it it exists. Yeah, there's a there's there's Spidey Goblin. There's actually a Spidey Goblin that's happening. Yeah, hold on. Ah, oh, there it is. Okay, here we Reaction go. Time, okay. please. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, what the hell? Whoa! Spidey what Goblin, the right there, holding a pumpkin bomb and everything. Yep, I just need in a... time for pumpkin spice season. Yeah, <laughs> I need a buck. I need a buck. Like this is this well is... said, Rhea. Who's who's yeah. writing? Who's writing this? I have no idea. But I think it. I, uh, I, I think it's Dan Slot. Maybe I no. Know. This is not Slot. This is uh, not Slot. Slot is because from... there was that new character called Spider Boy. That's exactly why this is not Slot because he's focused entirely on that. He's got a whole different oh, okay. thing going on. I think this wow. is. It might be Zeb Wells. It might be I don't know. I, oh I don't yeah, know. that guy. Yeah, yeah, might that be, guy. I don't know. Him. That guy. This, uh, this looks. The one you know, thing I want to um, add to, hey, to if the story works. Sorry, 
I was that only thing I want to add to the whole James Gunn thing is that, it, like, yes, but I wish he would have rephrased, you know, he would have phrased it better 11 years ago. I don't like how people are acting as if, like, this is something that he should get, like, cast for whatever. So he's like, he has an opinion on films. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Let, like, yeah, you're acting and- as if, like, he's coming in, like, you know, treason or, like, you know, he killed someone. It's like, no, he That's didn't true. like these movies. This re- this really shouldn't come want... as a surprise to anyone because his his you know none of both Batman both of the Batman movies he talked about neither one of them was in his top five, exactly. Right. So it it really shouldn't shock anyone that he has th- that kind of opinion about those films. Not and all. the backlash is mostly just bad faith. We know that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. How dare the DC Studios head say this? And I'm like, right. he wasn't the DC Studio head. He wasn't even thinking about that back then. Wait a Come minute, these, exactly. these same people who like consistently put up either Christian Bale's Batman or Michael Keaton's Batman as like you know some exactly. version of Batman against Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, yes. now they're defending all three of them. Okay. I think, um, like, yeah, I just wanted to clarify what I was like, you know, trying oh, yeah, to communicate earlier. Um, I don't mean to say that um, they're your. Uh, you know, criticism, frustration, or, you know, um, demanding of clarification isn't valid, because I literally just said earlier, like, you know, experience those feelings for sure. I just mean that there might be like a time and place for that. Like, this is the forum to do that for sure. But um, not on Twitter, yeah, like, not on thread, like, not in thread. And, <laughs> and I don't, I don't agree with having like, you know, these, uh, these opinions necessarily inform or uh, establish cynicism in what we expect Gunn to produce because I personally, I don't want to hold his feet to the fire for, you know, like his spicy takes. I want to see what he can do as, um, as a producer, like taking ownership of an entire studio. Like that's completely different than who he was 11 years ago, or even like, you know, a year ago. What? So, People change? <laughs> that's his entire, you know, career <laughs> and title <laughs> and, you know, the responsibilities he has, he has is a lot different than when he was just, you know, a writer, producer, director. He wasn't, you know, guardians before. Yeah. And yeah, like we can have our opinions and our um, uh, that's informed by, you know, past information. But for me personally, I tend to, it's not like a 100% clean slate because he is giving us, you know, current event, you know, information that's informing us a little bit that, you know, are, you know, crumbs of, you know, that are, you know, fueling our speculation. But at the end of the day, like, it's not like a, you know, a full course meal. So I'm expecting, you know, the, the entree to come through and we'll judge it. I'll judge it from there, but I understand why we have these current event discussions. I think in regards to a wider universe, I'm kind of with Ray in that I'm not going to exactly just like, Oh, since he doesn't like Batman 89 or Batman begins, I'm not going to say, Oh, well then at, at this point, my perspective of what his DC universe is going to be isn't going to quite align with my sensibilities of what the DC universe should be. I'm, I'm kind of with you in that. I don't, I don't want to really want to look at it like that. I would say though, that there it's understandable to still feel bitter about the entire situation with Superman specifically because of the fact that he literally just came back in a film this past October, which ironically enough has made more money than any of the DC movies this year at the box office. So how about that for a turn of events? Anyway, it's 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 just all kind of funny and sad and a lot of different emotions when it comes to being a DC fan, especially if you've been following this stuff for, you know, a long time since, say, the days of Justice League Unlimited or Justice League, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, whatever your gateway was or even before that. It's just all very going to be very interesting to see what kind of plan 
his plan looks like when it's actually executed. Cause I have a really hard time believing that video games are going to fall into that category too. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Bill, to your point, I, um, I understand like, you know, my journey in like, you know, this community is a lot shorter than, than most folks. And maybe like, I don't have like this, um, like, as as deep a connection to the content or knowledge even as as other folks have i totally acknowledge that so i i also want to say that like and i feel like everyone here is like you know given validity to this like you know we can't you know um hold gun accountable to you know the past sins of uh, other people you know he's coming through like you know with with a mess a dumpster fire that yeah. he has to try and extinguish Jeez. and you know sort the recyclables from the compost and you know like the sure, waste yeah. and stuff like that and i feel like everyone has given validity to that um i still respect and, and honor and understand where folks are coming from as far as the frustration um but aiming yeah, at I, the wrong people like it's like right you know, yeah like yes. yeah like hbo hbo max canceling titans and doom patrol like yeah it sucks that it happened during you know like during his time as a president but he had nothing to do with those shows getting canceled that that's you know one of those television dude, well you just andy you didn't you just get some kind of confirmation about the the second half of doom patrol not having a hard date yet because things are so, uh i uh, um me and one of us we can leave vacation and i um I, I've had to remove. I've had to remove that tweet. I will admit that because they ah, they clarified okay. something on my end, but I cannot talk about it publicly. Ah, fair enough. I, I apologize for asking. No, that. no, no. no. You're, you're, I, I know you did post about that. And, yeah, yeah, I don't know, Phil. You're good. We you're all good. Felt you're the good. Frustration because we're all fans of Doom Patrol. So. Yeah, yeah, we love I'm, Doom Patrol. Still waiting on part two, and it's like you guys did Titans part two. So it's like, yeah. what, what's the holdup? You know. Well, I was really like, I, I was committed. Okay, so it's going to be Titans part two. Then Doom Patrol Part Two, then a Harley Quinn, but then it's like there's nothing in between, and then Harley Quinn, and so yeah. I, it's um, yeah, but again, but just to you know, Ray's point, like yeah, like I yeah, he's James is having to come in, in a in a really tough position where like again, Warner Brothers is now canceling all these things, like the Arrowverse is essentially gone. We have one show left, you know, we we lost Highlands on Doom Patrol, we we got we lost the Batgirl movie, we lost Henry Cavill's Superman, and so on. But again, it's like. A lot of these things are out of James's control. So um no, he's blamed for everything. He's blamed for Batman and Robin, for God's sake. <laughs> it's his fault that that movie was He's a know, menace. He's a menace to society. I would say yeah. it's his fault people are talking about the movie Gunn. again. <laughs> I guess like yeah. um what I also want to add is that um we've seen how not necessarily volatile, but more just like shifting in terms of like how reactionary uh, content has, you know, been released and what's prioritized yeah. and what's funded and that, or yeah. canceled, things like that. And um, I'm hoping Swamp Thing, you know, still comes out, you know, I'm still sort of like, you know, I, I haven't heard much about that. You know, we know what happened with the actual TV show, but like yeah. that one data point aside, so we've seen, you know, slates come and go and we've seen, you know, plans, you know, uh, get yeah. yeah fall through yeah. and also you know the strikes are you know are another you know like variable that is going to determine when and if we do see this content um complete it if not right. you know like the stuff that we do know is like in the can ended up end up being released or you know pushed back etc so yeah. i not that like you know i want to completely absolve uh wb or dc or or the dc studio heads of all all like you know the lack of transparency that is valid to be frustrated about but that you know that grander you know umbrella factor around you know uh the talent pool of like you know the folks executing the production of these um of these tv 
uh, TV shows and films is also like an industry wide impacting, you know, factor. Yeah. So it's something out of his control as well. And that's why I think he was so frustrated during that press. Sorry, Dave, I was going to say that. I think yeah. that's why he was so frustrated at a press event where he was, you know, cussing and saying, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, it was a fucking mess, you know, there, there was all, you know, like, um, you know, but, you know, DC was just basically giving uh, a filmmaker any character he wanted if you just smile at them or something like that. And like, it's just, you know, like, I think James has been as frustrated in a lot of ways that we have. Like, yes, this is, so, you know, like, and I, because I know people will be like, well, he, you know, he hates the Snyderverse. He hates, like, no, it's just, at this point, it's like it's better to just start over. Yes, it's so that we're losing all these other parts that could have been or that was in the makings, aka the Batgirl movie. That's like that's my biggest frustration that we lost Batgirl. But it's like, yeah, it's because he's a fa- because he's also so famous, you know, in the film community. Like that's why like, I think it's so much easier. To, they have a face they can blame. They have a fa- they have someone they can actually like target and be like, it's his fault. That this is all happening, and then we're not going these directions. So you know, but well, I mean, it's just like I mean, again, I mean, this is one of the things I was talking about when it came to all this. Is like DC's always been trying to do to uh, chase the Marvel machine, and, and it was funny because when I posted my clip, the clips from Wednesday show, it was kind of interesting to see the reactions, and you know, it's all theories that I'm not saying like I know shit or something like that. It's just. My theory was like they've been chasing it since Green Lantern. And a lot of people yep. like, you know, they start saying dates. I'm like, do you realize this shit's been in development like fucking 10 years prior? I mean, like they all know that things are in development. So obviously it's like and, um, you know, I, I really thought that it was always like when you look at Green Lantern and, and then you research Green Lantern and see like. I mean, they were literally changing the fucking script when they were during production, which I know yeah. that can be common practice. But at the same time, it's like they had they they had a flash movie that was being supposed to be lined up like right after they were going to like really no. try that. And then of course I I I totally forgot about like prior to the writer strike back in 2008. I mean, there was a Justice League Mortal movie that was supposed to be yeah. coming out from George yeah. Miller. And I, you know, I didn't reference that, but I thought about that today. I'm like, oh man, I mean, they were really they DC has always been trying to get, I should have said more like uh, they were trying to get ahead of the Marvel machine because they saw that Marvel was, they were going to do things from the ground up. DC couldn't really do that because they've already have movies out there and live action content out there. Unlike Marvel, Marvel had the privilege of, or, you know, the ability, the fact that like there wasn't live action content out there so they could build it from the ground up. That's why it was successful. DC didn't have that luxury. They had to be like, well, people already know some of this stuff, so we kind of have to do it differently. And they were going to do the Justice League Mortal movie. Like, let's start off with Justice League. That went to shit. All right, let's. They're 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 starting off with a a character that maybe not many people know about. We're going to do that with Green Lantern, and then they fucked that up. And then they were like, Chris, Chris, Chris Nolan, can you like do Superman, please? And he's like, no, but I know a guy. And then Zach tried to do something different and then when it continued he was like well what if we do it like this and again if they just let the the man 
just cook, they probably it probably would have ended no. up being like something better. But I mean, um, where was I? Can I just like this? intersect? Like, no, oh, sorry, finish it. Go for it. I go was gonna it. say I love how this term "let it uh, let them cook" has gotten yeah. like two meanings. The original was like you know, oh he got roasted. Oh yeah, he got cooked. And now it's just like yeah, let this person do his thing. And I'm yeah, just cool. like I yeah. try to use both. I'm just whenever I say like you know, oh yeah, you can cook me for this because I, I have terrible I have yeah. terrible takes as well. So yeah, please cook me. I could care less. But yeah, you like cook me um, for that's new for me. Like, oh, let him cook. Like, you know, as someone is like, oh, yeah, let James Gunn cook. I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, you know, don't don't roast him. Like, you know, so I've, I've yeah, the newer meeting, like I can, I, I like, but like, also like, I'm familiar with, you know, oh, like he got cooked. Like, you know, I, I love that I'm one. Sorry, well. Ray, he it, killed Rick Flagg. I have to cook him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He killed the, the point. Boomerang. You know? Yeah, the point. Oh, even uh, I was so upset. Killed, when Kevin he, Boomerang died. He, yeah, that too. But Rick Flagg He's a national was treasure. Because I'm I'm a really huge Sean Ostrander Suicide Squad fan. I've got that majority of that run in trade paperback form, and that that just that core concept to me has just always been kind of interesting corner of DC's history for me, and I just am, am kind of partial to it. So to see it like again more to Andy's point, played up like kind of a joke was just kind of a little disheartening. Don't get me wrong. On on, the, on that note for John Austin, I did I was happy he got to do a cameo. Yeah. And it was, it oh was, sure. Know, that, that was, was really that cool. was that was a warming. I'm like I absolutely love that. Chef Don't get me Ken wrong. Was. Like there there are things in that movie that are cool and good, but man, on the whole. I, it does not have a lot of rewatchability for me. I don't yeah, really I agree like, with that. As a flashback, I'm just like, I never got to see Captain. I, as a flashback, I'm like, I never got to see Captain Boomerang and the Flash fight. I only got it for five seconds in Suicide Squad, and mm-hmm. then I, you know, like, which apparently wasn't in David Ayer's. Which is not going to be in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. <laughs> so. That sucks. <laughs> That was something from the studio, and it was like, all right. But see, again, like going back to what I think this, this is where I was leading to when it came to this. If there was a DC Studios when Zach was around, um, right. it, it, they, he wouldn't get gotten fucked with the way that he yeah. did. Yeah, that's the bad. That's that's. The, I mean, I the how I'm optimistic about the future is the fact that they finally did go. You know what? We need a. We need a. You know. A certain part a of movie. the whole big thing. Yeah. We, we, we don't need a division like DC films. We need yeah. a studio like DC Studios. And so I think they, just having James Gunn. I mean, re- regardless of how you feel about him, he is a filmmaker. And uh, yes, sure, there's going to be an outline of of uh, an initial timeline, but he hopefully will give these uh, filmmakers their own voice and their own aesthetic. To you know, if, if they're brought on, it's like okay, we want what you have to offer and he's probably seen that in the marvel machine where it's like yeah you bring on some of these directors and they're just they're, they're like you said they're smiling and what do you want me to do boss kevin you know kind of thing they're just doing that i hope that he i hope it, he's not gonna approach it where they're like what do you want us to do boss james you know they they don't want to do well, that they have their to, own like you know, you could tell that they because they have some they've hired someone like Animus to do the Batman and then they hire someone James Mangle to do Swamp Thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is this is why I'm like those Emma movies, they can be any Marvel film because I don't think Peter Reed has a unique style as a film. Does not. <laughs> so for me, like but like when I see someone like, oh, James got James Mangle for Swamp Thing, James Gunn for Zuma Legacy, Annie Muschetti for the um, for Batman. Yeah, Batman. Thank you, thank you. I'm like these are very different filmmakers. It doesn't feel like we're just going to see the same tone. Because, y'all, there was a time during the MCU, and even still to this day, where I'm like, all these fucking films feel like the same. 
Like, and I think it's boring. Like, to, to the adding strength. to Phil's point, adding to Phil's point as well from earlier uh, about Black Adam, uh, you know, making more money than any DC movie after that. It's it's been Dwayne such Johnson a weird, knew what he was talking about. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's been such a weird uh thing with DCEU where you know things look a sep- uh, a different way on paper and yeah. then it happens and the box office happens and then later we learn that it's different. So that ha- everyone thought that the Flash would make a billion or even at least you know make more than Black Adam at least and that didn't happen. And now you know Not even Beetle, on streaming uh, yeah, not even yeah. streaming. Now, Blue Beetle is a good movie, and it's still not making you know uh, a lot of money because it's a smaller project. But that makes sense. But Go still, watch my film. it's like watch my we film. understand. We understand from you know the, the recent years that people have lost interest in DC films, and it's not any more any longer that we can blame the pandemic or you know other movies <laughs> and shit like that because a fucking three hour three hour Oppenheimer. <laughs> You know, R-rated Oppenheimer movie is ma- close to making a billion, along with Barbie. Let go, Chris so, Nolan. So it's not like we can, you know, use other factors like that. And it's very obvious that people have lost interest in DC and what they were doing because they keep fucking it up. And to what Andy was mentioning about James Gunn being frustrated as as well, we clearly know that he's a fan of these properties. So of course, no, if you are not. that he passionate. <laughs> of course, if you are that passionate about these, you know, characters, you would feel frustrated because no. you keep getting fr- fucked over by, you know, cameos not happening or false promises. Know, people, yeah, false promises are not being delivered, changing of, you know, your path and constant shifting of the regimes and them choosing something else. So all of that is definitely very frustrating. And the one thing that's good about DC studios, like you're saying is that at least now we'll have one direction and there are two people in charge. One is, one is a comic book movie and a filmmaker guy. And the other is a producer who look at business. So I think now we have a proper structure and this is structure. That's even now we cannot, even now we cannot say that everything will go well because people are unpredictable and, the movies still have to be made by people and how they turn out is not up to James Gunn. So it's not like it's a guaranteed hit, but at least it has more potential than the previous structure. You know, it's funny. It's like the only thing that we have from uh, DC coming out next year, essentially. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, movie wise, I guess you could say Joker Joker two. two. And you better believe that they are going like this, 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 the first one made a billion dollars. This one to add on to that, two billion. you you know what they're absolutely (laughs) going to do? It's not going to quite be a Barbenheimer, but they're probably going to do a double feature. You bet your ass. They're going to take their chance and put Joker back in theaters again. Yeah, for sure. See, that's the thing. Is I like, kind of would be. I would actually kind of be into that, like watching Joker and Joker two back to back. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah, see, the Joker two like, also has Lady Gaga. So a lot yeah, of fans. Dude, the movie is going to be a hit. The movie is going to be a hit. I, I yeah. think like they they've set themselves up for like because when you watch the first, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, there was a a tweet even earlier today or it was yesterday. I don't know the fact that like the top like R rated, you know box office winners are now joker and oppenheimer, oppenheimer. and it's like yeah. it's like it's just crazy it's like okay R-rated? yeah 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 oh yeah. shit let's talk about there's all kinds of new you haven't seen it yeah there's some I, oh my god i forgot to tell you this story 
I forgot to tell you the story, Dev. So oh, I was no. in the theater watching, watching it, watching Oppenheimer, and there were these like these kids that went to my school, like like two rows below, like because mm-hmm. they were wearing a uniform and shit. And like when the fucking <laughs> sex scene came up, those those fucking idiots put up their phone. They took a photo, except they of had a, they actually they had their flashlight on. I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, oh I was God. gonna say oh. I haven't seen Oppenheimer because I don't think I I don't think I had the bandwidth to see on the big screen, so I'm waiting for it to come on on, on streaming oh, because again, okay. like, just because like I, okay, Logan part- Paul. I I know I'm speaking from a place. Don't of, you dare um, compare <laughs> me to that shithead. Okay. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I know not everyone. There was a small amount of people who had access to the uh, 70 millimeter um, uh, mm. um, IMAX uh, experience, and yeah, I adore that film because of it. I think that is probably the, the most impactful film envy. that I've watched this year. Uh, to be totally honest, like. Um, and it was it was heightened because of the viewing experience. So, I'm sure. Yeah. God damn it! I wish I would have saw it on film. Same. There's something about Same. it. There's something about like you know when you even when you see the little boop in the corner, like just the in the I don't know. Yeah, it's just like um, I wish I would have saw that. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, so I uh, now that I mean Aquaman's not going to do shit. I mean, let's face it. it I mean, they didn't yeah. move the date for it, so yeah, they didn't probably. move the date. They can't afford to move. It the is date. September. Right. Aquaman two doesn't exist okay do you feel like they they wouldn't move the date even though like the the talent may or may not be able to promote it no they've actually said that they're not moving the date for aquaman 2 or the color purple yep yeah Warner they Brothers probably just want to just get it over with. Right, cuz they moved the date for Dune Part 2 because they have faith. Because they have faith <laughs> in it, but they left Aquaman 2 and Color Purple where they were. Yeah. You'd have to imagine when it comes to Dune, Denny Villeneuve and WB and whoever have a deal like yeah, if we do this good, you can do Messiah. You'd have to imagine that conversation's probably been had. Well, Denaya also talked about the fact that he already uh is you know been yeah true party preparation for messiah yeah 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 i thought this entire time that i thought this entire time dune was like i don't like a legendary film or something i was like warner brothers like when did warner brothers get do they distribute it oh okay so i was i was i was half right i was half right matter of fact i think Uh, dune part two is the last one is um so this is a drawing i did like a like last week it's a Wonder Woman and BVS, and yeah, I've been drawing a lot of Wonder Woman lately, and because you want to be, yeah. you, you want to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's what here's I was like Steve saying Trevor. earlier about um, communicating character design with simple shapes that are still um, iconic to how that character is, you know, seen. Like we see it immediately, and we think of Wonder Woman, and it's also, you know, your signature style of like how you design your characters. So yeah, like you know, I'm a big, big fan of that. Yeah, and cool. like this is the first time like this this artwork here this is of steve trevor from like the wonder woman movie this is where i tried like my blood of zeus like art style so like with the glowing i like it and here's like one i redrew or recolored like with the female furies invading wait a minute holy fuck this looks so good it looks like a cell Ooh, from um like you know the anime uh one of the animated films so. young justice yeah thanks yeah, yeah. Oh, and here's like one a, of my f- apocalypse. Oh, yeah, go uh, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, because they actually mm. show up in that movie. Yeah, yeah, like uh, that movie Matt is Harriet's design. It is, um, and like here's one of my favorite ones. Like I did of like 
Wonder Woman versus like Gilatina. Um, wonder if she's related to Nicotina, but like here, like she's like um <laughs> here, there's like a, I'll ask him. Yes, ask him. And um, yeah, this part here is where like I don't know. I tried to like do a bit more perspective. Like I don't know how to say it. Just like not make it look flat and stuff. But like yeah, I think um, how who do people who do people standing on top? By the way, hmm? who do who do people up here, standing, up yeah, here? Yeah, who, yeah, who who's watching the top them? left? Yeah, or those trees? Oh, those trees! <laughs> I thought this is actually weird. what I was saying about you know um, communicating movement and uh, dynamic, you know, character present presentation through your silhouettes. Like if you mm. were to you know completely black out a lot of these, I could tell what you know those characters are doing. Um, so in the previous you know cells for sure. So. Yes. And like here's the one I showed you guys before, like Diana and one and no, not Wonder Woman, Hippolyta reuniting on Themyscira in Justice League Two. And then, oh, that looks aww. so much better up close. Doesn't look like her holding a butt. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. Yeah. I also like before I forget, I wanted to mention that. Um. Like, let's say you know I was you know someone who was in the studio and like you know someone actually listened to me and like you know took in consideration what i had to say um i would probably lean on um the successes of low budget horror movies and acknowledging that you know okay yeah we are you know bootstrapped at the moment we don't have much cash to burn um i know that we we've seen previous films uh spend a lot of money on visual presentation and uh some of it you know more successful than others as far as like feedback on it so what can we do to uh not so much focus on the um uh the use of uh special effects but maybe take some notes like with blue beetle for example they had a, a smaller budget and i feel like they did the best they could with integrating the um practical effects along with you know yes. some some visual yes. effects that you know uh subjected to how we you know like them or not there was not in my opinion they didn't linger too much on the screen to be uh, 100 distracting so i think that sort of strategy around like let's not not focus so much on you know um emphasizing uh these these grandiose you know uh uh screen moments that we have to put a lot of our budget into so much as like let's focus on the lighting let's focus on the cinematography let's you know allocate some budget to um some different drafts of writing and let's put it through like this pipeline of review and um good sets good locations yeah Yeah. and uh let's make the production time a little more tight so that way we're able to make decisions that um are able to get more content out sooner while still having like those checks and balances of quality that um that we will hold ourselves accountable to and i would probably try and like get feedback around that like around especially the budget uh suggestion and because i feel like um yeah it's it's natural to you know focus on like good good staging lighting cinematography acting writing like yeah like those are all given so of course you want to focus on those but i'm saying like the intention around like how much you know emphasis of the budget is allocated to those things as opposed to visual effects is something that i would like to hear what other people have to say about it indeed scott i know oh, you and then like out. you know no like not necessarily no name talent but just like more inexpensive talent like give you know oh that's um, what's gonna happen for sure yeah, yeah. get yeah. new blood in there sorry get new blood yeah but yeah, i know scott you gotta go i do have to go 
Yeah. Dang. But I, it's been a long day for you. It has been a long day, and I've got season three of Rebels that I still need to finish. I love that show so much. Great show. <laughs> it is a fabulous show. Um, We're going to watch more of it. Yeah, because I, 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 I've committed to finishing it before I start Ahsoka. So I... I Probably. Do That's... me a favor. Do not cry too hard next season. Uh, I... The problem is, is I kind of sort of know what happens, but not real. Like I know in like vague brushstrokes, something happens with someone, and I. But I have like no details. All I know is that I finally, I'm just, re- I'm, I just I, know that I finally reached Thrawn, who oh. was like who I'm here for because once again, I read, I read the Thrawn trilogy the back fuck? in the day. I know. What the I know. Fuck? <laughs> You have no idea what you're signed up for, sir. You are going to cry. I'm not going to tell you how, but I just, I know you and I know how you are with Star Wars. I'm just going to tell you right now. You're going to cry. Yay! That's just the wrong news I want to hear. Nothing wrong. Oh, someone... nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm just... I've never just... seen someone so excited to see someone else cry. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I know where no. Phil's coming from. It's kind of like when I had conversations with Steven and Steven's like, oh, no, you want to do, you want to do this. This is 10. We literally had a conversation where he was like, this is 10,000% your thing. And it, I just love it when I have friends who are like, no, oh, no, this is like, this, this is, is right jam. up your alley. Yeah. This is your jam. 100%. Yeah. No, it's, and it's... Uh, also, Scott, also, Scott, remember. You gotta do those voice lines I asked. I know you're busy. I know you're busy. Oh, so just dude, no rush. will you yeah. resend that stuff? I yeah. Of this course. is day. This is day twenty four, Dave. Day twenty four. Yeah, Dave. Not... Uh, Dave understands the significance of that. Totally number. do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just resend it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, so resend it but uh, yeah you can find me on twitter at scott dc 27 you can find my podcast the dc squadcast wherever podcasts can be found we're on vero facebook youtube with the entire network of shows at squadcastmedia.com and not this sunday we're still going to take another week hiatus but join us next sunday over here at the film junkie youtube channel where we will be picking up we will launch season two of Superman the Animated Series with Blasts from the Past Part One. So no stream this Sunday. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Blame Dave. And we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Professor. Bye, Scott. Bye, Take care. Bye, Scott. Fucking damn it. Yeah, it's true. We're not. Well, because it's a three-day weekend and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be home. So I was like, it's like yeah, one of those things. Like sense. last Sunday, how dare you leave your home day? But... I know, right? Last Sunday, I went you to the Metallica concert. I went to the Metallica <laughs> concert last Sunday, and then this Sunday, it's like, oh yeah, I'm also not going to be here again, you know, because I'm going to be with the, you know, maybe a staff. We got, you know, something, you know, we're going to, you know. How fine. dare you have? A I know. So I was like, Scott, I'm like, can you do it Saturday? And he was like, no, I'm work. I'm like, okay, we'll just put push it, you know. We'll push it to next Sunday. It's all good. It's all good. We'll be back. Don't worry. DC Fanimated ain't going anywhere. We're just two-week break a couple between seasons. That's not true. Yeah. Nothing, yeah, I know. That's what's so, so funny. It worked out because we got done with season one of Superman and the Animated Series. And now we just took like a little two-week break. But yeah, we'll be back next week for sure. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, Metallica concert. And then this Labor Day weekend, it was like, all right, we're not, we're not, we're not doing this. So it's all good, but uh, what we're oh, yeah, Casey's got to go too, actually. <laughs> yep, yeah, I have he's drunk to wake he's up early. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not drunk again, I just have to wake <laughs> up early, so I'm super tired right now. Yeah, all right, well, thank yeah. you for joining, man. 
It was great chatting Always with you. Always great to hear Always. your voice and not see your pretty face. It's fine. Next, <laughs> next, next time, next time we, we got to see you. Yeah, you got to see. Yeah. yeah, nice to talk to you again, Raya, and everyone else. Yeah. All right, cheers, yeah. man. Welcome. Follow Casey. Cheers. Yeah, Axel was, uh, you know, he <laughs> Axel's like totally. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, you didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. We'll talk to me. Um, so okay, so uh rounding out the uh the James Gunn stuff. Yeah, I mean I'm one of those I'm oh, like God. I'm looking forward to the future. And, you know, uh it's it's one of those things where it's like they have a structure now, like what we just talked about. It's, it's all about the structure. They have a structure now. I wish they would have had that back when Zach was doing his thing because again, it would have been done by now, and that's one of the things yeah. I expressed again when we talked about it already and we found out from jay leva that yeah that if they would have just let the man do his thing it would have been done by now and they would have had a reboot built in he had a reboot built within his story and he knew what he was doing when it came to all this now i'm not saying that i mean and and it's funny too because i i do see people out there like oh yeah zach and debbie should be running dc studios it's like no they should be running stone quarry i heard i heard deborah is um I heard Debbie Snyder is going to be talking to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you had something there for a minute. and you. Debra you Stein, yeah, Debra I, Stein, I forgot what the scoop was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Debra Snyder is going to direct a Bowerman movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, she but I mean, like, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to all that, yeah. it's like, it's whatever. And then, you know, I mean, and then even going, you know, talking about, like, what's happening with the DCU, just... You know, the flash streaming numbers, obviously, that was a thing that was talked about too. And you know, again, it's Samba TV, it's Samba TV, and it's kind of funny because when you see the Samba TV numbers, it's funny how the the order that it's in because Wonder Woman 84 is on top, then the Suicide Squad, then I Giggity. think what the, the Batman, yeah. Um, but but the fact of the matter is, you got to look at it like, well, that you know, Wonder Woman 84 was the um the first one to do the day and date thing right, when the right. pandemic hit and then suicide squad was right in the middle of it and you know bat the batman didn't suffer any kind of you know that did well at the box office and then did well on streaming because people are like what is this new batman the question right. is is like the sequel that's what i'm like like going, and obviously there's always been talks about the sequel and i'm you know, I know people out there are saying like, "Oh yeah, Clayface is definitely in it," and uh, I'm pretty sure Clayface is going to be the cinematographer. Yeah, right. I know. There you I go. Saw, I saw one of my friends. I saw one of my friends tweet that today. I was like, "It's like, yeah, like I, guys, you know, these group, you can't any of these things cannot happen right because of the strike." That's why I was like, "Where are these? Where are these scoopers getting rumored from?" My guys. To add to well, that point, to add, to add to Andy's point, this I saw something similar, but not quite for Batman. But apparently, oh, the, the whole authority. cast, the, the authority, and it's like there's not even a director attached to that project. Yeah. Where the fuck is this coming from? What? Yeah, uh, I, I, I know. I, I I saw what it was. I think that those were names that they maybe are like looking at, but like, right. but, not, but also like that when I saw the you know the casting for Midnight or Paul, I'm like, fuck no. These are some of the <laughs> whitest men I've ever seen. Like, we need to be a little more creative here. So um, wait, wait, wait. The rumor was Skarsgård was going to be Lex Luthor. Now he's going to be Apollo. It's it's like, fuck it. I'm I'm. So well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you had uh, Mr. Esposito talking about like, right, he right, yeah. Oh, that. W- <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing him as a Lex Luthor. Can you imagine? 
Uh, I always forget you, his you, first you, name. What is it? Gian, Gian, what's this? Giancarlo. 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 Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, of course, who is in Breaking Bad. Um, Law. I have an MBO. Oh man, he is just it's, so it's volatile in the, the boys. Vol- yeah, volatile. Oh, I love him on the boys when he drags home and they're like, "You're the boys." Too, oh, yeah. okay. You're not, so you're, you're, you're not a You're a product. Here's oh, a here's man. here's a fun connection for Andy. He'll love this. Uh, so there's a connection between the boys and the Flash in season two. There's an actress named Chantel Van Satin. She I know. Addie Spivet. She <laughs> plays Becca in the boys. She's going to be at SAC Anime tomorrow. Ooh, are I'm you going, going there? there? Yeah, I'm going to Sac Anime. I'll be there. Nice. Well. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. It'll be tons and tons of fun. But yeah, I think when I think of Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito in Guns DCU, Luthor's a good pick. I had Vandal Savage in mind. Really? Uh, That's I'm, interesting. Because yeah. a lot of people, when I when I posted about it, they're like, Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. I'm like, Brainiac. That take too no, easy. Be Brainiac. Brainiac would be, yeah, he's got the voice. Yeah. I, think yeah. point, okay. I, listen, I love him to death, but I think he's a little too old for Lex because I think the Lex in this universe needs to be closer to Clark's age. So that, you know, because this is going to be a long DC That's universe. That's the debate right there. Um, yeah. But I think it should be Brainiac, uh, if anything. Uh, I don't know, but like when it came to the authority, I'm like, I knew he was going to eat something. Like I fucking knew it. I know. Um, <laughs> well, at least he turned them to turn his microphone off before yeah. he opened up the chips and poured it in there. At least so. he's paying yeah. attention. Uh, but like, when I saw the, when I saw the casting for the authority, I was agreeing with Phil. Like, there's no way that you know, there's there's not even a you know a script or whatever and so on. But like, also, I was like, these are the most boring castings they could do. Like. You know, yes, I know I'm not gonna get Henry and Ben to play Manana and Apollo, and there, there will never be a reality where I get to see them kissing each other on, on screen. Um, listen, listen, listen to me right now. When they don't talk when about your two, fantasies, Andy. Come on. Listen, mm. when those two boys, when those two you, boys would really wait a minute, do, wait a minute, wait a minute. You you want Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill to be Midnight and Apollo right directly after what they all just went through? You <laughs> just yeah. want to get him pissed. Okay. Yeah, all right. Listen, listen, I want my I want gay superhero content, okay? Because I lost all of it this year and last but year. You gotta realize the backlash, Andy. They're not gay in real life because, and then that would get backlash. You know, mm. you have to have actual. Gay- you know what? The, 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 you, you, you know, you know what? Online Rachel Ziegler, I care about love story ah! <laughs> <laughs> listen i don't i don't want to i don't want to keep hating on her i just when i, I saw I, when I, I just got more mad when i saw the tweet <laughs> against dave i'm like okay i now i'm pissed They're besties. Yeah, you, you, you rolled up your sleeves you're like oh no, i blocked her with- yeah uh. Oh, I blocked. Oh, really? I blocked. Oh. I blocked. I got I so. Appreciate mad. that, Andy. I yeah, appreciate yeah. No, because I, I, I just, I was gonna share. I was gonna share my screen with to Rebecca after we did our episode of Flash Podcast, and she was like, but then, but when I when the screen cut popped up, I'm like, all right, I blocked her, and Rebecca just like she cackled, uh, but I was like, look, they said this, and then Rachel said this, and we were just like. Yeah. I mean, Dave is not wrong. That would be kind of weird to say it that. It would be awkward, right? If you but, like, uh, walked yeah. up to like uh, an actor and like, I had the biggest crush on you when I was a kid. First off, <laughs> it would make them feel like, Jesus Christ, am I ancient? 
And then, and then <laughs> yeah. like, okay, uh, cool. And then again, I, I, I do the whole, like, imagine if Adam Brody walked up to Helen Mirren and said, I had the biggest crush on you as a kid. She'd probably be like, can we fire this guy? It's creeping uh, me out kind of thing. And I'm but like, going back yeah, to cool. my gay superhero porn uh, fantasies. What I want to see Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. <laughs> ben Affleck and Henry Cavill kissing her as superheroes in their 40s. I think that would just be amazing. I know I'm not going to get it. I know I'm not going to get it. But when I see Alexander Make some art. Make some art for, yes, for Andy. You. Oh, okay. you know, okay. can you do that for my 30th birthday? <laughs> that would be a great get- gift. Uh, which I uh, realizing it's September. I have one month left to enjoy my 20s. That's amazing. So, uh, but Axel, give yeah, Axel, make make me happy. Make me happy. I, have I only got like a, enjoy my 30s. I only got a few oh. more months until I'm done with my teens. So yeah. Well, Al- well Alex yeah, and you guys are making me, some, are making some, me feel old. I'm over you don't here. Even, you I have, don't one, more, I have one more month to enjoy my 30s, you fuckers. Are we, wait, are we, are we, are we both October kids? Yes, I'm yes. an October 1st birthday. I'm, I'm October 7th. There Born in the month of Black Adam. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Like, like Black Axel's going to be money. turning 20. You're going to be turning 30. I'm going to be turning 40. That's crazy. That is wow. I. That is wild, I. Yeah. Fucking comic, but yeah, I I don't. Alexander Scott and which wait which 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 white Sam was that they were casting was it Worthington? Oh uh, yeah, like this is so boring. Am I like, th- like so? Yeah, I don't think those castings are even like. I think they may have like well, Roka and Worthington. Like I thought, like I heard it like before. Oh, that's yes. Hey, he's from your country, right? He's an Australian, right? Yeah, I think he is Australian. Yeah, he is. And like, but like before, like Wonder Woman eighty four came out, I heard like rumors that he was gonna be in Wonder Woman eighty four as Hawkman. And that is I mean, so I thought random. that was a cool. Well, he does read. Yeah, I know. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, but like, I thought that was a cool casting. I think he would be like a good Batman. Perhaps. Like, he's got he's the right age. I want yeah. Anson Mount as uh, Batman. Interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I, 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 I somewhat. I, I I am still kind of rooting for a Josh Hartnett almost. I don't know why. I, I think <laughs> just because we're having a Josh Hartnett a sans kind of thing. That's maybe happening. having as Hal Jordan. And I was like, maybe. I was like, you know what? I would. Did you see the recent Josh Hartnett offer? Apparently. Oh yeah, because uh, playing uh, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom in a Fantastic what? Four. That's from they don't, they, don't, they, yeah. don't, they don't they don't even ha- they don't even have their fucking fantastic forecast. It's like also I don't oh, want another fantastic four thing. movie. I don't want another fantastic four movie with Doctor Doom. Like, can we just like start with another villain? I don't I, I don't like this. There can't be any credence <laughs> to, to that casting rumor, especially uh, like the characters being present in the film. Like, I honestly think the Fantastic Four film, if they're gonna do they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it big, and they're probably gonna introduce Galactus. <laughs> Like they're gonna write the wrong of Fantastic Four. Well, Silver Surfer. I mean, That's they already kind of had their with Eternals already introduced some of those kind of exactly, characters. yeah. And the those and that was some of the best parts of Eternals was. Yeah, I remember somebody actually posted uh, on the timeline probably like a week ago. They're like, I didn't see Eternals, but this shot is amazing when it shows like one of the you know one of those gods yeah. or whatever. Like, it's and it's just like the, 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 the fucking clouds like part, and then he just like I was like, yeah. There's a visually Eternals is fantastic. <laughs> Maybe not. Sometimes it looks a little dark, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like you, you know, didn't go to good with the lighting, but it's not a bad. I, I need to rewatch it again. But I mean, there is some yeah, concept like in it there that I'm movie. like, it's you know, such a boring. Chloe Zhao was gone to something when it came. It was to such a boring least. movie. That it's movie a, is yeah. the test run for Fantastic Four. Mm, you're right. 
You're right. And if they you should. Ask me if they're going to do a Galactus, they already have the fucking template right, right there. Yeah, exactly. the, bl- the blueprint is already there. Um, yeah. I remember yeah. hearing like a few months ago that Antonio Banderas was going to be Galactus. I, would, I, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind that. He's going to call Antonio Banderas. Come on. <laughs> But uh, G on the planet. <laughs> but anyways, what? you fuckers should be watching the Flash on streaming. <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, I, I just I who knows. I mean, when it comes to the, the streaming numbers, like again, Ahsoka fourteen million. I'm like, I don't believe that. But uh, you know, but yeah, the Flash. It was just kind of funny because, like I said, when you look at the the order of the opening weekends of all that, you could just kind of like go like, oh yeah, it's like. Yeah, the very first day and date movie, and then you know, it's like it's like it just goes in order. But I did find it funny that like when it comes to Black Adam, and every time we saw Dwayne Johnson talk about the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change, it's like, and we all just like you know whatever. And then all of a sudden, every movie that's come out after it has not done as well at the box office, and apparently has not done well streaming, and it's like. All right, maybe he was kind of on to something. Of course, we're just joking about that, but it's just kind of funny how that is. Many Rhea, what did you Black think Adam. about Black Adam? Rhea, I don't, yeah. Oh, I really enjoyed the movie. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually am a huge advocate for the continuation of that, you know, um, uh, that plot, not just, you know, um, you know obviously keeping henry cavill a superman but you know yeah. i just love those characters like um the jsa i was optimistic i was actually like that spark of hope seeing like you know the after credit scene in shazam as much as like you know i enjoyed that movie that extra you know bit of content was you know like it kept me you know invested and uh, i still would like to see those characters um for sure but um as far as like uh black adam and you know it as like its own uh film i actually did really enjoy it and i do feel like it told a successful story that even if it was self-contained um i'm i'm pleased with it but uh for for what it's worth what it did introduce as far as like new uh potential routes that uh these characters or like these um story elements could go um i'm also i was also really like you know happy with those but i'm also happy with like you know the final product Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a powerful Middle Eastern story. You know, that's why it resonates so much for me. Yeah, it's the ensemble cast for sure. Like, you know, their ability to um, banter amongst one another and build uh, a sense of camaraderie that is, like, believable as well as, you know, cohesive to the stakes and uh, how their, you know, their deaths or, you know, how their, you know, um, the sense of peril. Like is it's more impactful when I'm able to spend some time with those characters and really get to know their personalities and how they establish care for one another and even just like tidbits of you know, um, uh, references to past interactions as well. Like I don't need like a full like you know origin story for all these characters. Just like you know, successfully communicate how they know each other, what their you know uh, abilities are, like how they play a role in in the ensemble cast like i feel like black adam succeeded uh, in my opinion at doing that which made it enjoyable and made me you know invested in those characters and the story yeah no i mean i rewatched it and then like i'm like one of those it's like all right it, it to me it's like the visuals are great to be honest some visuals are fantastic 
but part of this, I, I, I didn't like the whole, like, I don't know, like doing the whole thing where a kid is involved with here. And I'm like, eh, oh this female thing. I, lo- I, I love the, I love the kid because he's basically me at that age. I mean, I Tell get it. Man in black sent you. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's just I was like, ah, I didn't need that. I don't know. To me, I was like, um, my whole thing was like, man, if they would have introduced him as like a full on just, you know, bloodthirsty like villain, I wanted to see like that. But they made him an anti-hero. And I was like, eh, it's 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 I mean, he was pretty blood, I mean, he was still pretty blood. Yeah, he still way. was. He still had. His yeah, they mind. said the whole oh, you should be a hero thing like 10 times in that movie. I'm like, I'm like yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean they were trying. But that's, I don't be, know. But that's, that's because the justice. That's, that's you know because the justice cops of America were just like you know you know this injustice so, cops of America. Listen, listen, <laughs> think about it. Okay, you know what? If I can get Dave, if I may get a okay. little political here. Go ahead. So, conduct was enslaved by this terror. You know, by this organization Inter- known as Intergang. Intergang, right? And you know, for this whole entire time. America did nothing, but suddenly when Black Adam is is risen, Amanda Waller suddenly feels a need to like we need to interfere. Like where were they when they when these people were actually oppressed? So you know the Justice Cops. It is I love the JSA as a concept, but like these they are fucking cops. The speed of like we just want to bring peace and stability. Is I'm just like I'm like I'm like when 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 uh, what's her name? I think I think. I think having the JSA's connection tied so heavily to Amanda Waller more or less makes it feel like another Suicide Squad without it really being a Suicide Squad in name. Yeah, it felt yeah. like um that it felt like um the Justice League of America from like the New Fifty Two, you know, like with the one with oh uh, yeah 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 kind oh of. no 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 Rick, like Steve Trevor led something like that yeah. But yeah, I, I was like for me, like I like when Adriana dragged their, their fucking asses of like you know. Like, where were you? So, like, yeah, I love the fact, again, like, for me, like, I will defend Black Adam till the day I die. You know, Black Adam and Blue Beetle are the only two DC movies that came out out of all these DC films, division films, uh, because, again, like, they tell powerful stories. Again, there's there's themes, that, again, even in Blue Beetle, like, Victoria Court is, mil- is the personification of military-industrial complex. And also, let's, let's just call it what it is. Carapax went through child trafficking because of her. So, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, so yeah, these are yeah, black kind of like I will that kid, I love that kid, you know, because I get, he's basically me when I was his age. I would have done the same thing, like you need a catchphrase. It's a, yeah, you're related, you related. I get that. Yeah, that's good. I, no, that's wrong. I did also want to add, like, um, Dave, to your point about you know, Black Adam being a villain in the source material as opposed to being presented as a um, or or what we got of him in the film, uh, him being an anti-hero. I still feel like, for what it's worth, uh, there are still remnants of, you know, could he, you know, kind of pivot to being a villain? You know, is he, isn't he? Because he still operates on his own, you know, code of, you know, um, uh, ethics. And, you know, uh, we've seen that he's not, you know, 100% on board with, you know, common sense of morality and, um, and ethics as far as like what the JSA considers that or what Amanda Waller considers as, you know, um, uh, 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 being able to exist in the wider realm of, of the world outside of conduct. So mm-hmm. um, him wanting to, you know, potentially exit that, you know, bubble that she kind of, you know, 
uh, says, okay, yeah. you're delegated here. Don't go anywhere else. Uh, I don't, uh, I see that, you know, if he were to, you know, ex uh, you know, on his own terms, exit that, you know, bubble, then he can kind of transcend into, you know, this, um, like being more presented as a villain because yeah, like as we, uh, we've seen like, you know, with other villains who operate on their own, you know, perception of morality and ethics, like if it differs from, you know, the general consensus of what those things should be, they are automatically perceived as a villain. No, I mean, Reagan right, right, right is giving you free ideas and you're just leaving money on the table. I'm giving you free game, free game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, no, no. But I, I think they really expressed that with the post credit scene because, I mean, yeah. he was just like, it was like, okay, they, they, they wrapped up the story and he was like, all right, cool. Got my throne and whatever the heck. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a minute. We're still worried about you. And so then it was like Amanda Waller is like, hey, and then he just you know, destroys that device. And then all of a sudden Superman just shows up and he goes, he's that pillar of morality and ethics. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they did, they did a, you know, when it came to the post credit, I mean, I was like, okay, it was like, all right. Yeah. He's too much. I felt like at, for a moment, I was like, ah, too much of a hero. But then the post credit made him go, made him, go back to oh yeah this guy could definitely well, see, it's 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 almost the perfect setup for him as a character if you really wanted to push that boundary of having him really cross that line into a full-on villain antagonist role because yeah. if you, the, the one thing you you would have to do to set off black adam would to be not necessarily decimate but have kandak under some kind of just mm. iron grasp between be it in control for man of waller or having like you know <laughs> kill the kid unfortunately oh. Yeah, that Boy, too. Him actual... or ISIS, the, the the or the reincarnation of the character that is ISIS in the comics. I don't really remember the name off the top of my head. Oh, uh, they meant the organization. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but like that—that—that's just it. You would literally have to like basically have Black Adam relive what he already went through five thousand years ago in the modern context for him to look at Amanda Waller and be like, right. "Oh no, okay, no, fuck it, I'm gonna like destroy everything right. now." I like that. I like that. And that's what could have ended up happening. I know. Yeah, right. Oh, very but, interesting. You know, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm kind of wondering, like, what was, yeah. I mean, uh, I've been wondering, obviously, because it's like, you know, The Rock and his crew were had a whole different idea of what was going to be the future of DC before James Gunn came in. And I always still find it weird that James Gunn had did no promoting of Black Adam, yet his wife was in it. It was just that was always strange. A weird thing. very strange, it was a very strange thing, very strange thing. But I'm sure it had to do with like business wise or whatever the hell. So, and I don't know. <clears throat> it's because Henry Cavill was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, watch the Flash on Max. Okay. Okay. Um, we get, okay. I, we get some, I say this okay. with respect. No. No. Yeah. No one told him to do Flash again. I I love Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. There you go. I loved the George Clooney scene. It was great. Me too. Yeah. No. I want Sasha to come back for Supergirl Woman tomorrow. I. I want to rewatch this movie when I am in a better mood to rewatch this movie when it comes to that movie specifically because man that movie just did not. The more I've thought about it after seeing it in IMAX, the more I've just been like, yeah, no, I, I don't don't talk about things you don't like. There we go. All right. It's funny. That I was watching. It. I liked it. 
I watched a YouTube clip today where someone had put in Donkey XL's Flash theme when he's running. And I'm like, this is a theme. Because I will tell you this. The Flash Barry in the Flash movie, he doesn't have his own theme. I, there's more Batman scores in that. In When I go to that Spotify yeah. list, I listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he did a better job with Shazam than he did with the Flash in terms of iconic self-score to that character. Because like when I heard the first Shazam movie do the score for that character, I was like, okay, yeah, that fits. When it came to the Flash almost nothing regarding the flash and the score kind of made me think oh yeah that works for the flash no i still think of like you know at the speed force that's the first thing that comes yeah. to mind when i think of Ezra i don't get why didn't you just get get to score why didn't you just get him to score this like this what i did like the the theme was already there yeah i i think it was just because it was a specific theme for that i mean let's face it like i mean there's a specific theme that they made for wonder woman and then when it came to <laughs> anytime that she had a cameo it was like they just played that and it was like oh damn it. So you guys sick. are like you guys are killing the score you know because all of a sudden it's like they show her like she just shows up and it goes down and then it's like ah uh, wait who did that uh wonder woman theme like who wait who, was it junkie xl or Hans it was both Hans junkie xl and hans zimmer it was both. like after because right now they're probably feeling like oppenheimer of what they've done with that score. Uh, nah, it's how not. people have used that score. it's a great <laughs> score and, and yeah it's great don't get me wrong and people made fun of it like because like when she shows up in a cameo it's like yeah they play that but at the same time, I'm like, well, that just shows you how awesome that score is, to be honest. Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, she walks in or does something, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, it's almost like every time it's done, they try and recapture the magic of her entrance from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, exactly. They're never going to want to be Zack Snyder. They just don't want Zack Snyder. That is like the best intro in a superhero movie is like her saving Batman's ass in BBS. I mean, that's just my opinion. That's the best intro. I know some people are like, oh, no, it's Thor and Infinity War. Yeah, it's a good one, too. But that isn't still not as good. Oh, can these MCU chills just shut the fuck up? It's still a good good intro, though. Like, like when he shows up in that final battle, it's still pretty good. I give a fan of the MCU more credit if they tell me that Infinity War and Endgame are not in their top five. Hmm. Wow. Mm. Because, man, there's a lot... (laughs) Like we were talking about earlier, a lot of the stuff feels like it, you know, they bring in a handful of directors, but they more or less make it look the same. And I feel like that that the 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 wow words are fucking hard right it's, now. It's all ghost directed by Kevin <laughs> the slate, the slate that Gunn has provided. If you look at the filmmakers in the business today and you look at that slate, that slate is not only intriguing, but it's also challenging. That's why you've got James Mangold on something like Swamp Thing. He looked at that and went, Oh. I can do something different with that. And that's probably why they got in contact. When then you also look at Brave and the Bold. Who's doing that? Andy Muschietti, who's handled an ensemble cast with its chapter one and two. I think that there's an approach here that Gunn's shooting for where he wants distinct filmmakers to have distinct visions, but at the same yeah. time, he wants a universe to be cohesive to some extent or another. And I'm very curious to see who he's going to get for Superman, Superwoman 
Supergirl. Wow, fuck me. Words are hard. <laughs> Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Because, man, I have seen Greta Gertwig's name float around for that. And this happens almost every single time a new director does something superbly successful. Their name automatically gets thrown in the ring for the yeah, for a I next superhero. Yeah, I, I, I hate that. I hate that. I hate it. I like but I don't, I don't need her for Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Same. Same. She's working on the the Chronicles of Narnia films for Netflix. Let her work on that. If she no. wants to do something down the line, cool. Whatever. But let's, she but let, whatever. You, know, let's, you know what we can do? Let's make, you know, if, if anything, let's take it, let's look at this as a takeaway and be like, you know what? Let's hire more female directors. You know, not just like, like not, not just stick to the one. That's the thing. Like, I think, you know, yes, we have Patty Jenkins, we have Greta Garvey, but it's like, there are so many more female filmmakers out there that, need, that should be able to come in and also add something new to this DNA, you know? So it's like, yeah, that's where, um, you know, my excitement for the Marvels is uh, mainly coming from. Is I'm so the, excited about um, Marvels. I'm, I'm eager to see what can be done with uh, uh, talent or like creator, you know, energy that I don't have any sort of like uh, preconceived notions of what their style is like. Uh, similar to how I went into Blue Beetle not knowing anything about that character or the work of the director prior. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of want to go in and see, you know, the finished uh, results of uh, their creative endeavor. So. Yeah. No, I, I mean, um, yeah, when it comes to the, I, they release a new little thing. I made a joke, of course. I don't, I, you know, when it comes You're to a the jokester, don't, don't yeah, make fun of fan films. Joker, You're right. I, I did make a joke, and a lot of people, <laughs> they're like, they, you know, people laughed at it. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, I just, because like there's a shot of her with the, the cat on her when she's flying, and I was like, mm, I thought it looked cute. Oh, yeah, okay, but I just thought it didn't look that great. So I just, I think, and I said, stop making fun of fan films. And I was I like, think, I think the still you share absolutely reinforces what you're conveying, but I, I, I need to see it in emotion. I haven't seen yeah, a new clip. I'm from still going to go watch it. I mean, I'm still going to go and, you know, but, you know, I, 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 because I loved Miss Marvel, I thought that was, Top, it's a great show. Yeah. Great stuff. When it came Fuck to, the, yes. I'm, 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 I'm there for Kamala more than the other Kamala. Two. Kamala Harris. Kamala, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, I don't want to be that person. I really me. loved Wandavision, so I'm there for yeah. the, the daughter of of um, yeah. Mariah. I like Monica yeah. Rambeau. Yeah, we're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, we're there for more than than uh, the original Captain Marvel. <laughs> Well, you know, I I, I might have mentioned I'm here for Captain Marvel. I love Captain Marvel. I might have mentioned this on the nerds right, I'm, yesterday I'm that um, you know, if you look at a lot of the origin films that Marvel's done, you know, just you know, Iron Man, Spider Man Homecoming, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, there is a very distinct synergy between lead actor and director that is almost non existent with Captain Marvel, the first Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. 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 You know what? I can actually agree with that. I can agree with that actually. I love I love the first Captain Marvel movie, but yeah, not that uh, okay. I almost called you Lip, but I know he's not Lip from Shameless. He's Phil. I'll um, take that as a compliment because that's very complimentary. I will call you. You know, I will call you Lip. I will call lip. Call I, you I'm lip. perfectly yeah. fine with that. Yeah, it's um, better than Phil. No offense. I I don't mind it, but that's just something that's. I will call. Like, I will, nah. You know what? I love Shameless so much. I love Jeremy Allen White so much. I will happily call you Lip. But what to that point? I can see that, yeah, like it felt like there was a disconnect between the two filmmakers. And, which again, I always thought it was community. Why are we having two directors on Captain Marvel? Like, you know, like I was like really, you know, get, get, get uh, you know, one filmmaker. And I would have preferred if it had been a 
a female director. But yeah, that's why I'm so excited for the Marvels because you know, like it's gonna be again, it's you know, three amazing female superheroes with a uh, female director bringing these three to light. That's why, that's why you know, I, I know they were like dragging her, dragging. You were kept talking about how she was like, you know, like this is a different Marvel movie and so on. I'm like. I like I don't I don't I think she's aware that most Marvel movies are comedic and fun and weird and so on. I think she was just meaning for more from um from a fem, from a female perspective because we haven't had that again because we've only had two female movies in the MCU and um, and I think uh, that, oh yeah that's where we escalated because I said only one of them was good and you guys were like. You don't like Black Widow? I'm like, I do not like Black Widow. Yeah, um, Black Widow is not good. <laughs> Black Widow is a mixed bag for me. Oof, I, you know, it had some good things in it, I will say. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Florence. Pew, 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 pew. Same. You know, but, uh, Big same. I always, I, I can't. It's hard for me to, say, for me to say her name without going pew, 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 pew. Um, but, uh, you know, I, fact, I, I did like that, but I like her. She's the reason I saw the Black Widow movie to begin with. Same. <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to see Jelena. Like, I don't care for Natasha. And, like, you know, so, like, for me, I'm like, I'm here to see Jelena. And that was the be- only takeaway I had from that film afterwards. Like, you know, and also Red Guardian was fun. I was n- I was actually not a fan of of turning Red Guardian into into the fat Thor joke for that film. Mm. That that was kind of mm. Yeah, I kind of found him annoying. Yeah. I wasn't even call it annoying. I would just say that that a lot of the, the humor fell on Harbor, and I'm not going to say that he delivered it not well. I'm just going to say that it just didn't land well enough for me. I just yeah. don't like the body shaming in the MCU. I, I'm just like, I'm like same. Okay, you. <laughs> you know what? Same. I'm kind of well as a plus side sort of person myself. Like I did not laugh when <laughs> Endgame showed us what happened before. I'm like, I thought yeah, it was, that was the worst part, part of Endgame. I was, yeah. I was like, I was like, he has an, I was like, oh my god, he has an, he has an. And then they did like the Fortnite joke, which was okay. There's a part of me that is convinced that the whole fat Thor bit in Endgame is a creation of Taika Waititi, and the yes. rest went fucking fine. All right, is. whatever. It definitely is, but I, I, I can't say that for sure because I don't know. That's and, just a cynical and also part like in out. Ragnarok, they get rid of one of his eyes. And then the next movie, they just uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on what, that. I, that that, that the bothers the shit out of me. Ragnarok is not even a Ragnarok is not even a good that great of a movie. It's a good movie, but it's like either I, the one best, of Taika's movies are good movies. Andy, he's not a, he's not a good filmmaker. That's why my when people <laughs> no, were like he should okay, you know what? Your days are right. Jojo Rabbit's not happening. When they said he should join DC, I was like, fuck no. He's gonna I'm play like, uh, Jimmy Olsen. Well, he was already Ratcatcher. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the uh, well. Nathan Fillion was Nathan Fillion was already in the Suicide Squad. He was right? in yeah. he was in Green Lantern twenty eleven. He was in Green Lantern. Oh yeah. Green... That's and like, he was so was annoying. The... He was so he was more tolerable. He's still then. annoying. Well, he's the worst well, part yeah. of fucking Free Guy. That's for sure. I love Free oh, Guy. Oh my god. Fuck yeah. I cosign that. Enjoy Free Guy. Yeah, Free Guy is great, but. Man, he oh by the way, to lips, then again, uh, I'm like the lips oh. challenge before. Um, so I only have one of the uh, those last Avengers games in my top five. My top five for the MCU films is No Way Home, Black Panther, Iron Man, Winter Soldier, and Endgame. Okay, mine off the top of my head, I know for a fact is No Way Home, uh, Loki, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, Winter Soldier. Not in that order, but those are my top no. five. Yeah, mine is not that you know, I don't have a specific order. I God, Winter Soldier was so good. That's why my I'm like when people talk about like Captain America being a good trilogy, I'm like trilogy. I didn't know that Captain America had a third movie come out. Captain America is actually about to enter saga territory with number four, Brave New World. 
that'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and I, I think Chris Hemsworth is going to be in that. I will. I'm just going to say that now. You think he's Thor's going to show, show up? There. Yeah. Yeah. Any something. any specific reason why you think that, or you what do you? I don't know. You? I just think like they're they're going to need something more. And I think they're, I'm not saying that he's going to show up and like save the day. I just like, maybe there's going to be old Steve Rogers. I don't know. Dude, Cause Steve Rogers saying? didn't die. No, right? Oh, you said Chris Hemsworth. I, I, I thought you meant. Oh, Chris, Chris, Chris Evans. Did I say Hemsworth? No, you yeah. Did you say Hemsworth. Hemsworth. yeah. Sorry. Too was, many Chris's was, in the That's why I was like, really? Thor? Oh, yeah. I'm like, why would Thor be? No, no. Chris Thor? Evans. I think Chris no, Evans. Chris you know what? That is offensive that you mixed up the Chris's and you mix up the white people, Dave. That's offensive. I know. See, well, we all look alike. We all look alike. Well, I'm only I kind of hope Steve has like at least a cameo or something. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that there would be some kind of Steve <laughs> Rogers. I don't know. Like I, I could see, you know, a visitation or I don't know, something where it's like there's I think Chris Evans is going to show up. Not Hemsworth. Evans. Sorry. Wrong. Chris Griffin. Uh, wrong. Um, Dave, Dave, you need to do an apology video. So go get the ukulele. I will start writing the lyrics. And you can... Yeah, exactly. I do not have yeah, be a Bill Clinton. Yeah. I would like to see Steve Rogers return for Secret Wars, but he's I, going to. You, you'd have to imagine like that. Yeah. That's kind of what they're leading towards. I think we're getting and so is Tony Stark probably. But I think, yeah. Lip, I think we're getting both him as Steve Rogers and, and then reboot, reboot yeah, after that. I think he's gonna come back as Johnny Storm as well. I think that Andrew Garfield be... is totally going to get a black suit in Secret Wars. Well, okay, why is every, okay, so I've seen, when I see all these fan art, when it comes to the Spider-Man, everyone is convinced that Garfield will be the one that will black suit, not Tom Holland. Like, have I, as I, am I missing something? Or is it like, what are they treading on? Well, I don't see why they both can't have black suits. Yeah. There you go. I mean, he did have a black suit at Gwen's wedding. I mean, uh, no, yeah. at funeral. So, yeah. I mean, it it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to say that that maybe the symbiote jumps on to Peter too before it jumps on to Peter Tom. So I don't know. I don't know. Tough of Grace is going to show what? up. Yeah. I don't know. What? I think no, we need to start no, talking no, about no, Rebel Moon no, now. No, I think we're talking too much about this. Oh, fuck right about Rebel Moon. Oh, for Grace Randolph. Oh. oh. Grace, Grace oh, Randolph did I'm not sorry. even, uh, she didn't even uh, react to the Rebel Moon trailer. Did you guys notice that? Wow. No, no I didn't. No, she looked at her. No, Dave, I got subscribed to her. Yeah. Dave, yeah, I'm I, so surprised. She blocked me. She doesn't like me. No, she oh. unfollowed me finally. Remember, like, she was following me? She unfollowed me finally. Um, and that flipping pancake, you know, like, is, you know, like, it's like she, like, why, her not releasing something with Zach? I'm shocked. Well, it's not like it's not like she would like she, she it's not like she got him on his channel and then would drag him in later videos. I don't know. It's kind of wow. I I yeah, apparently I don't know if anybody wants to look it up, but apparently she didn't do a trailer reaction or breakdown for the Rebel Moon trailer. Somebody double check that, Droga. I know you're like typing in your computer. Uh you're, Ray, you're I wanted to get fan. your opinion on uh the Rebel Moon trailer. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed watching the trailer. I watched it twice. Um, so I think I think the format that I watched the trailer is not ideal to what I should expect in the final product. One uh, version of the trailer I saw was compressed on my phone. So uh, a lot of the visual effects and, um, and camera work were probably not, you know, what I should base my opinion on. Then watching it um, like a 1080p, 
like on a television is also not ideal. So I preface what I'm about to say uh, with that because I'm acknowledging that, you know, what I'm seeing should not reflect what I should expect in the in the film because I'm trying to keep in mind that okay yeah the visual effects in my opinion um I'm not like the biggest fan of uh the the camera work that I see familiar callbacks to from um uh Army of the Dead uh so there's uh some decisions around you know the cinematography that are you talking about pers- uh, the dream lens like yeah yes it's like everything's i pick and I choose you know where i feel like it it is you know I, i'm a fan of it and then there are other times where i feel like uh, i'm not too you know jazzed on how this looks. one of those but, i think yeah. i think like uh, and i don't mean to interrupt you but i think like when it comes to zach i think he was definitely experimenting because he used it in the nightmare scene for the uh additional photography for zach Snyder's justice league and i think he, maybe he's like yeah i probably shouldn't shoot a an entire film like that a sequence sure but not because it I, because just seeing people's reactions to it and then even like watching it again, I'm like, I, I like it. I, I dig it. It's different stylistically. I, I, I dig it and I dig what he was doing, but I can see it like it works better for the nightmare sequence in Zack Snyder's Justice League because it's a brief thing that is a literal dream sequence as opposed to a, a whole movie. But then again, I'm like, Zach is army of the dead a dream sequence dun 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 we'll get to that in a little bit Rhea, keep going sorry um yeah so uh i again like i'm singing the praises of you know ensemble casts so from what i did see like uh, visuals aside i saw a lot of like compelling character interactions and dialogue and i was able to get a sense of who these um who a lot of like these figures would be in the story as far as like how the clues i was picking up on in their interactions so that's essentially what i'm looking for i don't want like a grand you know a grandiose sort of like visual spectacle as much as you know those are nice to have i like when it's strategically placed in a great you know um uh acted and uh presented as far as like well written and uh well spoken dialogue and uh, convincing performances like it's that's kind of you know the the like like it's it's a nice garnish is what i'm trying to say so what i am essentially looking for is that auteurism that you know we celebrate about zach's work and uh yes like he's also a very compelling you know visionary as far as like being auteurist for his um how he designs his you know his films to look as well. But um, I do want to see more of like, you know, the prowess of, you know, the um, the ensemble cast um, interactions and how we connect with them that we see that he also is adept at as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, some of the things that, I mean, obviously when it comes to the trailer, but I mean, um, yeah, I, it's definitely going to be something special and like what steven said last week on on the stream is the fact that yeah i mean (laughs) and it's funny too because i saw like people are passing around like people who were like shitting on it and somebody was like 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 jesus christ this is a teaser trailer it's three and a half minutes it's like well it's a teaser for the whole universe it's two movies like some of the visuals we saw in there we're not going to see in the first part 
you know, and um, and I do I like that. Funny, by the way, that we have to speculate what is from what from what I know movie. which movie is from which movie. That's what's yeah. kind of cool about it. It's like and I'm like eh, some of the backstory with Cora's character, maybe that's going to be in the second movie, or is that going to be flashback in the first movie? I don't know. So many things, and then of course Stephen dropping that there's an um, a red band trailer. Which is like, God damn it. And then I was like, kind of curious. Do we know when like, that's right. coming up? I don't, sorry, not, sorry to interrupt, but I do. We know yeah, no, no. That's the thing that I was going to be asking. And he that's was like, the, the fact that it's mm -hmm. like, when does that get released? And I'm like, kind of going, well, if we're talking about the streaming platform and we don't know, I mean, we know that the regular version is coming out in December. So then I'm kind of wondering, like, so what, how long did I, I don't think we're going to actually get this Red Band trailer until the initial release for the PG-13 version is out because I remember seeing people are like, ah, he probably, and I was like, yeah, they might not. If you're thinking about it from a marketing standpoint, is like the fact is like, all right, you have, you just release trailers, PG-13 type trailers for this movie. And then you go like, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, I don't know. You go like, oh yeah, you guys like this? Well, guess what? We have an hour of additional footage that is R rated and here's the fucking trailer for that. But then at the same time, if it's the same kind of teaser trailer that just had some longer scenes that had some blood splatter and some graphic violence. What, I mean, that, I don't know if that would actually be good to release afterwards or I don't know. It's, uh, it's that's what I'm confused about. I don't like, get it. That's what I'm confused about too. Yeah. It's red band trailer. Like, a red band trailer version of the trailer we just got, or is it red band trailer as I like, think is so? A new trailer. I think it's that. Well, I want I want a new because trailer. According to Steven, want... they saw we got the green band trailer of what we got two Tuesdays or a couple Tuesdays ago. So I don't know. <laughs> like this is so really then I'm confusing. Going like maybe really confusing. they shouldn't wait till after i don't know but it's i don't a want a red red i want to get a like a, an official trailer with new footage like i don't want i like i don't need like a red band version of something we've already seen well what's funny is like they usually release them at the same time <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. i don't maybe, did that so i'm almost kind of wondering maybe they won't release it at all and they'll just be a different trailer released has, the red band trailer i know right stop that hashtag has, no, Zach, I, has Zach said anything on Vero or like you know like, like no. you know. he has not but i uh, but i'm kind of wondering like, maybe, maybe like when it came to uh the trailer that we got um maybe there's just like when it comes to the red band trailer it just had it was probably like 17 seconds longer because it had a, some, some, not even that, probably seven seconds. Because I remember, like, even Steven saying, like, like, oh yeah, that 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 hatchet that she has and throws, you actually see where it lands, but you don't see where it lands in the Green Band trailer. So I'm thinking, like, the Red Band trailer was specifically put out there for that event that happened. You know, it's possible. Uh, yeah, and maybe we won't get that, but we will get a Red Band trailer, a, a Red Band director's cut trailer after the initial movie has come out because no, I'm, that's, I, I would rather have that instead yeah it would be very stupid if they just released the same trailer that had you know seven seconds of of footage that just showed like the extension of certain scenes that showed graphic violence so but but 
Um, did you guys see the thing that uh, that was like apparently released today that there's going to be a an Army of the Dead Easter egg in Rebel I Moon? did. I saw that right before your show started. You didn't see that, Rhea? I see you shaking your head. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it either. I, I'll be right I, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying apparently. to. Try, I try to say as un you know as unspoiled as possible with Super Moon because because with Super Moon because of my job I have to be constantly spoiled or whatever. So, but I would remove. I'm like, I'm tr- I'm actively not trying to look for too much. Like the trailer was like I'm like you know what. I'm good with the trailer. Like I can do one more trailer, maybe. But like after that, I don't well, want to see. Too this much. is not really. It's not really a spoiler if you think about it. I mean, it's just the fact that, it, like, I mean, there was a, a the Snyder cut reels were literally in Army of the Dead when they opened up the fucking you know uh, safe. You actually you could see the the Snyder cut no. you know reels. But it's a fun so, thing to discover on their own. That's what's so fun. True. About it. It's like mm. true, but it but but. Uh, you know, Mr. Stephen Colbert. It's like, it's like hearing about that, like Snyder cut joke in Barbie. It's like, why can't we have just heard about it while watching it? Why? Why do we? Because have to people want to be. It? People want to get retweets and shares and clicks. Yeah, I know that. So it's just God scoopers. No, but uh, one of the things that uh, I'm trying to find it here. Okay, so but but then we got like Stephen. <laughs> See, Stephen posted this right here. Because Stephen Amell, yeah, Stephen Amell posted this right here. Um, I stand with my union. Nope, not that one. What the no, hell? No, not, yeah, that, that's Stephen Amell. That's right. Stephen Amell. Not stand with his union. He's my um, green arrow. So. All right. Well, that's Justin, not... Justin Harley is my greener until Charlie Hunnam plays him. No, I, until David Spade plays him. David Spade. I oh. hate you. Like, why would you? Why would you put that idea out there? But look at this right here. None is going to be able to identify it until after Army of the Dead comes out. What? So even if you, there's no way we were going to even know about this. So Stephen, apparently, now that's why I posted this right here. I was like, what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Throw a what knife fuck? at Stephen. No, owner killer. Well, I literally have that drop. Yeah, I, know. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just like we you don't have uh, the throw a knife at Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have that drop of uh, Inspector Todd saying, "Don't dig, Axel"? No. I kind of wish it was a good clip with Zach saying the name Andy just for my own amusement. No. No, but it, like I'm like okay, so it's gonna be an Easter egg that whenever somebody spots it, we're not gonna know exactly what it means until we see Planet of the Dead. That's what was kind of interesting about that. When Steven when said that, that, I was like, oh. when did that come out? That comes out. I mean, they haven't well, even filmed it. <laughs> they haven't even like, yeah, that's the thing. Dave, I want to date right now. I want to date right now. Give me a date. I, I know Dave knows something. I'm I don't know shit. Um, but I, I, mean, I don't believe Lost you. Vegas. Believe we got Las Vegas. That's like the prequel. That's going to come out first. I mean, Planet of the Dead is probably not going to come out till. 2025 until uh, that's not that far off. Uh, that's not after far away. Zach finishes uh, Justice League 3. What? No, I'm just yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell it to Netflix, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm really looking forward to is the Norse gods thing because, like, after watching Blood of Zeus, <laughs> I want to I see Twilight more of the these gods. shows. But, Twilight but, of the gods. But one yeah. of the things that I wanted to, like, like, you know, when it comes to that whole Easter egg, I'm like, because there's always been a suspicion that maybe that Rebel Moon and Army of the Dead are in the same universe. I've been thinking that'd be dope. Like, yeah. 
I I, 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 would, I would I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I'm not saying like like there's got to be like interact, but I'm just saying like what if like there? I mean, because let's face it, when you watch Army of the Dead, it's not just a zombie movie. There's more happening in this movie. Than, well, there are two spaceships that lead off in the very beginning. Exactly. Like, what, there's what, what, aliens. There's robots and there's a crazy time loop thing and then you have something called planet of the dead that's going to be the next is that, is that and maybe then you're talking about a planet and then you're talking about a space opera that he's creating that has to do with you know different planets and a rebel moon and i'm like maybe like rebel moon is set in the future and those <laughs> But what if oh, planet, what if planet is the t- um, the film we get before Rebel Moon Part Three, and that how is how they establish well, it in the same world? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. I'm here to talk to you about the Rebel Moon Initiative. No, right, boy? Don't you don't you don't bring in the MCNS into this? Like, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Do you have any thoughts, Rhea? She's like, no, y'all, y'all are going into deep cut territory. I'm like, oh, I know, I right? Trailer twice. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I'm just saying, like, like the the whole like, you know, if if there's a rebel, if there's a an army of the dead Easter egg, do you think like there's a possibility that it's a shared universe that he's doing, even though they're so far away from each other when it comes to story and everything? Do you think that it might exist? I don't know. It's such a weird thing. I, I don't want to say that it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm thinking yeah. of like, you know, how um, Army of the Dead had that Easter egg of like, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, you know, in the corner. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, it's fun to, you know, have references of different work and across your um, uh, your your uh, creations. But I don't uh, I personally I'm not 100 percent on a fan of, you know, needing to have uh, all of your <laughs> creations uh interlaced like canonically it's it's nice as an easter egg but um i personally would like to see each of these creations uh as standalones because i want to see how you are able to communicate different narratives and different writing styles and different you know uh forms of your cinematography across different um uh uh, types of stories while still having like your auteurist, you know, like signature across them. So for me personally, like, you know, I'm a little worried about like, okay, if they are in a shared universe, I don't want them to be homogenized. I want to continue to see you grow and experiment in- across all these different, you know, types of narratives. But that's just me. I'm not saying it's impossible and that it wouldn't be well executed. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I uh, personally, I I would hope to see like, you know, some, you know, kind of, you know, uh, solo experiences with these different stories that I can just, you know, run with and not have to feel like I'm compelled similar to how I feel with the MCU. Like, oh, I have to, you know, pay attention to this and this content. I have to pay attention yeah. to that and this content. So mm-hmm. I'm a, I That's have my own point. personal reservations, but maybe like I... Um, Maybe like I need to let go of those two and just accept the content as it is. Uh, I think I think I think, I think it's, it's going to be like a similar down. thing. It's going to be a similar thing to like how the Snyder Cut was in Army of the Dead, but it was in like, I mean, it was not it was not in the actual safe like when they physically went there. It was like when they were running through the plan and they opened it up and it was like over there and it was a brief thing. 
Yeah, it might be in one of the timelines like where the Snyder Cut does exist. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like it, it was like meaning that the Justice League exists in the Army universe. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna you know, I think so, DC Comics probably exists in that world. Like DC yeah. Comics, like, like there's some the, like so Black Lightning did this. Like in Black Lightning's universe, the DC characters are they're combo characters. Yeah. So that's why when Black Lightning sees Superman for the first time in Crisis, he's like, "Shit, this is real." Oh wow! Mm. Oh, that's all this time. So like, I think yeah. I think in Army of the Dead, like that's like DC exists as an entity, and like in somewhere in that world, Zack Snyder produced a Justice League movie. Hopefully not for Warner Brothers because I I don't need yeah. Warner Brothers to exist in any other universes. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's probably one of those things. But like maybe Army of the Dead is in Rebel Moon. It is like a fiction a fictional work. Like it's a, it, it's you know it's a famous movie. In their world, and maybe in Arbiter there, Rebel Moon is like that's their Star Wars or whatever, if that makes sense. Yeah, it could be just something like that, or it's it's not going to connect. But I mean, I, I remember when uh, people were trying to make the connection, just because you know, when it comes to zombies and you know that that happened in this world, we already we are we all know that there's there's an alien aspect to it. But I do hope it's not. I hope it's like not, one of the robots. That. Like, isn't there like robot in like one of the scenes? Yeah, yeah. There's also a robot too. Maybe that was Jimmy. About that. I do kind of no. want to shout out um, yes. our good friend William Powell from the Sci-Fi Center. He makes a great point um, on his show often about how he's frustrated that <laughs> um, Rebel Moon is re reduced to being like a Dune meets you know Star Wars you know type of story because he you know. He notes that you know this uh, the 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 seven the seven samurai you know sort of like you know thread of influence across film is seen not just you know um, in uh, like you know let's say like Star Wars or like you know other ensemble you know um, westerns and like film throughout you know time since that that original film came out but there's also that thread of influence in Rebel Moon as well that. Um, like that is probably the most significant influence at least like from his perception of you know the uh the the what we what little we know about the story and uh what we see in the trailer so yeah i i really appreciate that take because um even before the trailer came out i still felt like you know again like these preconceived notions of what we're gonna um you know pick up on as far as like tropes we're looking for from like dune and star wars and like visual like references to what we perceive as a successful sci-fi uh fantasy adventure i don't want to have those comparisons baked into what i am walking into to watch this brand new um creative endeavor as if that makes sense no, it does. As long as it's organic, it would it would be like that would be fun. Like if it's organic that that they, they can exist in the same universe, sure. Yeah. But it's like you know, like I'm you know, if the if the army verse and the rebel verse are like their own things, that you know, that's fine too. I'm just happy Zach gets to work, <sighs> gets to thrive, he gets to make money. The, yeah, but the comparisons they're always going to be there. I mean, that's yeah. the sad right. part because we all have, know Dave. because we all know that he did once pitch this story to lucasfilm at one point so i mean they're already doing that but at the same time there's already there's there's even people who are just sick of where star wars is right now that are just going like hey Zack snyder just just like up the ante you know and you know especially with ahsoka coming out um and now they're just like you know and it was funny too because people were like yeah he released the trailer when ahsoka premiered like a day later and it's like 
Yeah, but it's like it's not the same. Be, I love that people are like kind of like like it's like Zach making a decision that when the trailer <laughs> comes out, like, it's obviously no. Netflix thing. <laughs> like Netflix was just like. Oh, Zach's a diehard Star Wars fan. He even said on this very stream, I believe, that he said that like when he was going to the set of Rebel Moon, he was watching episodes of Obi Wan. He's a diehard Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's you know, red. I I love how he said that here. He might have said that somewhere else. I don't think he's. Maybe he didn't say that here, but he did. He yeah yeah. Thank you. I don't I don't know if he said that here. I'm trying to remember, but I, I he didn't. Yeah, maybe he didn't, but I think he was said in another quote somewhere that when he would, when he would, when he was being, you know, driven to the set of Rebel Moon, he was on his phone watching episodes of Obi Wan because he is. Oh, a okay. Star I felt like when he was driving himself, I'm like, you should no. not be watching self driving. I'm sorry, that's what I thought. Actually, well, man, he's watching Obi Wan. Um, I'm assuming on his phone while he's like twisting and turning around those windy hills in Pasadena. Oh man, yeah. he's, he's, he's rolling the dice there. but he could have either been like, "Oh shit, Obi Wan." Yeah, driving. It's like, come on now. No, no, he was that, always. That you know, there was come on, somebody man. was picking him up. Come on, you know. So then he could, you know, take in that content but yeah you know he he's a big star wars fan let's face it he's a nerd uh, like i love yeah, that he's a nerd him. like all of us so i mean he, but, he probably had his own alfred driving around he's just like hey run run around the block one more time I, i'm almost at the end of the ep- of the episode <laughs> right exactly one more one, one more pass around because well i know like there's no way that he like went home every day when where he was filming when it came to uh a certain spot yeah, he was probably he definitely probably stayed mm-hmm. somewhere because it was pretty far from Pasadena. It's pretty far from me. So, yeah, he probably yeah, he probably got picked up and and yeah, he just probably just like, all right, well, I'm going to watch this episode of Obi-Wan and probably and I mean, God knows because where they filmed that was like out in the middle of nowhere in a certain county, like way up, like Indiana. not way up north. Inyo County, north. I think is what it was Inyo, Yeah, it was Inyo yeah. County, which is probably. Inyo like, County? Yeah, it's called Inyo County. Crazy. Inyo County. Inyo County, which is probably like if, if Phil and I were to drive to that direction, we'd probably, it, it'd probably be like we almost make it at the same time. I'm very way. south. He's very he's north. So we probably would end. It, it's like that. So there's well, no way the that drive. That, I mean, who who drives fast today is the bigger question. <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't drive when we were in Pasadena. Dave and Ishan did. Yeah, that's Mostly. right. You don't have a license. What? You don't what? have a license? Yeah, I don't have a license. Oh, oh my god. god. But you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know what? I don't have a driver's license either. I'm oh wow! Look at you guys uh, in the. Different I, I just, I, I just, I, mean, I live in a city where like bike are like the the. I just walk. That's all, dude. Like Andy, me too. So like, I barely just got my license when I turned thirty, um, oh, almost wow. like two years ago. And yeah, I live in a very metropolitan, walkable city as well. So, um, I have a license. I won't say that like I'm. I know how to drive necessarily. Like if someone was like, drive my my car as a designated driver, I'd be like, uh, like that's a lot of pressure. So yeah, like uh, I have my license, but I wouldn't say like I'm a very like capable driver. <laughs> So you don't well, have a car, of course. Yeah. Wow. Right. 
I mean, wow. what's what, what's great about bike riding is the fact like I can like take shortcuts and like I can like I can make my own path. Whereas with cars, like well, first of all, like all the expense that comes with a car, but then also you have to like you you know, like I can't just run over a, a you know a hill if I wanted to with a bike. I can do that. So you know, um, plus you know I guess it's better for the environment and all things like that. But like yeah, like I I'm a bike guy, so you know. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. No way I could do that. We're on. Not everyone can be. Not everyone Dave. can be as powerful as you, Dave. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people have cars, but, yeah. um, but I, uh, I yeah, man. No, that's good. I mean, if you if you could not have it, fine. I mean, I I wish I didn't have my car payment. So, you know, for I have car payment. And I have like a nice it's enough, car. It's enough having to pay for this, you know, like because I own this apartment, you know. So like again, and my my mortgage is about to go up. So you know, like I'm like I could not, even if I want to get a car, I I'm like I can't. Like if it, it, I don't have the luxury of that money, so yeah, it's yeah, it's a it can yeah. It's funny because working from home, it's great because my electric bill has gone up. You know, ever since I started working from home, obviously during the summer because I have the AC like running and then like, I'll even say like, Oh yeah, my electric bill was blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Holy shit. I'm like, yeah, but I get gas like once a month because I don't, you know, I don't have to Only get gas once a month. Damn. Oh yeah. I get gas once a month because I don't have a commute. My commute is literally from my bed to right there. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. that's it. you know, I don't have to commute. So there's days where I don't even drive at all. Unless I have to go pick up something. But other than that, I don't have to drive. So, I mean, obviously, when that's what's great. Like, anytime that we have to take, like, trips, which we have this summer. Like, I've been to Vegas. I've been to Lake Havasu. Um, you know, drove out to L.A. last weekend for the Metallica concert. It's like, I'm always that's like, right, hey, I'll drive. I'll drive because I don't have a commute. Let's let's do this. So, tank is full. It's ready, it's ready to go. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm like, all right, you know, might as well. But, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, when it comes to Rebel Moon, I mean, there was that little tidbit right there and, uh, you know, other things. I mean, the theatrical thing is like, man, that's that's one of those things where I'm like. If Netflix were but, smart, but they're not. I know. But at the same time, I get it because business wise, they're looking at it like they can't afford it kind of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, so like no one's going to put anything right now because yeah. know, I mean, the strikes are still happening and, you right. know. The economy is what it is, you know, so it's it's all pretty crazy right now because you can't have any actors promote anything. You can only have directors, which it's an interesting thing. Um, I was yeah. going to mention, too, like um, I feel like there was this um, whole argument around people just don't have money for leisure and entertainment. And I'm just like BS, like, you know, no, Disneyland, Disney world is sold out, impacted, you know, you can't even like get into the, those places. Movie theaters are selling out, you know, for, um, for screenings of like these major, like book movies. Did yeah. The, 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 the Swifties, yeah. you know, like are getting all these, like, you know, the Beyonce concerts, you know, sold out months ahead. Like, come on, yeah. there's plenty of money to go around for leisure and entertainment. Yeah. Cause like yeah. the T Taylor Swift's going to like, they're going to show her concert later this year on the big screen. And it's, it, it, it already sold like 30 million worth of fucking tickets. It's like, what the hell? 
So they it, made popcorn buckets already. Something else that we could yeah. try and sell out at the same time is that people go watch Blue Beetle right now. In I know you, you <laughs> would really hope that they could support. We like, don't have guy. it in goddamn Australia. Uh, Axel, do you promise when the when the, when this guy comes to your country, are you gonna watch his film in theaters? Yes, because I'm because I want to watch it. Okay, good, go. good. And then good. I'll watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Meet in Mayhem. Yeah, you guys. Wonderful. Everything's so late. Everything's on a boat right now. Yeah, <laughs> ironic. <laughs> Because we're in the future. And, yeah, I know, right? You're 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 ahead of us when it comes to time, but mm, you get we're so you behind get when it comes to movie culture. Exactly. Mm, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Blue Beetle yeah. is in uh, Rhino Blue Beetle has now collected uh, eighty five million at the box office. It's almost made back. It's like its budget at least. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, yeah. like, um, it has been one of like the most appealing marketing campaigns I've personally ever seen for a comic yeah. book movie. Uh, Dave, you've been set, uh, sharing a lot of like the different posters, and I'm like, these go hard as, dude. as F, mm-hmm. like, dude. The posters have been fantastic. That's why it's so hard for me to pick. That's why it's so hard for me to pick like which Blu-ray case I'm gonna buy because there's like three designs right now. Like one that is, I think, a um, a Walmart exclusive. One is an Amazon exclusive. I'm just like. Fuck, I may need to get by all, by all of them. Yeah, there's like, you know, I feel like there's not enough discussion around merch, uh, merchandise as much as we like focus on like box office returns and the perception that we have around marketing being like, you know, the same cost as, you know, produ- production. It has to make 3x in order to make profit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there are so many other factors that, you know, uh, some people are, you know, uh, bringing up as well. Like, yeah, merchandise, licensing, you know, streaming, uh, yeah, those are all things that I feel like have the carry on the legacy of this these uh, these movies and continue to generate profit for them. And so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there too. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, every poster that's come out, I'm like, that's good, that's great, that's great. And they're honoring, they're they're bringing to life like certain comic book uh, art and so on. I'm just like, that's what sucks. I mean, I mean, <coughs> damn, we've had like so many like comic book movies and now it's just kind of like but even marvel's struggling you know yeah they're struggling yeah. too i mean it's not like it's not i mean dc has just never found their footing even though like if they just let a certain director just do his thing they could have just been a lot better shape than they are now but um but even when it comes to marvel it's like they're after the finity saga they've been trying to be like all right now we got to figure out what's next, and they just—they're not doing play. anything with these new characters, like Midnight. Well, they are, Dream. but but they but yeah, are, but, but, but not the Kamala is actually the only one that has like instantly like since her debut is like she's like we're gonna see her again, you know. But like yeah. we haven't Kamala. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen Shang Chi. We haven't seen Moon anywhere. We haven't seen Shang Chi. Shang-Chi was great. Ah, Miss Marvel was like great. Shang-Chi. You know, Shang-Chi was uh, fine. WandaVision was pretty great. Like when it comes Where's to Harry the, uh... Styles, that whatever his character. Oh God, Eros. Uh, Dude, when I, yeah. I remember watching that in the theaters, and when his you saw it in theaters, I did. Well, it was Eternals. It was you know. so did I. And uh, I remember sitting days. there. With, I remember sitting there with my brother, and like we were sitting in there. It was a big theater, and it was you know it was pretty full. And then hey. yeah, man. So so many like there's a lot of there's a lot of young ladies in there that were like oh my god and I'm like I, I looked and I looked at my brother I'm like they have no idea who this character is it's just because it's Harry Styles <laughs> and sure enough that's it took me three it days to finish that movie <laughs> understandable okay 
I guess. It should have been a series, to be honest. No. Hell no, 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 no. I think it should have been. I think it should have benefited to uh, be in a series. But at the same time, I'm like, they could have had, they needed better lead actors. They needed, they, they just dull. needed better, they just needed good characters and a good story. It's like some of the characters were good, in my opinion. But like the like the, the I don't two remember a single name the of them. Leads, the two lead actors were the unknowns, and then you had Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek and Barry Key. It's like okay, these are like actors that can lead a movie, and they're side characters. And then you have these two, and it's like they're not exactly leading this movie, you know. Anyway, she was in that movie. Selma Hayek, yeah, she was oh, in shit. that movie. She was Ajax, yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, I thought that was Ed Screen from Deadpool. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, his name is Francis, which is James Gunn's middle name. Ha! <laughs> yeah, funny how that worked out. Oh, I'm going to bring that up next time. Uh, yeah, I have, anyway. I have, I, something that should have been a TV show is I honestly feel fantastic for should have been a should have been a Disney Plus show. It should have been. Like, they really flesh out, flesh out these characters, you know. Also, like we need, we need more good, we need more ensemble TV shows again, um, like there especially the comic book genre. So, but uh, but hey, I'm sure if you know whether Margot Robbie or Adam Driver, whoever the fuck ends up being in Fantastic Four, I hope it works out. <laughs> Jack like, White's <laughs> gonna be human torture. Who? <laughs> no. Who? No. Uh, Jack White from the it's, it's White Stripes. It's an ins- Wait, who's no, that? From the boys. Oh, the boys. Jack Quaid. Oh, Jack yeah. Quaid was... Isn't Jack, Jack Quaid. Quaid. Even... Yeah. Oh, Jack Quaid. I thought you said yeah. White. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> who's Jack White? Like, that's that's like there's like a thousand Jack White. I thought you were talking about the the singer from the White Stripes. You know, Jack White. The the you know the. I don't. Even, he would not even know who that is. He like wasn't. Even... I mean, probably doesn't. Dave, like, who the fuck? Dave, you I'm young. About? I don't know. Yeah. Who are you talking about, Mike? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, but if you heard one of the songs, you'd be like, "Oh, I know that song," because one of the songs was actually, uh, it was the Comic Con Justice League trailer. They had a White Stripe song, Jack White. Yeah, Ba-na-na-na. yeah. Come on, no, if you watch which, which one? Wait, which one was it? Not the first. Happened. I don't think it was. It was the Comic Con trailer for Justice 2016. League. 2016. It was uh, Seven Yeah, Friday. it had the White Stripe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. God, that was such a slow trailer. It was like, oh, is he is he joining? No, he's not. Oh, okay. oh I know. It wasn't yeah. Seven Nation Army. It was Icky Thump. It was, yeah, it wasn't Seven Nation Army. It was, yeah, it was the other one. The better, yeah. the better White Stripe song. Yeah, I, I Seven agree. Nation Army is fine, but I like that song. So I was like, that's cool. But I think that was not what Zack Snyder wanted. I think that was like when shit was going down. But anyways, let's go ahead and wrap this stream up right now. Um, Phil, I think you are you getting a cold? Uh, you know what? I've been dealing with what all week, and it's just like starting to come to a head now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, be safe at the convention, man. Yeah, I'll try to be. Yeah, I know. That's right. Put on, to go tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, put on a mask, please. I don't out. want you to get sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, of course, always fun as usual. Rhea, thank you, of course, for being the featured guest. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll come back and talk this nerdy nonsense as we do. You know, always fun. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for inviting me. Always a pleasure to come yeah. and support you, whether it be on, like, you know, the member stream or, you know, gabbing about 
uh, full circle. Um, yeah, I just appreciate you and your community being so welcoming and supportive. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to, you know, come and hang out here. Always go ahead and promote your channel and everything. Uh, yeah. Um, so you can, uh, pretty much find me anywhere at uh, glimmering harpy and i am making strides to kind of like also do um more film focused content because at glimmering harpy is mostly where uh, a lot of my uh gaming content lives and streams and all this other stuff but uh yeah if you're interested to hear more of my terrible film and in, uh, industry takes um i am you know making some more content on um uh, the Glimmercast, uh, yeah. So that that is a channel that I've I've started recently that uh, has some of my movie talk content on there as well. So yeah, thank you again for all the support. No, thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, guys, subscribe to all of that, please. And uh, we'll go around the horn. Uh, Axel, you're next. Promote. You can find me at uh, Droga52 on YouTube. Um, you can find me at. Twitter via Axel R. Droga. And yeah. <laughs> that was great. All right. Very like right. fucking yeah. good, man. Yeah, you did a good job. Uh, Phil, pull up. Lip. Oh, my guy. Thank you again <laughs> for the invite, as always. It's always nice to catch up with everyone here. Um, if anyone wants to check out any of my nerdiness, I'm on the Four Nerds every Thursday. We did an episode yesterday. Uh, I also do a Batman podcast with my longtime friend Craig. We just dropped an episode pertaining to some of the stuff we talked about here, specifically like James Gunn's comments and how like I personally just feel all that nonsense regarding certain sections of the fandom is just fucking ridiculous. But, you know, again, check that out on the interwebs. Just again, the Eternal Night podcast. Uh, you can also follow me just at Unfiltered pretty much anywhere. Uh, X, Threads, Instagram, you name it. There you go. All right, Andy. You can find me again as always. I always love coming on. It's become it's like one of my fun new Friday activities. Um, at some point, I just I want to just be able to drink some vodka. Though. Like I was like, I'm so sick of that. I'm to bring the sodas to like you know like a stream that has more alcohol in it. So, uh, but you can find me at anybody on all the social medias. You can also find me as one of the co-hosts of the Flash podcast, and I run. I run Multiverse of Color, an entertainment website from primarily a lot of people of color and the LGBT community. Uh, I almost almost a senior writer at Screen Rant. I don't write cool shit like Steven does, but you know, if you like to keep up to news, I got you covered. Uh, and I also co-host Endless Multiverse with Jordan at Shane Sarriac's YouTube channel on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Nice. All right, guys. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Scott and Casey for also joining in. Thank you, everybody uh, who was in the chat and uh, spending time with us. Always fun. Thank you, Rhea, Axel, Philip, and Andy for being a part of this. We will talk to you guys later.